Hey guys, welcome. 831 Podcast, episode 12. Um, it's been a while, again, <laughs> since we've done these. Um, I am still hoping to get these done more frequently. Obviously, I'm working full-time and things have been a bit hard. I had a bad back injury and yeah, so just been caught up with everything really. And I haven't managed to get as many of these out as I would like. But it is something that I do really want to focus on. And I do want to pursue as much as possible. And get as many guests as possible. I am going to think about maybe setting aside one day a fortnight or so. And try and just get two or three done in a day. Um, whatever helps to get this ball rolling and something more consistent because I really enjoy doing them and hopefully you guys enjoy listening to them so I think the best thing is to just get as many out as I can and keep going and keep speaking to people and keep sharing people's stories because even if you don't like listening to my voice um, we get some people who we get to speak to you maybe don't know or people you know and you get to have a decent insight to their story so yeah I really love this I really enjoy doing it so I'm looking forward to doing some more and I will really try and put the effort in and really try and make the most of doing some more of these. So yeah, um, as always, uh, podcast sponsorship wise, the podcast is sponsored by Trojan Nutrition, my long-term sponsors, get hold of Trojan Nutrition, Trojan Fitness, any supplements you need, a great place to train. Honestly, the they've supported me for years, so it's nice to be able to continue to support them. So please, if at any point you do speak to those guys, tell them that you listen to the podcast, tell them that you're my friend, and they will hook you up even more so than they already do. So that's a great one. Um, www.goodclearenglish.com sponsored me my friend Andrew sponsored me for the X-Peer I am planning on doing an X-Peer related podcast which should be in the next week or two I'm hoping to get in with Kev my supporter and we're going to address the X-Peer and if needs be I'll just do one on my own just to talk over my X-Peer faults but it would be nice to get together with Kev he's got a great story to tell of some things that happened to him recently so it'd be great to talk about the XPR journey with him so yeah looking forward to putting that together uh today's guest i was joined by someone i've been hoping to get on for a while um very good friend now someone i got very close with um over the last 10 years or so paul reed is a fellow mma fighter but also mma coach with myself at olympians mma We've known each other since the beginning of our careers, basically, and we got closer and closer as our careers progressed, and it was great to sit down and talk to Paul. He's a great MMA coach. He's a great MMA fighter, and it's a story that I was looking to tell, and this is a good one. We don't just talk about MMA. We talk about all sorts of things, and Paul's just a great person to talk to. He's intelligent. He's smart. He's funny, so I really enjoyed playing it, uh, recording it, and hopefully you guys are going to enjoy listening to it, so... Yeah, with the upcoming UFC and stuff tomorrow, it was great to sit down and talk to Paul. So, have a listen. I hope you enjoy it. Please keep nagging me if you want to hear more podcasts. And please make any suggestions of people you think would be good guests. Because I love to do these things, but I do get sidetracked. So, yeah, I will hopefully have another one out 
ASAP, but in the meantime, this is episode 12, and this is Paul Reed. Okay, so Paul, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. This is like I've been waiting to get you on for ages. I think at first, when I first started doing them, you were a bit uh, apprehensive about maybe doing a podcast. But now you've listened to them and we spoke, and like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. And so yeah, thanks for being here. That's all right. No, I was always, um, I'd always do it. Obviously, I and uh, I've listened to most of them. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think you're doing a good job. Thanks. Uh, like I enjoy it. It's. It's weird because there's no end goal. Like it's not. I'm not training for a fight because I got a fight coming up, or I'm not, you know, like going fly my paraglider because I've got a paraglider. There's no end goal. It's just I like talking to people. Just, yeah. I know people who have messages or stories that I think other people would enjoy or other people would like to hear from. So for me, I just think, just do it. You know, it's nice to just to just put it out. I think. Yeah, and then <clears throat> you get to hear from certain people in Bristol. And then you get to hear their stories and understand where they're coming from a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's a good thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Yeah, I'm, I like me too. In my car now, it's Radio 4 or podcasts, pr- primarily podcasts. But I do listen to a lot of Radio 4, like comedy things, which are really yeah. cool. But podcasts all the time. I don't see I don't, like audio books, but mainly podcasts. I love them. Like, what so are the podcasts? I listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, so depending on who's on, sometimes I'll skip them. But say they had Teddy Atlas on the other day. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a brilliant. Um, TJ Dillashaw one was really good. Um, is it Elon, Elon Musk? Yeah, Elon Musk one was cool. Strange. It was so hard to listen to, um, but really good. I enjoyed yeah, that one, yeah. it's just a bit odd. And um, who's the guy from... Um, who's that child actor? Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. Yeah, that was weird. That was good. Yeah, quite weird. So I like I like listening to podcasts. Yeah. I, li- I listen to the Fire and the Kid as well. Um, I used to listen to Two Dope Queens, but I don't do that anymore. Who's that? Um, I can't remember her name now. It's Jennifer something. She's an actress. It's these two black women. Yeah, both comedians, and they're they're really funny. Yeah, yeah. but they don't do them anymore. Yeah. They, they stopped doing them. But you can, if you went oh. bit onto Podcast Republic and look for Two Dope Queens, you'll you'll get the yeah. Back I might have a look at that. It's good. I, people have been saying to me that Bispin's podcast is good. Yeah, um, I've not listened to it. I listen to uh, I've done like a few Dan Carlin hardcore history ones. I listen to all those. Yeah, love yeah. them. It's just they consume so much of your time. Yeah. So for me, I'll get in my car and I'll, if it's a Joe Rogan, I could get in my car and then if I don't drive for three days, I might not listen to Joe for three days, but I can mm. start it and I'm back in with it. Yeah. As where if I do that with Dan Carlin, I feel like I need to go back half an hour or so to refresh where I was. Yeah, that 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 Dan Carlin one, I thought that was amazing. The First World War one is uh, brilliant. And um, like, have you ever read Roots? No, I saw the sort of program. There used to be a program about Roots. Yeah, and they, they remade it. it. But the book is by a guy called Alex Harvey. He also yeah. done the. It sounds weird, but he done the autobiography for Malcolm X. Yeah. So he actually wrote it. Um, and then looking something like Schindler's List, and then and then something like that Dan Carlin um, podcast on the First World War. Then sometimes you forget about all the things that people don't, you know, history and how savage it is and disgusting yeah. it is. It's like shocking, really. And I think we uh, turn a blind eye to it. And even nowadays in the world, there's so much bad stuff going on that we just pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like there's like child slavery in, in China or like in some, certain countries that get paid nothing. Yeah. And uh, and like so, so, listening to something like that just makes you realise 
the brutality of uh, human beings throughout history yeah. and still now as well. But it's uh, it really was an eye opener, like listening to it. What what's crazy I find is, so you would have assumed if you go back. 300 years it would have been easier to turn a blind eye to things because there was no way of no constant influx of knowledge about what was happening slavery except whatever it may be but now i find it's easy for people to be ignorant because although it's easily accessible to find out about slavery that's still going on you can consume your life fill your life with other things like so if you're going on facebook let's say or if you're going on instagram and you're constantly surrounded by your friends or the lad bible or stuff like that and you're not you're not exploring you see something comes up which is about chinese just even nuts that you scan through it yeah. i think it's so easy for people to ignore to turn a blind eye to things and live um really naive like live a really naive life because although the, all the access is there for this it's so easy to just not look not look for it, not look into it, you know? Yeah, so every, everyone should have some kind of personal responsibility to understand the world and the history and, and, you know, and know what happens in the world and not just uh, stick to X Factor. Yeah. Or, you know, and just there's, there's so much information out there and then some people choose not to find out anything, you know, yeah. and they just remain blissfully ignorant about everything for all their lives. But even, even something like you're talking about um, slavery, that... You watch Twelve Years a Slave, like in the north of America, they, in the northern states, they realise what's what's happened with slavery, and and some people were doing something about it. And I, I guess in England, everyone knew about it, but then they wouldn't push that hard. It was away from them. It was happening in the south, and yeah. then they could forget about it. And then you watch a film like that, and you come away. This is almost to the same sort of thing as that Dan Carlin hardcore history. If you watch, or if you read Roots, or, or watch yeah, Schindler's List, you know. And you and you watch something like that and think, well, how come people didn't do anything? Why didn't they know? They sort of did know, but they chose to just ignore it. Yeah. You know, and then and everyday just, life catches up with you, yeah. and it does become something that you, you know, that you forget about. You mm. just your life and the things that happen in your life are not that. That's yeah. a small part of something that's going on in the world, and your life is a, another small part of something that's going on in the world. So it's easy to just forget about. You know, it's yeah. a distraction. It's easy to find a distraction. So yeah, I I, I find that weird like with all sorts of stuff you know like politics now global politics that sort of thing um i find it weird and like animal animal abuse and because i obviously get a lot of shit come up about hunting and yeah. my friends who are hunters say to me a lot they're like just why do you, i see you have an argument so why do you just ignore it? i'm like because if we all ignore it eventually these aunties are not ignoring each other they're all ganging up if we ignore it, I'm not saying we should fight, but it's our job to educate these people because it's naivety, you know, like especially with hunting, people just don't, they see things getting killed and they just assume it's wrong. So for me, I'm like, you, I can't, if I say something, I'm just one person, but that one person might listen to me. So yeah. if you say something now and you assume your responsibility and you say something and one person listens to you, that's how education that's education that, that's what it needs you know and it's not that i'm uh that's not to condescend i'm not looking down on people saying i'm educating you but if i know about a subject and you're naive to a subject your moral standing is, is irrelevant now because your morals aren't based on anything it's just on the fact that it makes me feel sick when i look at a dead animal mm. yeah it does it makes me feel sick when animals die i'm not i don't like to kill animals but I understand the ecosystem of what needs to happen. Mm. So by me saying something or educating just one person. 
So all these people are like, I don't understand why you get into these arguments. Why don't you just turn your back on it or ignore them? I think if everyone keeps ignoring, we're we're stuck yeah. in that rut where... Yeah, and then you get people that they come from a certain, like, philosophical paradigm of, of what how animals should be treated. I, go, I guess the really hardcore ones are probably all vegan and, uh, and they hate any type of, like, uh, exploitation of animals. But most people, I think in general, people probably think hunting's bad, but they don't understand it, and yet they go to Tesco's and buy the cheapest chickens they can. Yeah. You know, so it's a complete hypocrisy, isn't it? Exactly. And I think, like, um, the way, the way say, someone like yourself maybe hunts an animal and then, and then does something with it and uses it, it's the most free-range way of eating meat you could possibly get, isn't it? Exactly, you yeah. You could get any more free-range. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then so it's a bit weird, but then they, they probably wonder what your motivation is for wanting to do it, but then they don't understand it or they haven't put enough thought into it. They um, don't understand. Like, we'll, we'll put a whole patio job on hold yeah. while we all collect frogs and move them. Like, it work every day. Or, you know, like, my brother is petrified of spiders, lifts the board, and there's a spider. I'm like, don't drop it! I'll grab it so you don't kill the spot. Like mm. that's I don't like anything to die. I don't enjoy things dying. And I'm only saying me as I say me. I'm hoping that that's reflective of most people who hunt. You know, proper yeah. fieldsmen, not not just people who go out and just kill stuff. But I don't like to kill animals. I don't go out. I've got two guns sat in my loft, uh, sat in my bedroom now. I'm not going out shooting every night. I'd go out, if I need a deer, I'd go out and kill a deer. I'd butcher the deer, it would go in the freezer. I wouldn't go out next night and shoot another deer, and then next night shoot another deer. Yeah. I wouldn't go out and shoot a pigeon, because there's a pigeon. That's not, that's not how it works. You're going gonna, to gonna get something because you need it, and then use it. Exactly. Well, it's, it's, and, and I suppose it's a different type of hunting as well. When, you, when you've got the fox hunting, and you've got all those uh, usually posh guys, I guess, dressed mm-hmm. up, they're all on horses, chasing one fox with a thousand dogs, yeah. is one thing, and then... Uh, Killing a deer is another thing, like stalking a deer and stuff. My uncle, my uncle Jimmy, like rest his uh, rest his soul, like he died a few years ago. But um, he's a gamekeeper up in Dufton in the yeah, north, yeah. east of Scotland. So you'd go to his house and he'd have uh, deer's heads, r- rabbit feet, like he'd have everything. Yeah. There. And he and he bred uh, Springer Spaniels as well, so they'd be his like a, his gun dogs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he he like you see you've seen like how he worked with animals. Obviously, he loved animals. But that that's that type of hunting is probably different from the fox hunting. Oh, very like um, very different. Even from a, a hunt, <clears throat> someone who hunts, very different. I've been invited mm. on numerous fox hunts back when fox hunting was legal, and yeah. even now when it's illegal, I've been invited to go to the, join the hunt. I've never yeah. been. It's not, and I'm not going to sit here and condemn what they do. I don't understand it enough. Yeah. Um, some of the reports that I've seen, I don't want to be a part of any of that. I'm happy for my hunting to not be any part of that. And then when I actually go and I spend time with these people who are part of the hunt, and I realise the tradition and what it means to them, and it's been in their family for X hundred years. That's and I think, well, I can sort of see what you, why you go, but it's not for me. Yeah. I get that, so I choose not to condemn it. I don't certainly don't condone it, and I certainly don't condemn it. I'm like listen, I'm on the fence with this. I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to educate myself enough on it because you just go down into that rabbit hole of, of mm. spiralling down. So for me, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to stick up for you and I'm not going to condemn you at the same time. It's just going to be one of those things. Don't associate what I do with fox hunting. It's not the same thing. Yeah, It's just simply yeah. not, you know, like hunting and guys who shoot with a rifle, guys who hunt with birds of prey, guys who go fishing, they're... It's all so different and very 
I've probably only met in my whole life of 25 years of hunting, I've probably only met three people ever who enjoyed to kill animals. Mm. And I don't hunt with them. I've met yeah. them because you just meet those people, you know? Like, mm. But I don't associate with them because I don't like to kill animals. Yeah. And people can't get that. But that's for people I believe if I'm going to go out and pursue hunting, I have to assume a responsibility to share that knowledge with somebody. Yeah. And okay, maybe you're bashing your head against a brick wall and I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion. But if you post an opinion on Facebook about hunting and it's flawed, I believe that someone with that knowledge should post correct information and then hopefully it's enough to, to, Look, to educate, you know? That's, that's, the, that's the problem, isn't it? With, with social media, um, everyone's got an opinion. People, people have opinions on politics, they have a, a, yeah. opinions on everything, but they don't have a basic understanding of what they've got an opinion about. Yeah. You know, you should like educate yourself. Have an idea of what you're what you're talking about. Yeah. Find out the pros and cons. Have some kind of idea. There's so many people, you know, they <clears throat> you see it on Facebook. They might be like um, anti-Muslim, and they don't really understand why. You know, they cop they listen to a couple of things from the, the EDF, and then they're yeah. banging on, on on Facebook or something like that. And some of them are just you know blatantly ignorant to what they're talking about they don't have a, a full understanding they're just angry about something yeah and exactly just nonsense um but and that goes right across the board like um even like to the connor and khabib fight on saturday this is like i've had my mum when when conor mcgregor fought floyd mayweather my mum was phoning me up saying that um mcgregor connor i think he's gonna lose against money mayweather I was like, is he? And she went, yeah, because Money Mayweather's a boxer, Paul. And um, and Connor's not. I'm like, all right, mum, I'm an MMA coach. Like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a good idea. Why are you telling me this? Yeah, yeah. You know, but everyone's got an opinion. Of course, yeah. You know, so any, as soon as something's in the news, people want to have an opinion about it. Which we're entitled to, and everyone should have an opinion. Everyone should have an opinion. I encourage people. I try that with my daughter. I, like, I try and not be shut her down. You're entitled to your opinion, but you have to be willing when somebody says your opinion is wrong or you're factually incorrect, you have to be willing to say, well, hang on, let me look into that then. And then you go away and you do some research and you understand why you're wrong and you have to be willing to come back and say, yeah, no, actually, I was wrong. You yeah. can't just, well, no, I'm sticking to this and that's the end of it. So that's it. So be a bit more pragmatic. But most people, they are, they're dogmatic with their opinions and their opinions are based on flawed information or laziness because they haven't even bothered to find out about what they're talking yeah. about. All they've, all they've read is half uh, a front line of an article yeah. and then that's the basis of their opinion. Yeah. And like, say, say I go to work, I'm in the office and I hear people talk about football. And I these some of these people I know they can't run for a bus, <laughs> you know. And they, yeah. when they speak, it's almost they just copy what they've heard of match of the day or something, yeah, yeah. you know. With, but they're saying it with like like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, it drives me nuts. It drives yeah. me nuts. That particular thing drives me nuts. And and in MMA and boxing and stuff like that, as soon as you get a big fight, all the all the mad people come out with their opinions. So it is like a, it's, it's it's a it's a strange one. But, but I think people are just lazy. They, they, they don't educate themselves. This country in particular, I think England in particular, people are really politically apathetic. Um, they don't understand politics. They don't even understand what the voting system is. Yeah, I know. Um, it's crazy. It is not. I think in Scotland, people are a, m a lot more educated, probably because 
they've um, for a long time they've been governed by a Tory government, even though the vast majority of people in, in Scotland don't vote Tory. So that that they understand politics a lot more. Um, but people in England don't want to sound like anti-English. People in England that are really politically apathetic, I think they don't understand what what politics is. It doesn't, especially Nat in this day. It doesn't mean as much, I don't think, as it did to say Scotland with the Scottish independence, etc. Yeah. It means a lot to the Scots because it's a fight for independence. This yeah. still going on. Mm. It doesn't mean anything to the English. Like English politics means very little. And when I say the English, that's obviously casting. Uh, casting aspersions on everybody that's not mm. i do understand some people are really into politics and they really understand it but generally the english aren't fighting for anything politically now that yeah. brexit's there we're fighting a fight it's not even a fight but the scottish with the independence and stuff it means something to them because from especially go go an age group back from ourselves them in particular it meant something it's that pride of being Scottish and we're independent we're a nation who can thrive on it so it means something as whether the English it doesn't really it's just a political system that we live in because we get encompassed with the fact that people don't get that Scotland and England are different countries they're like Mm. oh where's the UK because it doesn't really mean anything we're not trying to be independent to anybody we're the guys who've got a hold over the Welsh and we are the guys who've got a hold over Ireland and Scotland, you know. But for nations like the Scots, the Irish, they're trying to to separate. Political status means a lot more. I think it means a lot more because it's the independence that you're that you're fighting for as a small nation mm. against the against the English, you know. Yeah, or or, or like, um, well, in the end, they obviously voted to stay part of the UK, and that that that's really frustrating for me. And it's the same um, as Brexit. And I think people are very easily controlled and uh, influenced. I think yeah. some people are just like, we're, we're like robots, you know, and we'll do, you know, what we're programmed to do. It just takes a little bit of information to frighten people and people are scared of change as well. <clears throat> I mean, in Scotland, a, a, a massive part of them not voting to leave was um, the Tories going on about you're going to have to lose the pound, you're going to lose the Queen. You know, and that's enough, and lose the BBC enough to scare enough people yeah. into voting to stay. And it's yeah. insane. In, in Brexit, again, I think it's um, it's, it's using um, sort of the working class by playing on their fears of immigration uh, as a way of getting them to vote to leave, you know? Yeah. And I don't think the people that are voting to leave, in my opinion, a lot of them don't really understand what why they're voting. It's more of a protest vote because they're sick of politics. Yeah. Same as having um, Donald Trump in, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. an insane thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's again, it's like a, it's like almost like a protest vote because people got sick of um, like sort of the politics and where the the leaders look like they're maybe from a catalogue or something, and they're a certain uh, demeanour. You know, one of the big things of uh, Alex Salmon, who's the SNP, who was the SNP leader, he didn't get a lot of female votes. And it's because he's sort of a little bit chubby and bold. Yeah. You know, women vote for people like Cameron. Yeah, yeah, he's, charismatic. He's, he's, a, he's a bit taller. He's yeah. got a full head of hair. and Comes and across really well. You know, he's just, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's not, and then it's, it's, it's uh, style over substance. I think maybe that goes back, goes back years to being quite tribal and who you want to represent you as a leader. Yeah. That alpha male presence that, you know, that, that charming charismatic person who you're slightly drawn to but you don't know why when they when they speak on the telly you 
you're carrying the dishes out, they start speaking, you stop and you sit there for five minutes holding the dirty dishes whilst you're watching them talk, as where Alex Salmon talks, you just walk straight past. It doesn't draw your eye. Prescott so, was the so same. Didn't. I think that the media has a massive amount to do with it. So now everything's like a sound bite. Or, um, like, I went to, when I was young, probably when I was 19, I went to uh, Strathclyde University, I went to a speech of Alex Salmond. He gave a brilliant speech. He's, he's such, like... None of, no, none of the Tories would have a, a one-on-one with him as, as a discussion because yeah. he, he'd tear him apart. Like, so much more clever. So now, instead of having someone that's a, a really good talker and it can have a really good discussion, it's really about having someone that looks right uh, being on TV for just, like, a couple of minutes and say the right thing. And yeah. that's, that's the way it's going. So it's more like an advert. You know, there's, yeah. it's not, not, there's no depth, you know. No, it's like, a popularity contest very much now. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that by what's being done to Jeremy Corbyn. Now, yeah. people assume that I'm a massive Jeremy Corbyn or a Labour. I get it all the time. I don't vote. I don't vote. I, I follow politics. I find politics really interesting. Mm. Um, I don't vote because I don't believe in our political system. I don't believe in the UK political system. I don't believe that this is the way that a country should be won, uh, run. And I don't believe that this is the way that we should elect somebody to then run the country so mm. I don't vote um, and then people are oh well you don't you shouldn't get a, a, an opinion then which is I don't even acknowledge that answer anymore because it's ridiculous um, but this thing with Jeremy Corbyn at the minute is just the slur after slur after slur any intelligent person must be able to turn around at some point and say hang on a minute this guy's an IRA bomber who's mm. anti-Semitic, who's this, he's that but he spent his whole career being in the right place at the right time supporting the right... And yeah. for me, I was just like, listen, don't want to vote for him on his policies. I get it. Don't like the man for what he stands for on his policies. I understand. I, I make, I never try and push someone into which way to vote because I don't vote myself. So mm. I, would, I wouldn't do that. But to use the the slurs that are being thrown up as your reason, I think you've got to have a little bit more about you. You so can't keep reverting back this, to this This is rubbish. what I mean by um, easily influenced. Yeah. You know, people are easily influenced. So, you, like I said about Scotland saying, you, you're not going to have the Queen anymore. Yeah. So it's like, well, um, they can say anything about a politician, um, especially Corbyn. They can just throw a little bit of mud his way and people believe it. It's, it's They're easily influenced and yeah. they'll believe it. And it's like, obviously... It's just crazy. He's not obviously he's not an IRA supporter. He was yeah. having like an open discussion with the people. Yeah. And the same as um, Tony Blair had an open discussion with Margaret with, Thatcher you know, at the same Margaret time. Thatcher, it, yeah. they all did because they have to have they have to have like an open debate so they can try and resolve things. So yeah. that's what he's doing, obviously. Um, but yeah, if they can, they can. That's what they'll do. I mean, the same thing was done with with David Cameron the other way around, because when he was young, he went to South Africa, and um, I think he might have. Um, supported uh, the death penalty for um what's his name Nelson Mandela yeah you know and he was uh, campaigning like yeah, for yeah. him to be put, kept in prison longer you know yeah. and that was when Thatcher was uh, supporting apartheid and uh, everyone else in the world were having like uh, sanctions against South Africa and Th- Thatcher wouldn't she wanted a free market yeah. and you know um so they can throw mud left right and center but it's usually the the left-wing uh, politicians, it's easy to throw stuff at them, especially if they look a little bit scruffy. They don't yeah. look like catalogue models. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, Neil Kinnock. Neil Kinnock said, Margaret Thatcher and Neil Kinnock, I can't remember what year it was, say it's in the 80s. They're both fighting to be Prime Minister of Britain. And um, this is before the internet. And it's when the news was like three or four channels, so the news mm-hmm. would come on every night. But most people got their news from the newspaper. 
so they get from the sun or the mirror yeah, yeah. You, know, you know and then and then maybe the times in the guardian but like all the working class people the sun and the mirror and this the sun was like uh, owned by rupert murdoch who was a massive tory fan so he would try and constantly influence the way people voted so neil kennick's on the beach i don't know if you ever heard of it or remember it. he's on the beach with his missus and the, the tide comes in and he's trying to walk back and he slips back and falls over. Yeah, I can remember and it. He's old, got a grey suit on, right? That's yeah, right. Or yeah. A, like a, no, he's got a long, like maybe trench coat type thing. Yeah, and he, he falls down he and falls she's... Over. Yeah, I have seen it. I've seen and the footage, they, yeah. That's why he lost the election. Yeah. That being ginger, yeah. having a big nose and being bold. Wow. Like, they, wow. They, that's you what, get on board with a couple of them. And falling over on the beach and they try to make him a laugh and stop. And forget, regardless of the politics, you're saying, oh, is this the man you want to lead your country? And these people are so easily influenced going, well, I'm not voting for him, he's an idiot. Yeah. And he, even my mum will say stuff about Neil Kinnock still saying, oh, well, he, he wasn't a leader, he was an idiot. Yeah. Because he fell over on the thing, cause you, basically because you read the sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, yeah. it's just like how people are influenced. And, but it, yeah, it's strange. People people have opinions on things they don't understand. It's it's frustrating. Uh, I try not to um, like have a debate on Facebook anymore. Yeah, I know? fuck. I'm obviously I just, useless I just, at doing that. Yeah, I, I reckon you either you enjoy it or you don't. And I think you probably enjoy it. But sometimes people take it to get so personal. Yeah, that's the so you know? I. It's not even that I enjoy because I ask my. Sometimes I post and I sit and I look and I'm hovering over whether to post it. Yeah, and it comes back to that thing about it, if. If people, if you've got, if you say it, it only has to affect one person. And that's not to say, I'm not, I try not to post bullshit. And then that way, I'm not trying to push an opinion on you. And I had massive arguments on there. And people say, you always think you're right. I'm like, I can't be right. Let me tell you why I can't be right. I'm only reposting other people's information. I didn't go and research this. I've not gone and like infiltrated the Labour Party. I've not gone. I've done research. I've read articles, and I'm repeating the information I've got from them back to you. So even if people suddenly start agreeing with me, I can't have any credit. I'm not doing anything. It's there's no win for me. A, I didn't realise we were in a fight in the first place, and B, it's somebody else's ammunition that I'm using. You know, there is there is no win for me. What I'm saying is. This is bollocks. Everyone stand up and take note of the fact that this is bollocks. That's it. There's no. That's the message. That's all of it. Then when someone comes back to me, I get drawn into the, the argument. But then when I'm like eight, nine, and I know, I, I can see it's going to go nowhere. I know that, listen, you're not going to change your mind. I'm not even trying to change your mind. We're stuck in this now, and I can't fucking draw myself out of it. Because I always got this thing of, listen, you posted... If someone posts back, it's your responsibility to, you know, if someone's taking the time to respond to something you've posted, yeah. it's your responsibility. Now you post back. So I've either got to not post completely about the subject, mm. or when I do post about the subject, I have to engage with yeah. whoever, you know. It's, but the, the only problem is that, is like if you're having a conversation with someone, you can have a good conversation with them. But if then you're just looking at your computer screen, and you read that, and you don't really want to listen to what they're saying, and you're just scoring points... Yeah. And it turns into a into a, a competition of who can score the most points. Yeah. Until someone gets rude or someone says like something stupid, you know. Yeah. And um but I mean <clears throat> I don't read a lot of the stuff. I know like um Lever Medios and Shane yeah. Mansfield would be like like just perf- purposely looking to try and annoy people into arguing with them. Yeah. And then they would both attack them on the internet. Like I don't find that that kind of thing that fun like I can have a debate with someone yeah. and I, I used to quite like having conversations with people 
but then like it only takes a few people to to like start fucking like saying shit and stuff yeah. and getting personal then it's like well this, you know, this that, isn't so fun. I'm the same as you yeah, yeah like I, I'll debate with you mm. I will debate with you as long as you don't tell me I'm trying to win because I'm not yeah. ever trying to win the debate because as again none of this is my information it's just I'm repeating other people's like knowledge I've just read it and I'm just spilling it back out so I'm not trying to win there's no credit can be given to me we're just having a debate based on other people's facts. There's no win or lose for me. We share ideas, we share knowledge, and then hopefully we both come out of it smarter, whichever way that would be. That's the way that I like to deal with it on Facebook. And then you get stuff like, people would just say like, oh yeah, well that's typical of you, or oh yeah, your conspiracies. And I'm like, listen, it's not, I'm not, you say about me being a conspiracy theorist now, like it's not the thing with, the Jeremy Corbyn thing always used to lead to this sort of thing. Like, mm. oh yeah, well you think the Twin Towers, but I'm like, listen, it's not, People call you a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, okay, what? Explain to me what conspiracy theory I believe. Like, 9 11. I'm like, 9 11 is not a conspiracy. 9 11 happened. They're like, yeah, but you don't believe that it was uh, the terrorists. I went, no, what I'm saying to you is I don't believe the story that was released. Yeah. May have been the terrorists. Mm-hmm. May have been a terrorist attack. Mm. I don't believe the story that was released. Yeah. I believe it's flawed. Mm. I'm not saying that the government did it to the country. Mm. I just think it's weird that Operation Northwoods was. Put, put forward for cute for the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. and that they were going to fly two planes into the world into the middle of New York City that mm. was an actual proposal yeah. and then a few years later something like this happens I question stuff like that yeah. not, not conspiracy theories because there's nothing for me to believe I've not got a theory I've not took a theory and believed it See, but then people uh, assign that to you like you're a conspiracy yeah. theorist I'm like no you don't well, it's understand just, it's I'm just, just to try and discredit what you're saying isn't it yeah. I, I'm, I'm like uh, I don't like there's with conspiracies I listen to like I've watched a lot of Adam Curtis documentaries yeah, yeah. they're amazing documentaries really good. and uh, you sent not, me a couple I think yeah. you got me onto them yeah you it's, not, it's not conspiracy theory, theories it's like actual facts of, of things that have happened in the way like if you think the government are telling you the truth about things or, or they're not uh, playing in a certain way to, so they can so they can manipulate you and do what they want there, there's I mean like uh, for us Attacking like um, Iraq, I think there's like a million people died in Iraq. Yeah, a million, a million civilians. You know, so how can how can we live in a world where a superpower can drop these big daisy cutter bombs on thousands? Imagine killing thousands of people in one go. Yeah, and then thinking you're in the right doing that. You know? When you've made up the information, and you made up the information. Yeah, and you still believe you made now, up the information. There's no way I don't see how anyone who's a credible politician mm. can do that believing that they're doing the right thing I do, I, there's no mm. way your Tony Blair and your George Bush that you can sanction that and you can say and you can let that go ahead and you can still believe in your head you're doing the right thing they don't they don't believe they're doing the right thing for the nation there has to be some sort of financial gain or mm. you're trying to solidify your standing as a politician and your party and your position as prime minister you're thinking yeah we'll go to war and then you know well, nobody wants to vote during a war or they, and have we'll be to, in and or they have to be seen to be strong yeah so that's another thing happened, yeah so this is our response uh, yeah. do we know who do you mean do we know who's responsible well no but we're going to say they are because they're pissing us off anyway yeah and, and we've been wanting to get them for a while yeah know, so. exactly and so but i don't <clears> believe they're doing that with a, con- a clear conscience thinking they're doing the right thing I, I don't see how they can be i don't see how a politician with a lot more information than we have yeah. is going to be doing that thinking yeah, I know so we like killed loads of civilians. The, the brutality of, of human beings is insane. Like yeah, the things that the things that people do, 
and and you know especially especially politicians so obviously obviously a lot of politicians get into uh politics because they want to uh, create a better world or a better country and a better system but there's a lot that are obviously um in it for the power um and they're very ambitious very cutthroat you know and 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 like <clears throat> quite happily will kill thousands of thousands of people if it's necessary yeah you know with with without even thinking about it and we know that that's true people are oh that's but but go and speak to John at the pub who's drinking a yeah. pint of Blackthorn. He'll happily kill every Muslim. Yeah. He'll be like, well, kill them all. F- fuck them back to their country. Yeah, but you know they're going to get killed if they go back same, to their country. Same, same tough, like, tough luck. So Winston Churchill, like, starved, like, 10 million Indians yeah. to death, you know? Um, he was in the First World War. Imagine being the leader of the First World War. Uh, and then and then let's go back to that Dan, Dan Carlin uh, podcast. So it was a completely, uh, it's a war that could have been avoided. Yeah. But then the leaders are have gone into it and and millions and millions of people have died. Like millions. They're responsible yeah. for millions and millions of young men dying. And they just get on with it and then they celebrate it. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's not and then it's you're insane. on a five pound note now. Yeah. That's it. Your legacy mm. is now you're one of the strongest leaders mm. ever of the nation. You're on the five pound note. Like I get it and it's not you know, like he was a as a figurehead probably the best ever that we've had as a figurehead as someone who you look yeah. at to represent the strength of a nation and we will take no shit from anybody we'll mm. fight them on the beach whatever like yeah there's no one better but is it someone who morally or do you should look up to or aspire to be as a person yeah. is that what you should be teaching was, people be this he was good at the job he had in in terms of the second world war yeah of resisting nazis you know but that that but when you look at the rest of his life he was you know pretty cutthroat individual that re- responsible for millions of people dying yeah exactly you which know. people are happy to forget and people think yeah. people they say might get, oh, they might get really offended for you to, to say anything about Winston Churchill as well yeah you know get I really d- really patriotic and weird and like patri- I don't get <clears throat> patriotism I don't I don't mm. I don't understand it like yeah. you probably do a bit more because you're Scottish and like I said there's that whole Scot- I find Scots are a lot more patriotic than the English anyway unless there's a football yeah. match going on Apart from there's football, when there's football, everyone in England's like patriotic. But I don't understand patriotism. I don't get like, oh, aren't you proud of your country? No, no, I'm not proud of my country. No, I'm proud of individual achievements yeah. from within it. Am I proud mm. of my nation as a whole? No, mm. like it's not. I, I don't. Nothing happens where that's me to be proud of. And people are, like, oh, what about the the military and. They get, Listen, I'm not. I'm not proud of all the soldiers who went to Iraq and were. It doesn't. Because I, it's it's not something that I supported. I'm not. Mm. It's not anything that I wouldn't have done if I wouldn't have chosen that career path. Yeah. Among them, there are heroes, yeah. people who achieve or do heroic things. Yeah. yeah, and I find that heroic, and I love to hear their stories. And you know, I love to watch like that SAS thing. And I've got a couple of friends who are in the SAS, and they sit and they tell me stories, and I'm captivated by it. And I think it's amazing. And I understand there's there's heroes among these people, but. I'm not proud of our military. Like mm. these Americans are like stand up. No, I'm not proud of our military. I'm mm. I'm proud of individual achievements. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. So not 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 the whole machinery of like what the army is and, and the politicians telling them go and yeah, do this industrial pe- military complex as well. You know, I, no. I know loads of people that have been in in the army or in the marines and stuff like that. And everyone I, I've met. I think just about every single one has been a nice person. Yeah, you know. And but, th- how many but, people join the military with? 
the knowledge that they want to go and kill people. That's a mass percentage. People join the military wanting to go to war. So I, I know I know someone that, um, in my family that that's, uh, was uh, in the Marines. Yeah. Uh, he's old now. Well, he's not old. He's like fifty now. Um, but anyway, he, he he went. He joined the Marines. We went out to the pass night parade. Went to the halfway one. Went to the full pass night parade. And then he was saying like, we "Can't wait to kill someone." Yeah. You know, they're they're trained to kill. He's just like, "I can't wait to kill someone." And that was back when it was going over to Northern Ireland and stuff. And they they wanted a chance to put their training into action, which I understand because, like, say if you were training for a fight all the time, you never got to fight. You probably you just want to. Oh, I want to really test myself. Yeah. So they're training all the time for these things. They want to test what they're doing. You yeah, know? and it's pretty. It's, it's and, brutal, and really. What, being on but, the door, the amount of people who we used to have a band, no military come into the club. Yeah, and they're like, that's ridiculous. No, every time you guys come in here, you fight. Yeah, we can't have that. We pride ourselves on the fact it's a student venue, and yeah. you can't come in here beating people up. Oh, so you're tarring us all with the same brush? When, no, 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 no. Every single time you have groups of military in, groups of military fight. So. Yeah. We no longer allow groups of military in here. Mm. That's the, the, the rule. That's how it is now. Yeah. Like, oh, so we're all tarred with the same brush. If that's true, your anger should be aimed at the people who have done this, the other yeah. people. And they, oh, what I've done for this country, what I've done. I'm like, it's a, that's irrelevant. It doesn't mm. excuse your behavior when you're out of the war zone. If you go yeah. to a war zone and you do do that stuff doesn't excuse your behaviour. I don't knock people out in Tesco because I've had MMA fights. It's mm. not... you. You, If you have been at war, you signed up to go to war, right? Don't tell me you signed up to be in the Marines not expecting to go to war. That's what you joined up for. Everybody knows that. Just so Imagine those guys, the way they're trained, and then and then maybe um, they go on a tour, and then they come back. Why don't you um, like, let them go to a club, get really drunk, yeah. And that, that pressure cooker, you know, and then and something's ready to go. Yeah. And then you know, they, and they're obviously capable of fighting. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, even and, if uh, they can't have a, a proper fight, they're fit guys yeah. who are quite tough. There's not really going to be much quitting them because mm. that's been drummed out of them. So mm. it's a nightmare. Even if you can't have a fight, if you've got a guy who's up for a fight, yeah, it's hard work. Even like I'm obviously a professional fighter. I've been dormant for eighteen, or was I'm not anymore. Dormant for eighteen years. A squaddy who's fifteen stone who really up for a fight. It's a lot more hard work than two guys who are off the street or are pissed up one another yeah, fight. Yeah. That's just the way that it is, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, you, you try and get this across to them and it's just trying to say, like, you know, you you are joining the military, you're going, you're having a fight, that's what you signed up to do. I can't be proud of that. Mm. There will be acts that maybe one or two of you will do which, will, which would fill me with pride. Pride in our training, pride in you as a person, but... As a military, as a whole, no, I have no pride in going to war. I don't support war. I'm not. Yeah. Like, no, I don't have this this patriotism thing. And when football's on, it's nice to have someone to cheer for. I get it. It is. And we all get together and we can't, we all cheer. And yeah, that's cool. And I like watching England play football and stuff. But if we lose, I don't, I'm not going and crying or like, yeah. like now booing the Welsh. That's not how it mm. works for me. You know, I just, mm. like, yeah, if England win, brilliant. Like, I'm English again tomorrow and I'll be English again in three years' time when we lose, you know? Yeah, I've kind of given up on football. I've supported Scotland since I moved down from uh, Scotland as a kid. And 
Well, you haven't really got a lot to celebrate. Lot to so. celebrate. Every so, so often, like they they pull me back in and they they string a few wins together. What was it? Nineteen ninety eight was the last World Cup, wasn't it? For you? No. No, I think. Um, God, man, ninety eight. We didn't get. I think ninety eight. We lost on. Which was the one with Gaza and the dentist chair? That was a, the Euro ninety two, I think, or Euro ninety six. No, ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. Yeah. That's the last big Scottish. That's heartbreaking. That was the only time I cheered for England as well because. After England beat Scotland, England were playing Holland. and I can't remember if Scotland were playing. Scotland had to beat, it might be Morocco or something, had to beat Morocco and then England had to beat um, Holland, but by a big score. Yeah. So Scotland were winning and England were like 4-1 up against, uh, or 4-0 up against Holland or something insane like that. And Scotland were through to the next round for the first time in their history, but then uh, Holland got a goal. And that's the only and time that killed really, it. Yeah, 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 killed it. So, but then that's 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 one thing I stopped doing now, and um, even in MMA, so I can't invest emotionally into watching people on TV do sport. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless I know them personally. Yeah. You know, I just can't like because that when I was when I I started playing five side football, um, and then played for a while, but then I I was always annoyed because I always thought I was maybe working harder than half the team. Yeah. And that pissed me off. So, and I, and I'd done um, I'd boxed when I was young, and I'd done judo in in my in my early twenties as well. And I loved those because the responsibility is all on yourself. Yeah. So then when I started doing MMA, then I forgot about even worrying about football. Yeah. Because the same. Yeah. Like I used to get really passionate about watching Scotland play football, but how much more passionate are you when you go in and fight yourself, or you've got someone you train with fighting? Yeah. It's a different level, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah, it's completely. like a thousand yeah. times better, yeah. you know, so, and then, and then, so my passion for football sort of, like, you know, I just thought, well, I'm, I'm, get, I'm feeling sad because Scotland didn't go through to the, the next round, but they're not really representing me. They're all millionaires anyway, so I'm not going to feel sorry for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all like, even in boxing, say someone gets knocked out, everyone's like, oh, poor that guy. I'm like, well, yeah, he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah, like poor Conor and McGregor. He lost against. Fleming, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just yeah, made a hundred million. It's terrible. Poor guy. Yeah, people are still going to you know? be getting out their seat to let him sit down and eat his food if he wants. So yeah. I mean, it's just you know? yeah. Uh, but that's something I like about fighting, is it strips the bullshit away from everything, and it, you can just support whoever's the best. It's yeah. nothing to do with where you're from. Like yeah. the Irish are going to support Conor because yeah. they're Irish and he's Irish. Like it's, mm. that's of course, yeah. But which is a which is a bad thing in a way. Yeah, it is because, a bad thing. Um, Going up to well, it depends depends on how what the fans are like. But going up to Liverpool when Nad fought uh, yeah. Paddy Pimlet, and in like I've been I fought on sh- I've fought on shows all over the world, and uh, and I fought like typically the UK is probably um, the the noisiest place to fight and with the most drunk people that will yeah. shout abuse at you and like make make the atmosphere a little bit. Like a bit violent, almost like a Friday night yeah, uh, in, in the centre yeah. of town. Do you know what I mean? But when you go abroad, it's completely different. People are real, yeah. sort of more civil. They're sober. It's a big thing. But then going up to Liverpool was a real eye opener when when Nad fought Paddy Pimlet because that was the most um, aggressive and nasty. Um, like the way the fans were was terrible. Yeah, you know, shocking. Throwing shit in shocking. the cage after. But even on the way out, like the curtains went open. We started walking out, and there was a a guy filming us coming out, and then the, he was with his kid. His kid was about ten, and his kid went, "You fucking wankers!" And his dad yeah, just kept on fun. filming. I was like, 
Oh, what? This is yeah, like, what the fuck? And there's no and, um, appreciation for what's about to happen. No, no. Just, you're from Bristol, we're from Liverpool. Yeah, and what annoyed me in that... support Liverpool. Yeah, what annoyed me yeah. in that fight is, it was such a dominant performance. Every it round. Every round, so dominant. Mm. And they're booing and throwing stuff at Nad. And I think, like, yeah. hang on, this is the guy you've got behind. This is the guy mm. who you thought was amazing. And our mm. guys just dominated him. Yeah. Where's your appreciation for that? Where's yeah. your appreciation that, fuck, you didn't just win. You, like, dominated him, you yeah. know? Like... Everyone. Wow, yeah, fair Everyone. play. Like, I don't, even if you're disappointed, I don't understand with the throw and the cans in. It wasn't a close call. Mm. It wasn't, you know, it was a domination. If it had been a close call, we all know that Nad wouldn't have got the call. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, they, it would have gone to Paddy, you know? Yeah. It's their guy. Mm-hmm. So it was a complete domination. I had to go to Nad. And it's sad that that's how it is. I mean, when when I was in Poland and James fought Pudzianowski, and what, they... The draw? The, yeah, the draw. Yeah. So they obviously awarded it to Pudge. Yeah. So we're sitting like, what the fuck? James like, this is fuck. I said, you can't have that, mate. What? And that's when James walked over to the microphone, the snatched the microphone. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So I'm stood there with him now, not knowing what he's going to do. And then uh, I just think he's going to be like, listen, I thought he's... And he's like, what a fucking joke. Yeah, and I was brilliant. like, yeah, fair enough. And then, so everyone's fucking booing. And he mm. says like, this is Emma. I thought you guys were better than this. And mm. everyone's booing him and stuff. We climb out the, the ring. I grab Matt Sellers and mm. I was like, get in close now. And um, Josh was with us. I was like, ah, Josh, you get the other side. I was like, stay fucking close now, mm. everyone. Because yeah. the place is going mental. Like, mm. And Poland's not like that. Poland's, mm. they're really appreciative as fans. They're quite quiet when the fight starts. Mm. You'll hear a few cheers. Then we start walking back to the changing room. And of course, no one's fucking with us. Like, mm. everyone's screaming, shouting. So and people start leaning over to James and they're like, ah, Oh, well done, James. Well done. Good win. Oh, well mm. done. Well done. Mm. Nobody, not one pole, leant over and was ah, fuck you. But everyone's ah, yeah. James. Oh, well done. Yeah. Good fight. Oh, well done. Brilliant mm. fight. I thought, you know what? They can see it. They're appreciative yeah. of what's just happened. They have to still cheer Pudge because yeah. they're a Polish and but they're it's a all Polish sober. Fight. They're so they, sober. They, KSW, yeah. they, they don't have everyone drunk. Everyone yeah. turns up sober. They're not, they're not selling booze. Yeah. And the first time I fought in KSW, it was in an eight-man tournament. It's a two two round fight and then you fought again and that night and then you came back to the final in like three months time first my first fight I probably lost the first round it was close second round I took the guy down three times it was all over him yeah and at the end they said he won and it's like everyone even the commentators apparently said I won or it should have been it should if it went if it's one round each you should have gone to a, a three minute overtime he was exhausted you know and I just got I just got ripped off when I seen James grab the microphone and do that, it made me feel really happy like, yeah. that someone had took some action and like showed them up, really. Because yep. it goes out live on pay-per-view as well, so they can't edit that out. Can't can edit it, exactly. You know, that becomes, like, that went viral. Yeah, know? and it put, it, it showed them up, like, because they were they your change, biggest show. They, they were to change, change the decision. Change that's, the decision. That's yeah, what exactly. got in the draw. Well, he came back in, so the promoter came back into the changing room, so we were stood there, and he's like, Oh, I was like, Martin, don't come back here. Like, yeah. don't go, go out of the changing room, mate. He's mm. like, well, I just want to... What are you going to fucking say? What, yeah. what are you going to say to him? You just ripped him mm. off. What are you going to say to him now? Mm. He's going to come in here and change... So James stood up and he looked. He's like, oh, that was a fucking joke. Yeah. And um, I'm looking and Martin's like, oh, I was like, what do you ex- what did you expect when you came mm. back here? What did you expect to gain from this now? Yeah. He's like, well, we're not the judges. And I went, no, but something's got to be done Martin you can't act mm. like he's like well yeah we'll, we'll see what we can do and went away and I think he knew that yeah. globally 
this was going to be bad for KSW, you yeah. know, because James, if James wouldn't have done it, if James would have walked out and then said all this after, yeah. wouldn't have got any, got no, but because he did it there and then, yeah, yeah it was brilliant, you know, James, and because, James is awesome like that, he's real smart. Yeah, and the thing yeah. for me was that, so when he first fought Pudge, and I cornered him, yeah, like, it's when That's he put his hands down, head and arm check. Yeah, he put his yeah. hands down and just was getting punched in the corner. Yeah. Like, he quit. 100% mm. he quit in that fight. Like, he mm. was going for a bad time. It was his sort of comeback. It was his first real go at really doing something. And he quit on himself, but mm. Pudge couldn't knock him out. Mm. Hit him fucking hard. Rattled him. He got mm. back to the corner, and he sat down, and I was like, ah, have you got it out of your system? He's like, what? I said, I'm not fucking cornering you if this is how you're going to fight, James. Like, you're yeah. either fighting or we're not. He can't knock you out. You might as well mm. fight him. Mm. Like, fucking lose if you lose, but fight him. Mm. And then James goes out the next round, forgets his cum shield, yeah. just wanders out, went out there. Just When he just had it in his head, like, no, he's not fucking stopping me. Because mm. there's not anybody with a stronger will than James. Yeah. If he's like, if his head's right mm. and he's not got any... Ex- external issues yeah there's nobody with a stronger will than James you know mm-hmm. and he went back out there he got him and he got the arm head and arm choke and he fucking won I was like amazing and we knew they were going to go for the rematch we knew yeah. that so he trained with me full time with for the rematch and he uh the work that he put in like the effort that he made mm-hmm. like doing Tabata sprints you don't get a guy mm-hmm. who's 21 stone doing Tabata sprints mm-hmm. five, uh, three five minute sets of Tabata sprints he'd be sick in between and get back on and do, redo them mm-hmm. or he'd be sick couldn't finish them I'd pause it he'd be like I'll go back on and finish and he wouldn't need a gym so he'd finish them he'd make sure he did yeah. it really worked his ass off and to see just like how quickly they were just going to pull the carpet up from underneath yeah, your feet yeah. it's just shit it's, and it's then, disgusting isn't it because you put so much effort into fighting. You train like like not even it's not even like ten weeks. You train for years and years and years to put yourself in position, and then some fucking asshole judge that doesn't know what they're watching, or they've got a personal relationship with the promoter. Yeah, you know, or one of the fighters they Look, know them. When you when you go when you go overseas, like so, you get fucking stitched up. It's yeah, the Martin the when Mark you saw Martin Svensson, that like when you came back. I think it was the end of the second, you came back to the corner, mm. and I was like, ah, listen, this fucking, like, you've walked the first, I think you walked the first, yeah. and the second was dubious, I thought mm. you'd won it, but they could have found a way to give it to him, yeah. I was like, you got to have a big round, man, you got f- mm. and you went out, and you had a really good one, mm. you really, like, it was clear, it was your fight, you came back to the corner, you fucking got it, mate, you yeah. fucking, like, you've done it, like, you definitely, and when they gave it to him, I was like, Fuck, like it wasn't even close for me. I haven't watched it back again, you know. I'm see, like see one one of those judges was um was a Marco. Yeah. And like Marco's like no not Marco, it was the, the ginger the guy, guy. The ginger, the ginger guy, guy, the Dr. Yeah. Martin's guy, yeah. That's the one. So he's like best friends with Marco, they run the gym together. But also they, what I find like, out as well is dodgy as anything. When we put the appeal in, he was yeah. one of the guys on the appeal panel. Yeah, of course he is. Like what how does this so, work? You were one of the judges that we're appealing against. Mm. So but that for me, when I saw that I was like, yeah. how are you, like, it was, for me, a blatant win. Yeah, watch it, it was yeah. a blatant win. Even when you go on the night, when there's an appeal put and you watch it back, I was like, come on, how is that not a fucking win? Do you know what I mean? The, we didn't one, do anything to you. The one in Poland was even worse. The, yeah. the, the loss in Poland. That was, what's his name? Not Savinsky, the, um, um... I can't remember his name now. He was like a chunky, yeah, yeah. real muscular, yeah. juiced up. I remember and when it was it happened. 70, I took it on a week's notice. Yeah. And I was 71 kilos. I had to cut, like, half a kilo. Yeah, you know, I wasn't because I, I, I was I was supposed to have two back to back featherweight fights, and then that coup de gras, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that got cancelled. I, I fought someone else, then coup de gras got cancelled. So then, yeah, I got I got stitched up, man. 
Um, and I, I, but I felt I felt wicked at the end. I thought, oh, I'm third round, I'm going to kill him. You know, yeah. but it, it's the same when um, I fought Akira. Like, remember we went to that rules meeting? Yeah. And we were talking about up kicks for ages. And then they said, if you take someone down, you hit him five or six times, I'm going to stop it. Yeah. What they meant is if he hit me five or six times exactly. on the floor, yeah, I'm going to yeah. stop it. I hit him, I, I counted, I hit him 53 times on the floor. Yeah. Like, abs- you know, he could hardly get up, could he? He, was, he could barely walk when he got yeah. up. It's insane. And, and uh, they try to they try to stitch me up about throwing an up kick to the body That's as well. That's right, yeah. And like, um, you know, it's like you've, you've literally... When you go overseas, you've got to kind of either dominate them beyond belief, yeah, or you got to stop them. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I remember you shouting at the ref. You actually shouted at the ref about the up yeah. kick. You said something, and I because I can remember saying to you, "Shut up, leave it to me." Because yeah. I thought in a minute, I thought they, I know what they're going to do. They're going to fucking take a point. Yeah, I could see it. I thought they're going to fucking take a point off him. Mm. I was like, "Shut up, leave it to me, leave it to me." And in between rounds, I was to the ref. I was like, "Listen, up kicks are allowed. What are you want about?" Like he's allowed to fucking Remember up. Remember the kick. long discussion we had about the day before. Yeah. We were even taking the piss out of them. Yeah, like that, I know. Going, what about up kicks? Uh, but like, what about up kicks? Yeah, it's just like it was crazy. <laughs> I get it. You know, people want to protect their guy, and you know, mm. like they all thought Corsani was going to the UFC, so they want to protect him. But it's a fist fight. Fair, it, it's fair, isn't it? That's fair it. Fair. We're having a fight. It, we're not kicking a leather football around. If I yeah. put all of my guts on the line here, and mm. I'm. As exhausted as he is, but I can for one more shot. Yeah. I get the. W- That's how yeah. it is, you know. And you yeah. got a look, and you got to say, "Fair play to this guy. We were lucky mm. enough to have him on our show." Yeah, you can't just rip him off just because no, it doesn't no, fit with the narrative. That's yeah, not the way it, it, it works. It's a sport, isn't it? And it should be. It should be judged well, evenly. But then I post people- yesterday on Facebook, and I said, "Professional sports is only professional sports for the fans." For yeah. everyone else is a business, yeah, and that's exactly how it is. It is that's like, it is. And, and put, it's sad, puts, but it is. Puts is um, the basis of KSW. He's a starter KSW. He's what he what he's what enabled them to to become a, a real successful pay per view model, and he was the one that drew all the fans in to start with. Same as Paddy Pimlet. Like when Paddy Pimlet didn't uh, headline at the Echo, they had ha- it was half empty. I think yeah. Molly McCann fought for the yeah. title against some woman that was like two weight divisions below her or something. Yeah. And she beat her, and but it was half empty. So Paddy Pimlet's the the, the draw. He's the draw. So I understand why that why they want him to win, but if you get your ass kicked, you can't you can't rob someone. No, you can't you can't, can't uh, lose a close decision. You can sort of get your head round, but still it should go to the winner. Yeah, but when it's you can't give these robberies. You can't. It's too much is on the line. Brain damage is on the line. Mm. Weeks away from your family. You know, like when you accumulate how many hours out the house you are a day. Yeah. Weeks away from your family. Starving, hungry, not eating the food. <clears throat> the long-term effects on your heart and your blood levels from the mm. dieting and the up mm. and down fluctuation. You can't take that away from somebody. You're sacrificing when, them. You're sacrificing your health and your, yeah, and your body. You know exactly. You for just something, can't, and then for someone to try and cheat you out of it. Yeah, just to, just it doesn't do anything apart from sits there you for fine for financial you gain. Know? Like Cage yeah. Warriors are only mm. want to do that for their financial gain. Yeah, to have another star go to the UFC. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, Paddy Pimblett would have happily won that on a robbery decision. He would have happily yeah. for his yeah. personal gain and for finance for him. Because he, but, the fight he, he had before, he lost, didn't he? To but American. They gave it to him, but yeah, he lost the fight. Definitely. You know, that's when we were sick in the cage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely so lost that fight. That's like the perception of reality. Is like in MMA is like someone's Sherdog record, but you can look through that and say, well, this person won that, he won that, he won that. It completely changes the game. Like Nad is what's he eleven, eleven and two? Yeah, well, I don't think Nad's lost the fight. Two or twelve and two? No, I think uh, the one with um, Enland. 
It's up. It's Very tough, close. man. I've watched Very it close. a couple of times. And I'm, yeah. First one, when I watched it live, I thought he'd won. Definitely. Well, I watched won, it back won, and I was like... Nad definitely won the fourth and fifth. Yes, definitely. Yeah, he absolutely... Yeah. He, 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 he worked them. He boxed them all over the place. Yeah. If you, I'm sure he won one of the first three. I think he one of the one of the rounds he lost, the third round he lost, and shows you how tough he was because he was in a real bad spot and he was getting elbowed. And like, it's that... You know when you get elbowed on the floor and it's yeah. brutal and you're like, fuck's sake. You could see... He was struggling, you know. But then he came back. That's how mentally strong he is, you know. Yeah. Came back and absolutely schooled him in the fourth and the fifth. But um, I, I reckon it's arguable that he won that fight. I, I, I thought Nad won it. Obviously, I'm biased. No, on the, the night, I thought he did. Definitely. The, the Turner fight, I thought that was hands down Nad's fight. You know? The Turner fight, he definitely won. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so definitely. so you've got perception of reality, which is like, you could say he's like, say he's, I don't know if he's 11 and 2 or 12 and 2. I think it's 11 and 2. But really, he could easily be thirteen and up. Yeah, you know, he could easily be thirteen yeah, and definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean that's. And like, could you really say? Can you say he lost that fight against Turner? Is that is that, is that a loss? Like no. even even against Alex Enland, is that a loss? How, how can he? You say he lost that fight? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you definitely. You, like it's, you know, records are for DJs. That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Records are for DJs. Unfortunately, we're judged on them. No, not it's not shit. Like, it's all like, about your record. The last man. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Only fighters with oh no, not doing anymore, but it was undefeated. only fighters who were undefeated. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Like yeah. what? Hey, you, like, you could fight ten absolute bums. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Tyson Fury was saying about Deontay Wilder the other day. He's saying like you got, I think he's forty you now or something. He said he said you fought thirty five absolute bums. Yeah. He said you've only fought five half decent people. Yeah. Which and you know? he's true. That's true. And yeah. I don't blame Deontay Wilder for that. There was no yeah. one for him to fight. Like that, he had and to that's fight. The business, yeah, and that's the business. That's yeah, the I don't. Business. I don't get that. What's your take on that fight? Man, I don't know. I reckon Deontay Wilder. Is a really good puncher. He punches really hard. He's really long and skinny. He's like that Tommy Hearns build. Yeah. You know, I reckon he can bang. And say say the Klitschko uh, Tyson Fury fight. Klitschko made a career out of being tall, using his jab, and when people came in, leaning on them, yeah, hugging them, like leaning over the back of them, tiring them out, getting them at range against it, and then pumping that jab. Occasionally, it hit the mar with the right hand. Tyson Fury does something. He just done that to Klitschko. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he's, he's six so much foot bigger. nine. Yeah. Six foot nine. Exactly. So he'd done it to Klitschko. Yeah. So, so you look at Styles and then you look at Anthony Joshua when he fought that uh, Parker. Yep. And that Parker was a little bit hesitant. He didn't want to get knocked out, so he didn't want to take a risk. He didn't want to take a gamble. He wanted to try and box it at, at length. Maybe go 12 rounds, you know, lose on points. But when he fought that Russian, I can't remember the name of the Russian's name now. Who fought Russian? Uh, Anthony Joshua just recently. Povetkin. But that was a great fight. Yeah. You know, so well, you see, you see someone that wants to fight is going to make a fight of that. Now, Deontay Wilder ain't going to be like Klitschko. You no, because he can't be Klitschko. He hasn't got the boxing ability. But he's not going to be anything like Klitschko. No. he's he's coming coming into, at you to brawl and take your head off. Yeah, so that's the only way he knows how to box. So that's going to make it a great fight. Now, because he's coming in like that, it's going to make him very dangerous. But it's going to make him susceptible again here as well. So this is, we've been talking about it in work and. So I was never a Tyson Fury fan until about seven months ago, and I love him. I, I love think him, he's man. brilliant mm. and uh, so intelligent. People don't realise how intelligent he is, and that's like two seconds. I'll grab you one out of the fridge. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's not that. I'm talking 
fighting intelligent. He's fighting intelligent. He understands yeah. the game. Not mm-hmm. not Ringcraft. Let's leave all that out of it. He understands the game. Mm-hmm. And he understands all of this shit of being hyped and stuff. He doesn't fall for any of it. He's not interested in what people say about him. And he mm-hmm. will hype the fight like no other boxer. Especially a heavyweight boxer. He's brilliant. a bit like Conor McGregor, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's exactly what he's like. I love him. I think he's brilliant. And also, mm-hmm. he's, for me, the best heavyweight in the world right now, technically. Mm-hmm. Now... We have it all the time. And I said, listen, Deontay Wilder, people say, oh, you don't think he can... Be-? No, Deontay Wilder can beat Tyson Fury. If Deontay Wilder hits any man on the planet with that with one of those shots, he's putting okay. him away. Yeah. No two ways about it. But mm. the, the biggest attribute he has and the biggest thing in his favour is that wild big shot. But the, the worst thing against him in a, tight, in a fight with someone against Tyson Fury is... Fighting like a big wild shot yeah, yeah. because when you get someone who can stay tucked up mm. and throw clean shots down the middle, if you come at them, all it makes an easy night for Tyson Fury. Yeah, because he's just got to keep his chin down and throw a shot that lands. That's mm. it. Mm. Once you've hit you once with a big one, he's got to technically put two or three on you. So, for me, I think you know when you look at the fight like that, you've got to say to yourself like, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait because it's yeah. one of those you know like a crazy wild one shot banger mm-hmm. against a technical boxer. Which is brilliant, but I think realistic people are saying about Tyson Fury. I don't think he's a nightmare for anyone in the heavyweight yeah. division. And people say about Joshua. Now, I I openly am not supportive of Joshua's of Joshua as a boxer, as in that's that's wrong. I've come out really wrong because I am. I like Joshua. I love him as a person, and mm. I wish he could be better. Because if he could be better, he'd be the greatest heavyweight, British heavyweight ever. Yeah. But realistically, he's not very fast. Mm. He doesn't hit hard. He hits sort of that heavy hitting. So he's not like a... He's not explosive and powerful. He's he hits like, heavy. He's like a Frank Bruno type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think he's as skillful as Frank Bruno. So he's yeah. like a, a not quite as good... Frank can't very, box on the back foot very, at all. He's a bit stiff, isn't he? Yeah. You can't know? box on the back foot. That's his worst yeah. attribute. If you push him backwards, his mm. chin comes up and he starts stretching to go backwards. He's getting a hit a lot by and the Russian, wasn't he? The Russian was tiny. And, and, and buckled his knees as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think when you put that against someone like Tyson Fury, who will stalk him, yeah. but will stalk him at range, mm. Anthony Joshua has not got that aggressive coming forward style because he's used to it being long and being like... So I think it's a nightmare. So for me, I would like Joshua to be better mm. because I would really because he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like the, yeah. the full package. He's yeah, amazing yeah. to look at. Mm. Like I could have a fucking calendar of Anthony Joshua. Do you know what I mean, you look yeah. at his physique, you're like, that's incredible. That's how every it's, man it's should insane, look. It? It's nuts. Mm. And um, he's humble. He's been to fucking prison. He's been, like you know, he's got everything that you would want from a he, guy. He's like a he's a he's a role model for kids on the way up. He talks yeah. about hard work, uh, discipline. Like he yeah. said, like I, I was watching a little program about him, and he's saying when he went to the gym first, he had a tag on. And then the coach was like telling him that no, you can't do that, fucking do this. And he's like, who the fuck is this guy telling me this? Yeah. And then it's like, no, you got to do as we say, otherwise you're out. So he just knuckled down and got on it. And then he realised the harder he worked, the more successful he got. Which is a, mm-hmm. is a it's, met boxing is a great metaphor for life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you work hard and and then you, and you become successful, or you know, it depends how you measure success. But well, I mean, when you compare that to Chris Eubank Jr., yeah, that's the story that you want to follow. Yeah, you want to yeah. follow that story of Anthony Joshua. Mm. And I wish he could be better, but it's the hype that I, I see online. Yeah. No, Joshua will smash you. Joshua's beat much more people than Tyson Fury. He's better. Than, I'm like, 
what are you seeing? I don't. You when you analyze fights, yeah, you have to analyze it from an impartial point of view, and you have mm. to base it on them as a boxer. Now, yes, Anthony Joshua can beat Tyson Fury, yes, mm. but he's not a better boxer. Yeah, that's just fact. He hasn't. He doesn't have the boxer. footwork. Doesn't have the speed. Mm. Doesn't have the head movement. Mm. He's not a better boxer. Yes, he can beat him. Yeah, Deontay Wilder is a shitter boxer than both of them, but could mm. beat both of them on their day. So the thing is with um, Joshua and Deontay Wilder is they both got into boxing really late, mm-hmm. you know, but they're both, yeah. like, athletically gifted, you know, and the both of them are absolute physical specimens, aren't they? And, they, um, and they're in a division that's been empty for quite a while, so... Yeah. yeah. But then Tyson Fury's been boxing since he was a, a small child, you know? His yeah. skill level, I think, is different. Now, it doesn't matter how skillful you are when someone hits you on the chin with yeah. full power. It, anyone can get knocked out. Especially so at that weight. At that weight. So anyone anyone, like anyone can get knocked out. I know Tyson Fury got dropped by that. Steve Cunningham, I think he was a cruiserweight. But then anyone can get knocked down. He's just David got hit on the chin. David A is a cruiserweight. If David A hits anyone. Yeah, exactly. And then and obviously Joshua's been dropped um, by Klitschko. Klitschko, yep. that, that little hand trap. And yep. hit him with a straight Dylan right. White dropped him in the amateurs. And Dylan White rocked him in that first fight mm-hmm. as well. That 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 Russian guy just rocked him, and then you look at Deontay Wilder looked terrible against that forty nine year old Cuban guy. Yeah. That Ortiz looked terrible, like he was getting boxed all over the place. Yep. And then, but it shows you how gutsy he is. He came back and stopped him. Yeah, you know? and that shows like you can't you can't teach that, can you? That, that doggedness. What he did to that guy, that internet troll as well, off the oh, got him yeah. into his gym. Yeah. That's a fighter's mentality. Like, get him yeah. in the gym. Get to yeah. the gym. Like yeah. because you don't need to do that. You're a professional boxer. Yeah. People, you're getting you're earning money. You don't. But like, no, you don't get to say that about me. Get to the. He's a fighter. He's obviously a fighter. You know, and you yeah. don't. You can't teach that. That's just mm. in people. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah, it's it, that trio at the moment. Is boxing is everyday yeah. boxing, you yeah. know, it's and, made, and it makes it really interesting as well. Yeah. The fact that um, Fury's fighting him and he's going over to the states to do it after Joshua obviously ducked him. Yeah, you know, that, Eddie Hearn pretty, will not let Joshua yeah, fight him. Later, and that, that's no impressive. Like he's so funny as well. I think he's really quick weird. Did you see the thing he was doing when he was moving around his head? Amazing. Yeah, and then, and then, and then, I'm and over he, here. I'm yeah, here. Did you see the song he did? So he's gone like this, right? Oh, yeah, and he starts singing. And then, yeah. and then um, the guy starts going, yeah, you move, I'll move. Yeah, but it's I song move, you move. Just, just like, like that. that. And then, yeah. yeah and then Deontay Wilder started doing it. Then Deontay Wilder started saying it just like that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did see that. Was, and it, when he was like in his, he didn't have the microphone, he stupidly was in his face. He went, yeah. he's, he's whispering in my ear now telling me he's scared. He's telling me to go easy on the whole fucking yeah. laughing. Like, so listen, if you listen to it, especially, I think he's tamed it tamed it down a little bit now but if you listen to him a few years ago he was constantly talking about he's a from a, he's a fighting man uh, he'll take any man and he's been born of a woman fighting. and yeah any man any man born of a woman he'll beat and he's a from a fighting family it's like bred into him and all this and he used to talk about that all the time he stopped doing it so much now but he used to think he's a bit of an bit of an arsehole he's a bit of an idiot um, and then he'd come out like I think he, he'd come out with some weird bible stuff um, he's he come out with something that sounded homophobic, probably yeah. was, um, and upset a load of people. But then, if you ever hear the story of his dad, like that's how you can judge people. Sometimes you look yeah. at his dad and then look at him. He's like a vast improvement on his dad. Yeah. And you think, well, actually, you can see this all the similar things between him and, him and his dad. But he's a much gentler, and nicer person than his dad. So is he was trained by his uncle mainly because his dad went to prison. So his dad's obviously a traveller. Yeah. And um, his dad had a fight with someone at a car auction. 
as some fighting travellers might do, right? So after he beat the guy out, he took his eyeball. So that's what he went, his dad went to prison for like five years or something like that. And that's why he carried on boxing with his uncle until his dad got back out. Now his dad's yeah. back out. His dad kicks off at press conferences all the time. He's ready to fight yeah, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, like he's one of those people you wouldn't want to be around. Yeah. Because you know he's just gonna flip at some point and attack someone. Yeah. You know, and also he's like six foot four as well, and he's massive. He used to be a heavyweight bo- pro boxer yeah. as well. So you, you see his dad, and you think, well, he's obviously picked up a lot from his dad, but he's a much nicer version. Yeah. So I think he, I think he's quite a nice guy. Despite and he comes across way- so well. I think. Like when yeah. I seen him, he was on. Um, it was on a treadmill, and uh, it's just recently that uh, listen, like you guys are talking. Anthony Joshua's talking like they might fight me, and um, Wilder saying about might fight. He said, "I'm the linear champion. I get to choose who, fight, who fights me." Mm. He said, "I don't. You don't decide when you fight Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury decides which one of you he's going to fight." And he's just all calm, and he's walking on a treadmill. And I thought he's like he's right. Like you can't argue with what he's saying he's the linear champion we all know AJ's not offering to fight you now because he's basically saying I'll pick who I'm going to choose to fight and we know he would have gone down AJ route but yeah. AJ's not there it's not everyone knows that Anthony Joshua which is the best thing for Anthony Joshua I don't, I don't even think like I don't even think they'll fight um, Fury because after after he beat the Russian guy they were saying well it's either going to be um, Deontay Wilder yeah or it'll be Dylan White yeah or Dylan White yeah and they were like, like what about Fury yeah what about Fury yeah so then like when Fury wins you're not fighting him it's ridiculous yeah so like maybe that's just part of the negotiation maybe and then they're going to try and you know see who's going to get the if it's going to be 50-50 or the way it's going to work in terms of the purse but yeah, I don't know. I I reckon I'd like I'd like to see Fury beat Deontay Wilder. I think it's a big ask still because I think Deontay Wilder is wild and he and he and he has got insane power. That that uh, Teddy Atlas on Joe Rogan was saying he's the hardest hitter in boxer at the moment. Yeah, he said something like he's the type of guy that hits you on the top of the head and breaks your ankles. Yeah. You know, so he's <laughs> yeah. like obviously a hard hitter. But I think that comes with his style so yeah. I think if if you put that style on Tyson Fury yeah. you'd probably have the same power you know yeah. because well, he's coming he's, so the thing is a lot of people they fight Tyson Fury obviously they stay on the outside yeah. and because uh, he keeps them on the outside but Wilder's going to come inside that might get him knocked out yeah when you, you come when you overcommit out. because yeah. what he does as well is he doesn't work his way he jumps in front shots yeah, so if you're willing budget. to plant your feet and just poke something yeah. out there you know it doesn't even have to knock you out just enough to boink push you back and then a good technical boxer puts three clean ones on yeah. you because he's pushed you backwards watch the, the countdown to uh, the McGregor Khabib fight the other day yeah. Dan Hardy does a really good um uh, thing on, on uh, the UFC don't he where he, mm-hmm. he analyses fights yeah. and he was looking at Conor McGregor when he fought Eddie Alvarez and you know just if you step back with your with your back leg obviously you pull your head back and, yeah. you, and then it, and you can spring off that back leg for the right hand or, or the left hand if you're a southpaw obviously but it showed you him when he fought um, Alvarez and Alvarez threw a punch and you could see it just touch just his nose touch, yeah I've seen it yeah just touching that getting that range and then bang yeah. he hit him and then he hit him about three other times as well yeah. to drop him and it's the, it's not even the fact that he hits people it's how relaxed he is yeah. when he hits people yep. that's that sort of he hits them, and just hitting them where they're committed to yeah, going exactly, forward as well yeah. just you that know? relaxed because so this has been constantly a, a thing for me people ask me about the McGregor 
Habib fight. Now, I think you've got to put your money on Habib because you're a fucking idiot if you don't because everything tells you he's going to win. He's 26-0. He's dominated mm. everyone. Better striker than McGregor. Like, mm. there's no two ways about it. Edson Barbosa is a better striker than Conor McGregor. He's better kicker. Be- better striker, technically, if you look at striking. Yeah. Now, Conor McGregor's a different. He's, he's more accurate. His timing's better. His speed's, mm. like, probably faster. But if you look at the technical side of striking, you would look at two strikers, you'd say, well, it's a Barboza. Like, that's technically tight. He's perfect. Connor's unorthodox. Yeah. But Because people say about this killer left hand, and I don't buy into it. Because... He's not sleeping people. Okay, he slept Aldo. There's no choice about it. He slept Ivan Bushenger. No choice about it. Everyone else, he's TKOing. Like, Eddie Alvarez, yeah. he dropped six times. Five times. And then finished him on the sixth. Like, that's not killer power, in my eyes, I you know? I don't know, man. He, like, he's got power, man. He dropped... He dro- how many times did he drop... Um, yeah, but how many yes. times is he dropping these people? Like, no, but he, he, did, he dropped Diaz one legitimate time. Twice yeah, he dropped him on the foot. back foot moving backwards. Yeah. Which, for me, I think... When you've got a gangly tall person who's trying to move backwards quickly, mm. you can just catch them yeah. enough that they stumble. So I think what you do is, when you say about Connor's power... You discredit what he's actually got, timing. and that's amazing Accuracy. timing. He's yeah. the most, he's the most accurate fighter on the planet. Yeah, There's very yeah. few wasted shots. It's well, sublime. The, the, the thing, the thing with power is, is like, how many times have we sparred? Yeah, loads. You know, if I load up and I try and hit you as hard as I can, you see it coming. You you you, you tighten up and you take it. Yeah. You know, it's the shots you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. The yep. ones, the little ones that catch you, like when it's just quick punches. Mm-hmm. I remember you hit me once. I don't even think you realised you hurt me because you just threw a straight right, yep. and it felt like the the world went through my ear and come out the other one, and my legs were going, and I don't even think you recognised it at the time, or if you did, you just luckily didn't decide to follow up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, whoa, like it was that that weird sensation. Have you ever yeah, been yeah. hurt like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, like what the fuck was that? Yeah. And um, and then I don't even think you threw it hard. You yeah. just bang, just caught it. I think it was right behind my ear, but just just landed on that on that spot when you weren't expecting it. And any time I've ever hurt anyone, I've always been surprised. Yeah, yeah. you know, because I'm just it's usually when I'm relaxed and I'm and I'm going quick, and maybe I'm putting a a, a nice like uh, if I'm like I've been training, and I'm real sharp in my boxing, uh, so I've been training my hands yeah, really yeah. sharp, and I've just hit pop pop pop, or maybe just caught them when you weren't expecting it, yeah. and then I've then I've hurt them, and I'm always like, oh, I didn't. Throw that yeah, hard. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just like threw it quick, you know. Yeah. You know, so that that accuracy and timing. But he, he like when he when he um, stopped Alvarez, like he slipped back, he he stepped back that slide back right hand or left hand, caught him, and then it's just the accuracy where as he was going down, he hit him like four or five. It's other just so times. beautiful. It's, just, it's amazing. Those shots are just like that, none of them are <laughs> technically. Great punches. When you look mm. at, I've watched that sequence back, that finishing sequence, the one yeah. where he jumps and starts hammer fisting him. Then yeah, just yeah. I've watched that sequence so many times to analyse where his shoulder was, where he threw his mm. punch from, how his feet were planted, mm. and technically there's nothing good about it. His hands are low. He never brings his hand back to his chin. Doesn't need to. I know because it, he already knows he's finished him. But so there's technically nothing good about it because he's not bringing but every shot is so relaxed so as one's landing he's already started to place the second one no power there's no speed just literally just this is where they landed boop boop it, boop it's, boop it's, it's like in boxing it's, it's the understanding of range isn't it yeah and, if you and can... being confident that's understanding the range but being confident 
that I know my range and I can throw shots because you're yeah. not going to hit me either. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is where it works. I'm being confident because I find when I've sparred with, say, Nad, who I know is going to be really aggressive, mm-hmm. so I know my range is going to be better than his. I'm going to have a longer jab, like, boom. So I land my jab, boom, on his forehead. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm looking at him, throw one, two, boom, boom. And then before you know it, he's throwing something and I, haven't, I can't quite let the others go. Connor's just letting him go. As soon as he touches you with one, he's yeah. letting him go and yeah. he's not... Because the Aldo one was a perfect example. He caught that shot, but he took a big shot from Aldo that yeah. if he would have missed, mm-hmm. Aldo's shot would have hurt him, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he was so confident to throw his shot mm-hmm. that he didn't even need to worry about getting clipped by Aldo. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, from being in sparring, people who, when you used to be, like, really aggressive, like, coming forward when you used to spar, and we weren't worried about hitting each other in the head, it was yeah. the same thing. I'd think, fuck no, I'm going to be fast, I can throw free. But you can't, you can't let go, because I'm thinking... But if he fucking catches me with one of them, yeah, and yeah. you're just, you know, like you get that bit in your head where you get your confidence that like you're moving around, and then, but all of a sudden you think, oh fuck, if that one would have caught me, it's like Connor doesn't fight with that because I, because he manages the range really yeah. well. He keeps it long, and he does it with those like that. That Dan Hardy shows it in a real good video. He uses that little front stabby kick. Mm-hmm. He, he threatens with that left hand all the time, and he just creates a, a barrier. You yeah, know, like a little force field, and it's like, and then and then there's that dead man zone you want to step into, and you you step into it, he slides back, and then he comes back with something, yeah, and he comes so back with two nice. or three. It's so beautiful. basic as well. That's the mm. thing. It's so it's so amateur boxing, or it's yeah. so, and it's so basic, yeah, and he just does you it so am, you well. Watch amateur boxing, though. You know, you go. The thing is, there's so many white collar boxing shows, and I went judge in one in Swindon, and I took uh, young Jesse McCann with me, mm-hmm. and we were judging it. And there's probably 15 fights, like 13 of those fights. It was shocking. Mm-hmm. Like the really good promoter, uh, you know, but the two two main fights were amazing. But some fights on there, like the guys didn't understand boxing at all. You know, they're yeah. just having a, they've got boxing gloves on. They're not boxers, you know. Yeah, um, they're just waiting punches on each other. But um, one of the last amateur boxing show I went to, I was amazed how good they were. Yeah. You just, you're, they're just there outside of range and then they're exploding in and you just see this this movement and then every time they step in range they both explode. Very few wasted shots because they know they've got to score points with their yeah, shots. Yeah. So they're not throwing just shots that aren't, yep. they're trying to be accurate and put, mm. and I think that's where Connor did really well and that, he had to go amateur boxing mm. and he never went pro boxing and he never looked mm. at anything. He had amateur boxing and he kept that style. Put mm. that in with like his karate stance, yeah. that in-out movement. Just became... And then, of course, the guy's a scientist. He goes away and studies. Yeah. But you know, you know from the stuff he was saying about um, Habib's cornermen and stuff, you know he studies. Analyzes, he studies. Yeah. Go, analyzes everything, you know. And then what he does do is which I like to do with fighters, I don't... I won't analyze what the fighter does. Mm. I'll analyze what I can do because of what he does. Yeah. So if everyone's like, oh, he's got a really big right hand. I don't care about his right hand. I care about where I can hit you if you throw your big right hand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not yeah. worried about this. Oh, I've got to think about his right hand. No, I've got to think try about to, the opening. Try and take away their strengths. Yeah, or use it to my, to my, like, if someone's like, yeah, he's got a really fast jab, I would think, well, no one's ever going to knock me out of a jab. Mm. So I'm willing to take his jab if yeah. it means I can land a left, you know, mm. whatever it would be. He's that, he does that to such a infinite, small part of people you know yeah. he looks at everything and you can tell like that when he was like rehearsing in the change room before he knocked out Aldo mm. he'd imitated Aldo that's not he didn't want to fight like Aldo he just wanted to understand well yeah. if he moves like that this is where my 
I love that. I love what he put. I can't like him as a person mm. for because of what because of two press conferences ago and then being late last night. I can't like him as a person at the moment. Which, which two press conferences? Uh, the one, the other with the whiskey. Did you watch it the other day uh, when yeah, you had that? Could be. Yeah, would could yeah, be. I can't what because weird, right? a I don't like people drinking alcohol while they're on stage, mm. like promoting the biggest fight of their career, so to yeah. say. And I don't like this talking over people, but making noises and stuff, not even having yeah. a rebuttal. Yeah, Just, yeah. Meh, 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 meh. I got no time for that. He was a bit offensive as well. With yeah, some of the stuff he come out with. And he was again last. Did you watch last night's? No. Calling him a dirty rat, Dagestani, yeah. and stuff. And I think well. Listen, if you're going to say all this stuff about Ali Aziz and that, that's fair enough. Like, the guy got caught with the terrorism. So that's mm. fair enough. Do say that. But Habib's never done anything in UFC to discredit mm. him as a human being. Everything yeah. he does is, yeah, he's is just good. Trying, he's just trying to rattle his cage. Yeah, but Habib on there, he'd already got... Oh, so right. do you know, know yeah, what happened yeah. last night? No. Press conference, three o'clock. Habib's there at five to three. Yeah. Dana turns up three minutes to three. Dana's gone, oh, Connor's not here yet. He's in his car on the way in. Habib goes, No. The press conference is at three. We're doing it at three. I have a wait yeah. to make. So yeah. we went in at three o'clock and there's just Dana and Khabib to the whole of the press that are taking questions. Yeah. How long are you going to wait? And Khabib went, I don't know, until I've had enough. He said, I'm, I do, I'm the champion. I don't wait for Conor McGregor. Yeah. He said, this is not Conor McGregor's show. This is mm. this is to promote the fight. I don't want to be here. I have to make wait, but yeah. this is what we do. And uh, so after 20 minutes, Khabib's like, I'm going now, guys. So Khabib left, took his pictures and he left. 25 minutes later, Connor turned up. So he was 40 minutes late for the press conference. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I'm like, like if you're trying to sell, hope the fight and stuff like that, that unprofessionalism, for me, isn't the way to go about it because what you do is you bring into question the professionalism of the of the UFC then because now are they going to find him like they did to Nate Diaz? Yeah, but it's just the art of war, isn't it? To make him wait for you. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think that works with Khabib because mm. he's like, I'm going. So he's now taking yeah. the power back. He's like, mm. I'm going. Do your own fucking press conference. Yeah. And But I think it brings into the unprofessionalism of the UFC. He should be finding him. Mm. You had a, a, like you, you find Nate Diaz when he didn't show up for mm. the Connor press conference. Yeah. Find him then. Like, where's your professionalism? Mm. There's got to be, you know, so I think, I don't, I don't like it takes away from me I think you know you and then uh, the thing is with something like that there's uh, different rules for different people and you can't have that exactly uh, you know, everyone should everyone should be under the same rule yeah. but the world's not like that either. and uh, McGregor he gives him so much money and he causes so much hype he probably causes more hype by being late or not turning up it's just more news you know yeah. so he reckons sort of 50 helps million he's going to clear for this one really if they do if they do 3 million pay-per-views you clear 50 million fucking hell man that's ridiculous isn't it would you say you were Conor McGregor? Yeah. And you've just been paid a hundred million to fight Floyd yeah. Mayweather. Would you fight Khabib? Yeah, would. I would. So, I'd do anything to go back five years and be thirty again and have five yeah. years ahead of me. I do yeah. anything because I still want to fight as much as I did. Do you know what I mean? And the reason I'm not higher up or the reason I haven't got more fights is my own fault. I was off fucking jumping out of planes and paragliding and doing all this sort of shit. Yeah, but. The I'm probably getting more hungry now to fight than I was three years ago. Which is which is better. Yeah, it's but better, it's better that my body's fucked. But yeah, that's the th- yeah. Like you, well, you got to think. So 16 years of MMA. Yeah. And we're talking the first 10 years. You can't even really call it a sport. We were at Trojan. You know what sparring used to be like at yeah, Trojan. Yeah. Used to every day, and uh, then that's 10 years of bad lifting, 10 years of bad mm. circuit training, and mm. then you've got another 10 years of judo to stack on the top of that which 
you know, like judo was hard. We'd go and we'd randori for an hour and a half, you know. Like, so then you've got all my childhood from five up until 16 of playing football, three mm. matches a week, being a goalkeeper, jumping around, diving about. Mm. Like, I don't know if my body's fucked or I'm just 35 now and this is what being 35 feels like. Mate, but when, I, when, I, when I fought um, Akira, I was 39 and I yeah. felt fucking amazing. Yeah, but you... Yeah, you did, and you looked amazing. Um, I don't know whether... Like, I don't know whether going back in the years before that you didn't take as much damage as possibly I did over yeah. the length of a career, you know, like, because yeah, for yeah. 16 years for me, just MMA, yeah. plus whatever before, we can probably say 20 years of intense well, training. My, my, when I fought that Kira, I'd probably only been, been doing MMA for five or six years. Yeah. You know, and not you were fucking good. You weren't 39. I mean, your age was 39, but you yeah. weren't. You were like, I remember when you first started training with us. How old were you? 35, 36? Yeah. So, 35, 36, you came to the the gym and nobody really took you serious because you were just one of the guys in the class and you were like older than most people who wanted to do MMA. Mm. So, nobody really took you serious. You came in, you always showed up, you trained, everyone knew you were tough and you, like, you were up for sparring and stuff. You'd go away, you'd come back again. And the next thing you know, you've got a few fights on your butt. It's like, fucking hell, Paul's like... Then you're coming to all the classes in your training. You couldn't ever commit to going to Trojan, which was the best thing you did, is you floated mm. around. Yeah. But then, look, you'd come to my Thai boxing class, and I'd be like, fucking hell, is the only decent one here? Like, mm. nobody else... It was a class where people were going for, like, to do Muay Thai to keep fit, really. Yeah. And you were turning up. Oh, you're going to be a professional fighter. I'm a professional fighter. Mm. And you had that mentality... It, at 35, you just found it, and you were training like 20-year-olds do now, 18-year-olds do now, mm. at 35, you know? So, although you were 39 in that Akira fight... Miles on the clock, isn't it? So, yeah. you could be, you can be like, you could have a, like a, a car that's five years old, but it's been driven really fucking badly, yeah. and it's done. Or you can get a car that's older, but hasn't got that many miles on the clock. So, when, when I was, when I started when I was 35... I'd, I'd done some boxing when I was younger. I'd done some judo, but not to the point where I'd wrecked my body in any way. Yeah, yeah. All I'd really done is lift uh, weights, smoke cigarettes, and, and, and got drunk. <laughs> so I was, in, I was in, like, my body wasn't smashed up through sport. Yeah. You know? And then one thing I do, when, when I train, any strength condition I do, if anything niggles my body, I don't do it. Stop it, yeah, exactly. So I don't do anything that irritates my wrists, my knees, my shoulders, anything. I just won't do it. I'll only do stuff that... I can do, and then I can feel completely recovered yeah. the next day. That's why I like like those uh, Tabata hill sprints or those pad drills I do. Yeah. So I could do those, and they don't niggle me all. Yeah, exactly. I get up the next day, and I feel absolutely fine. And you have a very good baseline fitness, so yeah. you're never unfit. Like you, you know, even if you have time off, you'll yeah, always be taking over. I never, I never over get and, that unfit. And yeah. you were always like that. I can remember mm. from back in the day. You, there was there would never be a drill that we do, and you'd be looking fucked. Mm. No, I mean, like. I wouldn't be, but I had it in my head that I was a professional fighter, you know, and then yeah. you were a guy who was coming to the evening classes because you weren't coming to the daytime class at the time, but you'd never be fucked. You'd never be one of the guys dripping, putting your hands on your knees in between pads. Mm. So you always, even at that that long ago when you just got into it, you always had a good baseline of fitness. Mm. So you must, like, you must have enjoyed the training aspect of it. So to, to have that baseline fitness and maintain it as opposed to, like, Bashing your body, being unfit, bashing it to get fit again. Mm. Getting unfit, bashing it to get fit again. You didn't have that. You had like a... Uh, I don't even know... I'll accredit you with having um, the sense and the knowledge. Like you were smart, you know, you trained smart. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're just thinking, no, I just like training. But you trained smart. You stayed fit. Mm. 
mm. and did the things that worked for you? Well, I, I think I, I try to train smart, but my when I was when I started doing it, <clears throat> I think I started training when I was about thirty four, um, and I went to Kevo Hagen's and I'd done uh, judo. I was a brown belt in judo, and I and I'd done boxing when I was young. And when I when I done boxing, I didn't fight competitively, but I used to go to Empire and uh, when I was like fourteen, fifteen. And the other guys, my way, because I was 10 stone, so it was a light water weight. And the other guys in boxing, that's a light water. Yeah. The other guys that were light water weights down there were Glenn Catley and Adrian Stone. Yeah. You know, so I learned how to box, and, and like, that made you fucking tough. Cause yeah, of course, yeah. Glenn Catley could jab like, a, like someone else's right hand. It's insane. I've never been and, hit by anybody as hard as he's been hitting with a jab. And then, and, then, and then Adrian Stone would hit harder. Fuck, you know. But not just consistently. So every so often he'd hit you and it'd go bong. Like, yeah. You know, it'd be like, what the fuck? So, so I, obviously I learned how to, to box and I was always doing a little bit of boxing and stuff, but not to the point where I was damaging my body. So then when I started doing MMA with, with uh, Kevin Hagen, I went there um, and I noticed pretty straight away that like the vast majority of the people I could handle pretty easily. You know, yeah, yeah. like uh, just just through because um, I always lifted weights as well. Just by being strong, having an understanding of judo and having an understanding of boxing, it took me a while to get used to people kicking me. Yeah. Remember? Do you remember? Uh, so uh, Matt Stone. Yes. Matt Stone. It might have been Nick. Might be Nick as well. Um, it might be Nick Orchard. But I remember once someone someone I was boxing them and he's done a spinning kick and hit me in the liver, and that I was like, what the fuck, man? I was on the floor <laughs> like, what the fuck's that? And then getting used to leg kicks, but then understanding that, and then practicing Thai, and then uh, and then and then obviously improving and getting better, and then realizing I had to move away from Kev's to get like a slightly higher level training and more regular training. So then um, I was I was going to the Trojan one in in Southmead because I live right around the corner from there, and I would go there. So to start with, it was Carlos Limos, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then uh, Jeff Monson came for a bit. Jeff Monson, I remember training with him a yeah. few times. James would be down there. You'd be down there. Um, Ronnie come down and train or teach, and so would uh, Matt Sellers. But then we had um, so. I never really when I went and Carlos Nemos was there first thing he said oh you have to stop training everywhere else and don't do this don't do that yeah, he was, was a like, gracie guy wasn't he I'm, just... I'm, I'm 35 I don't need someone telling me what to do yeah. so I, I didn't bother but then they got a tallow down yeah and then a tallow was wicked and because he was like a, I think he might have been a brown belt then at the time where he just got his black belt but he was only like say 64 kilos so I could roll with him and give him a good roll without getting completely annihilated yeah. and then I could learn at the same time sometimes I'd go there it would just be me and him so yeah. I'd train with him for like an hour and a half and then um, and then I found out about Lee Remedios he might have been one of the reasons I got into MMA because I've seen a documentary on him yeah with him and, and his uh, brother is that the one? it was one of him training and talking about um, going over to Europe to fight and you know he sounds a bit geeky doesn't he and yeah, he's yeah. just going oh I'm going to kill that guy yeah, and I uh, yeah. just been like that, and um, I was thinking, fucking hell, that's hardcore as fuck. When I first seen, it, I was like, this is fucking insane. People yeah. do that. So then going down to train with him, in like I could have gone, um, like I'd been up to Trojan a few times, but when I went with Lee, Lee had a really good understanding of the cut and weight, and he, he because he'd had so many professional fights, he had a, the best understanding that came across up into that point yeah. of professional MMA, how to cut weight, what weight division to do like the philosophy of training how to wrap your hands didn't wrap hands very well actually <laughs> but I didn't think anyone really did but um, he had a really good idea and he had really good contacts and stuff and then it Trojan I would have been like one out of 
15, 20 people yeah, yeah. that could have just been used as fodder. I think at one point I got offered a terrible fight from them as well. And I was yeah, like, well, yeah. that's, I, I'm, I know that's a bad fight. That's, you know, I've only just started a role. I think they might have offered me judo Jim Wallhead. Yeah, you know, that's in a my, fucking in my, bad in fight. In my second yeah. fight or something yeah, like yeah. that. And I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm really a, a featherweight. And he's and a legitimate like well, well weight yeah. slash middleweight you know yeah, he's a so, big guy so that was insane so when I went to Lee then Lee was managing me so he would take a cut out of a fight I got and then I said like if I get my own fight I'll just keep all my money yeah and I just got my own fights and like I'm I'm pretty intelligent I can make contacts I can speak to people so I, I when would you're get not drinking when I'm not I'm even better when I'm drinking no you're not no the I Cage get, Warriors I forums get tons of fights, get tons of fights. <laughs> Cage Warriors forum says you know yeah you get loads of fights but alienate yourself from promoters oh, when no, you call them all cunts no, they would love it they would love it I'd get so many fights from there I got tons of fights from, from talking shit to people and um, half the time I wasn't even drunk I'd just go on there and say something yeah. about someone and then it'd that be like, forum oh, was fucking that was brilliant. amazing it was amazing but um so I, I got I got loads of fights really quickly and I, I was um, really thinking like if I'm gonna do it at 35 I've got to do it really properly can't I can't fuck about I can't take fights I'm gonna lose yeah um, I've only got like one chance you know I've only yeah. got one chance at it, so let's do it really seriously so like um, within a year of fighting I fought that uh, Azidro and Azidro when I fought Azidro he was the he was the current uh, Cage Warriors lightweight champion yeah yeah so I fought him on anger management and that was my seventh pro fight. I didn't read like I was a white belt on the floor. I had like judo and I had like a good idea how not to get submitted. But if he took me down, he probably would have submitted me, but he couldn't take me down. He couldn't wrestle me. And, and, he, was, and he was trying to box me and I was yeah. boxing him all over the place, you know. So, um, so that was great. And then, and then I fought um, Emmanuel Fernandez and he, he subbed me because I thought another black belt will whoop him. <laughs> and uh, I done a weight cut and I didn't really understand how to rehydrate properly I think but he kicked the shit out of my leg until my leg was that bad I had to take him down Yeah. and then and then he subbed me and then I had that that Brad Pickett fight and after that like I started training a bit more seriously I think maybe I had a few more fights after that and then and then I had and then I stopped drinking yeah. and then I really started taking it seriously really trying to make like really work on my strength condition and stuff Yeah. my first fight was against this guy called Jim Berman and I fought him at 73 kilos and I just won this Welsh submission grappling and striking yeah. tournament. Um, Is that a combat sports one? Grappling and striking. Grappling strike, so you're allowed yeah, to, you yeah. wear shin guards, you punch yeah, yeah. her in the body but I would just take people down and submit them. So I won I won the league for that year and then I went pro and I, my first fight I took this guy called Jim Berman and he was massive. Like he came out and he was about six foot, really good judo player and uh, he got me in a tie clinch and I didn't even know how to get out of a tie clinch so I ducked my head out like you know thinking oh my Circled god they out underneath. don't knee me in the face like ducked my head out and then uh, I managed to take him down at the end of the round and I do you know when you're fighting emotionally I wasn't trying to win I was trying to beat beat the living daylights out of it yeah. and then uh, Grant Waterman stopped it at 4 minutes 59 and um, when I got I could barely breathe yeah. And I honestly, I reckon if I if he hadn't stopped her, I might have quit in between ranks. I probably wouldn't have, you know, like yeah, I, you yeah. say that, but I'm not a quitter, you know. So I, I would have carried on, but I, I would have hated it every second of it. But I was so exhausted after that. That's when I started really taking my conditioning seriously yeah. and thinking I never want to feel like that again. Because yeah, yeah. even like hours later, do you know when your lungs are still burning? Yeah, I was like that. I was like, what the fuck, man? That's the worst, the hardest thing yeah. I've ever done. So then I started really, really, really getting my conditioning proper. 
So like you know you've you've seen me I can smash out three rings. Yeah, like, I, I um, remember when uh, like when we started training together like you and I properly not like back in the day when we like when you came back from America when I got back from America yeah. the lock up really was the start of it when it when yeah. started, and then neither of us really understood how to be fight fit we would just get fit yeah. we'd just be fit you know and then we'd play with stuff and I'd find a little protocol and I'd say oh mm. this like and it was fartlek I remember it being fartlek because Scott yeah. Scott actually taught me it down the gym at Kingsham yeah, when yeah. we'd moved to Kingsham and then you'd come up with a pad drill and I'm like, oh that's fucking brutal and then it was can you remember waiting for a phase of doing bastards for five minutes I do it all the time five minutes of bas- yeah. like, that's what I do like if It'd I am be- here yeah. and I'm just doing a training session here mm. that doesn't do that treadmill doesn't do like it's not good for me doing my sprints yeah. so I'll just do like I'm do five minutes balls deep on that it's a flat yeah. run balls deep then I go out and I'll do five minutes of bastards or sometimes I'll be like fuck I'm just going to do ten minutes of bastards yeah. fucking that I remember you should do it and I can remember you put me and Ian what was Ian's McKechnie yeah. me, Ian McKechnie like, what's your record Ian and he'd be like ah, on 90 I'd be like I'm fucking not having that and I remember I did 98 on that one in five minutes just oh, went man. for it balls fucking deep in that sweaty that's like, horrible fucking that's like gym 20 a minute yeah it was fucking crazy but we were fit always like yeah. it's not I think a lot of my injury problems now are through rest yeah. because you should rest injuries yeah but I mean I'll go four months now and I'm not doing anything but having a little shadow box and I start training again I'm cool and then someone will come into you and be like oh Wes he's got good wrestling I'm like who's got good wrestling and be like yeah. this guy go and wrestle him and I'm like right not fucking wrestle and then that ego gets me I'm like he's not fucking taking me down mm. next minute I've been training twice and now I'm having a spar with someone who's fight ready Yeah. and I fucking crick my neck again or I hurt yeah. my back yeah. so I think staying in shape staying in shape you yeah. had it right you know like and Early on, it was just because you you didn't know how long your career was going to be. So you're trying to cram fights in, so you're always going to stay in fight shape. Mm. Not massively for an understanding of this is how you need to be, just that was necessary. But for me, it was a lot of it was to do with it takes so long to get into fight shape. Yeah, yeah. Then why let it go just to have to do it all again? Yeah. So I try and maintain, say, 80% of what my potential is. Which I think you should always, like, because I think that was Nathan Champ's problem. Yeah. Nath was super fit all the time. So but peaked. when it got to the fight, yeah. he was constantly at his level. So when he yeah. needed to just put it on... The, who yeah. was the mixed race guy he fought on Bama? Ed, Eugene Fedora. Eugene Fedora. Yeah. That fight, Nath could have done with a little... Yeah. That little 10% more, you know? Yeah, but you knew he'd come... Good, good yeah. But Nath came out the fight like he'd yeah. just gone in. He just... Or his yeah. face was bashed up. But yeah. he was super, super fit consistently. Constantly. Yeah. But as well, like you... Like, you'll get to the point where we got you blowing. Like, we'll be sparring and we'll put a different person with you every two and a half minutes or something, you know? And we'll get to the point where you're sparring, but you've always got that little bit. You can go a bit more. I can fucking... Oh, yeah. Paul, there's a minute left. Boom, you'll shoot for a takedown. You'll have that drive in you. Mm. Because you got it right. You know you can't stay at your peak. Yeah. But when you're in fight shape, you can put yourself at the peak for the yeah, amount yeah. of time it needs to. Yeah. Just have it right, you know? And I think that... Uh, I think from working... I personally think... When you and I joined up, it was the best thing that could have happened for both of us because, A, we started to bring in a load of people around us, which meant we yeah. had like-minded people, people who wanted to fight. Nath was there, who mm. was fucking brilliant. He's just, he was always brilliant to have on the team, especially back yeah. in the early days. And great boxer. Funny tough, as fuck as well. Funny as fuck. Mm. A gentleman, just a great person to be around. Greg, 
mm. who's just horrible as fuck. Just yeah. a lovely guy, but go away for three months, come back and beat everyone up in the gym. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? Just ultra tricky, lovely, like great person to have their training. And we just had like a, then we had like all the other guys who started to Nad, join on. Nad guy. and then, yeah, exactly. Chris, all those, LJ. everything came out of you and I mm. getting together. Yeah. And I think that's what really took, I mean, I know, I went to a different level when I started training with you and I had a training partner but sort of a mentor as well. Someone who said to me, Wes, don't take that fucking fight, you're stupid. Like, yeah. that's not fucking... Yeah. Or you'd be like, listen, you know you can beat this guy. You know you can do that. You need to be in great shape now. Mm. Boom. And you're, you're, you're making it your priority to make sure I'm ready for my fight. And then when you have a fight ready, yeah. just knowing that you don't have to worry. You'd be like, I'm coming to the gym. I've just finished work. I want sparring. And you didn't have to worry. I'd have the sparring schedule sorted yeah, for you. Yeah. That was just perfect, you know? But, um, it's awesome. It's brilliant. Um, like um, definitely working as a as, as a partnership. For me, the the biggest thing was uh, is improve my wrestling, like yeah. massively. Because from from um, I don't want to sound like I'm fucking blowing smoke up your ass and stuff, but don't worry all, about that, all the people that I've trained with, like you're probably the best wrestler, if not like apart from Josh and yeah, Saeed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But your your wrestling is, is 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 amazing, really. Especially when you're in shape. Like when you're out of shape, I can wrestle you. Yeah. You know, because you because you get tired, and I can take you down, or just fucking grind and grind. But when you're in shape, like when you started training for a fight a little while ago, and you turned up at the gym and we wrestled in the cage, like you you you, you take me down and in like you really good at top control was amazing. Yeah. You know, and your your wrestling's exceptional. I tell you, Nad's wrestling has gone to a different level now. Yeah, like me, it's, it's just just like insane. I can't, yeah, like, I mean, that, like he takes me down. I can't stop him from is, taking me the head inside single. He gets me, yeah. and he's just so good at it. Now, yeah, it's crazy. You know? But then there was a member before this, and this is what is like the evolution of training with people like that. Because I remember, remember Nad was would always slip the jab and hit that little uh, like dump where he hit yeah. pushing the ends, make the little. The turn, he yep. hit me with that non-stop for ages. I'd be like, motherfucker. And then one day I managed to stop him from getting it and I'd worked it out too. Then I'd stop it all the time. Yep. Now he's got something else, you know what I mean? So yeah. I've got to stop that now. I've got to figure yeah. a way of stopping that because he's so good at it. Yeah. Like, so good. But yeah, yeah. So like I wrestle with... Like, and, like, thank you for the compliment on the wrestling. Like, I obviously, I, I pride myself on my wrestling. I think, yeah. you know, it's something I really probably worked the hardest on was my wrestling. And, yeah. But... Uh, and like wrestling with Nad the other day when we went back because he had a bust up nose so we weren't sparring or anything and then the next minute we got our gloves on and we are sparring but yeah. we started to wrestle then and uh, he, like you said afterwards he's like fucking that's so good having you here like, to, yeah. to wrestle with you yeah. know like you're re- and but with him as well I wrestled with him and I was like fuck man it's just yeah. you know if I have six months off training that's a massive step like I mean like my my wrestling Two years ago, my wrestling might have been a year ahead of yeah. saying Nads. Yeah. Now, if I have three months off, you know, my wrestling's like struggling now, you know? Yeah. I, like, I can't afford to have that time off. because, And that's not just because Nads fucking brilliant. It's because the environment that we have. Like, mm. Nads wrestling with you, whose wrestling has gone through the roof and your wrestling's good. Not even... Like, your takedown defence got really good. Got really good anyway. So I think that came from having that cage wall, uh, that padded wall yeah, at Olympians, yeah, you know? More so than a cage. That padded wall mm. was really good for takedown defence. Yeah. And then... But your your ability to shoot, like, you shoot now loads, like, mm. low singles and grab a single. And your ability to shoot gone through the roof, so that has helped Nad. So Nad's not only better because of Nad, but 
having you there to train with. Then you got like the coaching that he's getting with Saeed. And then if Brad Scott comes over and trains, yeah, and it's, then it's him coming back from Alpha Male. Alpha Male, yeah, yeah that's exactly he's, it. He's wrestling he goes like, over there. It's a different level now. So I'm, he's wrestling. He's wrestling me really well now. Yeah. Um. So hard to stop. You know? Yeah. So hard to shoot on him as well. Like you shoot and you get something, but he, yeah. he, he gets it. He lifts his knee and, and does that turn out. He's got so many little tricks. It's, it's like I I want to try and train with him a little bit more before he goes back there to learn some of the drills he's doing so I can just drill them myself over and over again. But it's good. But it, it wrestling's a little bit like boxing. In um, if you haven't wrestled for a little bit and then you jump on the mat, you're gonna get taken down because you haven't got the timing, have you? No, so yeah, you, exactly. You need, to, you need to wrestle and start wrestling. But yeah. that's why I'm saying when you were training for that fight recently, I can't remember you hurt yourself. I think you hurt your neck, but you were training for a fight. Yeah. And then uh, but you're wrestling. You you as soon as you I think you were you got fit and as soon as you got fit your wrestling was exceptional, you know. Um, and that it's having is see I've always um, in terms of MMA when I've when I've like I've looked at different teams and stuff where I want to train. Um, what's the be- who's the best people to train with? So like you have to be really selfish when you're doing MMA because yeah. you know you're the one stepping in there. So I would train for, with Lee for a long time and Lee would tap me out every time I train with him non-stop he'd yeah. always tap me out and then eventually I would start catching up with him um, and then he retired so he wasn't training competitively anymore and then I went and joined Pedro's yeah. you know and then again now there's so many good guys at Pedro's yeah it's so good like, like how many black belts and brown belts and purple belts and some of the blue some of the white belts are just amazing it's just, yeah like, it's you crazy know? Yeah. And, um, and you've got so many good people to roll with and then, so that's where you want to be. You want to put yourself in the environment. You don't want to be tapping people out all the time. You want to, you want to be struggling, and you want to be defending uh, submissions. You want to be like, you want to be put through it. You know, so you're. you're well, you're not worried you're, about getting hurt. Well, that's getting, the main so thing. So with good quality people that exactly, know not to yeah. hurt you, not idiots. You know, but yeah. people that are trying to submit you in in a sensible way. And then it's the same with wrestling as well. You don't want to be wrestling with with people that can't wrestle that well. You want to be. You want to get the best guys you can in Bristol yeah you know and, and then in, in terms of boxing as well so for so I would wrestle with you I would, I would get my uh, jiu-jitsu with you as well but I'd also get my jiu-jitsu with Pedro and then I would get my boxing off and Nathan Champ yeah you know and that that was really uh and, and Trevor and stuff like that and yeah. also yourself and like everyone else in the MMA but I do a lot of boxing with with Nath, which was um, in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have got a small and a smaller boxing yeah, partner exactly, because yeah. he hits like he hits really hard and he's relentless and he's fit. And yeah. you know, you're always going to lose. Every, yeah, you know, yeah, you definitely. might win the beginning of the round, but yeah. by the end of the round, you're, you know, it's it's really hard because he hits hard and he's really technically good and as he well. Doesn't stop. Yeah, don't you know, stop. stop. Just keeps on coming. <laughs> yeah, and waves. You yeah, know? exactly. But I mean, can you remember? I can remember one time. Because he can kick as well. He used to do kickboxing. Yeah. You remember one time I was training for a fight and me and, me and um, Nath done a free rounder up at um, Brislington. Yeah, the Olympians up at Olympians yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was insane. Everyone yeah. was around the cage. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just going, it was just nuts. It was yeah. like, and I was trying to take his so out. when he caught you at the back of the head, Nath hit you one day at the back of the, I don't know if it was that fight then. He hit you really hard one day on the back of the head. And you didn't you didn't feel it until like when you went home or something, and yeah. you rang me and you're like, ah, I think I'm a bit concussed. Nathan, right back of the yeah. head. I think I might be a bit concussed. Yeah. I think he hit me on the back of the head. But we, but like, I remember just going to war with him for three rounds, and everyone afterwards like, giving yeah, him I used applause. to love that. I remember doing the same same with you, getting in there yeah. with you and just doing like, like just going three rounds, but it, 
We used to we used to fight basically, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, that's what I say to people you about know? when they talk about training and stuff. Yeah, I, I say to people like, what you don't understand is, you got on account for six years of fighting three, four days a week because yeah. we used to fight. There's mm. no like we'd laugh if we dropped each other with body shots or yeah. kicks or we mm. used to fight. Do you know what I mean? There's no, and I remember like when Steve Arge was about, and then. Theo said that he wanted to be a K1 guy, and I was like, I know what to do Muay Thai. I was like, you're not ready. Yeah. You can't. No, I'm ready. I can't. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't fight Thai. Trust me, you're not. Yeah. No, I'm ready. I was like, I'll get a Thai guy up if you want, mm. and you can spar him. And I rang Steve Arge. I was like, Steve, got a guy, thinks he can do Thai. There's no way he's ready, mate. Can you come mm. up and spar with him? No shin guard. He's like, yeah, I'll be up. Came up. I'm fucking just sparring, but with no shins, <laughs> full on, just fucking Gio in the corner, like, ah, ah, and you're like, that, I would never condone that now, that would never be like, you know, you you try and talk to somebody and say, no, listen, just take a bit of time, or you wouldn't just get a Thai boxer up to spar I mean, with them. But every, Everyone now that gets trained by me, I'm training them in a sensible way. Because I've learned from my own mistakes. Exactly. You know, I didn't re- well. I think say those those instances we're talking about when we're going crazy probably is uh, maybe three weeks out from a fight or something yeah, like yeah. that. So I think sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. I think like if you're if you're quite sparing with your sparring, and you do it sensibly, but then when you've got a fight coming up, I mean, it's a difficult one. You you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs, can you? Do you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're having a fucking fight. You've, yeah. got, you've got to spar hard sometimes. Because you've, yeah, you've got, like, the range is different. The range is different. And you've, exactly. got, you've got to know what's like throwing full power and being very competitive with each yeah. other. But we would be sensible still. It'd be hard. We'll be putting in good... We're not, we weren't, like, flailing around. It'd be good technical Well, I don't think anyone ever got knocked out like ever in no. sparring like, no, when, no, no. like no. and then even when we had I mean we used to have a killer squad me you Ronnie Lou Long uh, Tim Newman yeah Nad uh, there'd be like a proper group room full of killers you know yeah, and yeah. You, know, you get nosebleeds and stuff or yeah. like you get a cut on the eye here and there if you were mm. unlucky but nobody's trying to kill each other. We're, we're sparring hard. Yeah. You know, we'd f- yeah, and like yeah. Lou would hit you with a massive body shot and like, oh, and if you had to take a knee, he's not jumping on you to go for the take. You'd be like, yeah. he'd realise that I've dropped him in the butt. Mm. Like, it was sensible, but it was fucking hard. It was, yeah, you know, we're, yeah. we're not playing football here. We're yeah. to fight, so we'll have fights, you know? So I think the, the people I'm training now, I, I don't get them to spar that hard until the fight, until the, maybe the, they've got three weeks out from a fight and I'll give them a few hard sp- sparring sessions yeah. but trying to be sensible still and the other thing we, we were doing a little bit differently now is uh, trying to get everyone to spar with the little gloves on as well yeah. no shins but just not checking kicks yeah. and just plain standing up playing yeah. with the range just trying to touch each other and then 100% grappling yeah. or 95% grappling yeah. you know? I think like that's we, we've got the understanding of training because like, we made mistakes yeah. and stuff you know I think there's little elements that we weren't doing like the little glove stuff and you yeah. know like that little bit of range where you're not relying on the bigger gloves and yeah. you know I can't hit you hard because I'm going to hurt my hand mm. so I look placement and then what I so when I teach now and what I've been doing with the guys at A3 when I've been there is I've been saying from like right we're sparring you see them sparring I always let people do a round or two first then I stop and I'm like right guys listen what's your uh, what's your game plan for your fight yeah. and um, they'll be like oh this is my game plan for the fight I'm like well, why are you not sparring your game plan yeah if you're sparring there we go. I'm sorry. Uh, laptop unplugged this off there. Um, yeah, if you're sparring, 
why are you not sparring for the fight? There's no point coming here. You might as well come here and play basketball. Like, yeah. you've got a game plan. You And, I mean, our game plans, the way I work a game plan, is I never work a game plan structured around the opponent. I yeah. work on what I think best suits that person. Mm-hmm. And then we'll build that game plan around there. So it's never going to be too complex. Mm-hmm. It's going to be to suit you as opposed to combat what the other guy's got. Yeah. And I'm like, that's your game plan. Let's spar that, otherwise there was no point coming. Like mm. you might as well gone and hit pads if you're not gonna do so I if my if your game plan is to get the takedown, I don't want you doing three rounds of stand up sparring. Mm. What fucking good was that? And I don't yeah. want you doing three rounds of grappling. And I think that's where the difference comes in is like early on we sort of got the two heads, I guess, together of experience and just being like ah, what's the f- where's what's the fucking point in doing that? You need to spar and then you'd change my sparring or you'd see and you'd be like like we're going to put another person in with Wes there boom or be like Wes you look listen that was a good round but I think you could do a fourth because you didn't do this mm. boom and you go and that extra round you knew I wasn't exhausted but like, you didn't do this to so work on and I think those two things combined yeah was how we should have been training and now you've taken it in what you're doing with the guys there obviously I think like we're producing amateur fighters now who are as good as, or better than we were when we were ever went pro you know they're really good. Te- well, they, they, technically, 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 yeah, technically, maybe, yeah. Maybe. and then but that's happening all over the world now. Mm-hmm. You know, from mm-hmm. stupid people like us getting our faces smashed in early on. Yeah, these people are technically and even if they're, they're not they're, technically better because they're, they're individual, they're, they're be- understanding benefiting from our 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 mistakes. Basically. Yeah, because we can you know, like they understand our, our what we what we had to. From their first class, they can understand what we had to do a year of getting hit and kicked to yeah. grasp. You know. But it's it's insane now because like you got somewhere like Sweatbox, it's an, yeah. it's an amazing gym, you know, yeah, absolutely yeah, beautiful. It's got everything in there. But like like when I was doing it, like I was saying, I'd go to uh, David Lloyd's. I don't think it's called David Lloyd's at the time, but in South me to yeah. do Thai boxing. Was it Next Generation? Next Generation yeah. to do Thai boxing and Jiu Jitsu. I go boxing somewhere else. I go and wrestle with Darius from yeah. the kebab shop. Fuck you know, no. like he was a monster. <laughs> and yeah. then you know, I just try and find. Anyone that could beat me up in any area, yeah, and then I would wrestle. I would wrestle or box or do jujitsu with them. Yeah. So, so anyone I think was better than me, I would try and train with them. Yeah, look, we never learned MMA be everywhere. Yeah, we be never everywhere. learned MMA. We learned fighting and then made MMA. Yeah, now people are learning MMA. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, from doing it, from having all that experience, we've filled in the gaps in between wrestling and jujitsu, and then wrestling and striking. We filled all the gaps in, and they're massively important. All those little gaps. Because you yeah. can do so much up against the wall that doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't it's not covered in wrestling and jujitsu. You know, we can look and look, look for those hand traps, yeah. looking for that wrist control. You know, um, pressure against the cage. Um, how to, how to dummy a, 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 a level change into an uppercut. Yeah. You know, these are all different things. These are things you wouldn't learn at a Thai boxing, wrestling, or jujitsu class. So it's all the little bits that we've learned along the way as well to make it now a true sport and like. I think the main thing in, in um, I would go about to all different uh, classes to learn my skills and then try and put it together myself and it's through experience trial and error that we worked out the best ways and we would all do it as like a collective as well yeah. so we would, we'd have massive discussions all the time I remember I was going to fight some guy in Poland and we were working out how to get up from Butterfly Guard off the yeah. wall you know stuff like that and now yeah. we teach that non-stop yeah exactly how to get up yeah. you know we teach it we know how to do it all, like, but I can remember having to learn stuff like that yeah yeah and no one's telling us how to do it yeah. and we'd like, then someone you would know? come down and someone would join who'd happen with us well, oh we were working on this oh yeah do you know from that you can do this and they're yeah. like oh yeah that, that was fucking you brilliant know? and then now 
you know, you can go somewhere and everyone sort of knows everything. Like that's yeah, sound- because you're teaching that. Now, yeah, you know, yeah, you're not brilliant. trying to work it out yourself. Yeah. So I think the people are pretty lucky today. Um, uh, but in well, some the people. Ways. So I think the people at Sweatbox are pretty lucky because I don't think people realise as well like the effort they like yourself put in with mm. matching people finding yeah. fights negotiating with promoters mm. you know like checking little whatsapp groups people don't realise that we've got where a message is going like how's everyone feeling how's everyone's weight yeah. and then somebody come and I'll sit back and say and then somebody just say something that'll trigger someone well oh, I don't really know what to I was thinking about going in cycling don't cycle you're not going to be yeah. cycling next week yeah. go and shadow box mm. let's not cycle anymore let's yeah. go and boom mm. you know just little things like that that people don't see that's gone in like the effort that you put in with these guys outside of just being in the gym and being and, punched you know and it's crazy as well the amount of information you have to tell them and repeat because yeah. you can't assume that they know what you're talking about so one of my guys he's slightly overweight for a fight on Saturday and then he turned up at the gym on Monday. He said, "Oh, I'm a little bit heavy today because I had a big Sunday dinner yesterday." Ugh. I'm like, "What the fuck? Where's like, the logic? Where, why do I have to tell you you're not allowed to eat Sunday dinners if you're dieting?" Yeah, you know. So it's crazy. And then, and then, and then you you sometimes you forget what you have to tell people because everyone knows that you can make weight, but then that's not the important bit. Sometimes it's it's, it's refueling and rehydrating. You know, that's massive, isn't it? Can, Huge. Yeah. Remember when when like then when I was fighting and, and um, I would cut a ton of weight and then go to a Chinese buffet yeah and then in I Edinburgh remember, when you were sick me, in do you remember me being sick in Princess Street Prince Gardens Street like Gardens projectile vomit because I'd eat Ma- too much yeah. and then not sleeping you know and it, and it shows up in your performance and I, I, I do, making you know. weight and then drinking water no yeah. electrolytes no just electrolytes not, like... not really drinking coke yeah exactly you know having no clue and yeah. uh, it, it's a bit nuts really just shows you how, how mentally strong we all are that we would all make weight and because uh, it's a brutal thing to do and a lot of people can't do it but I think we're all, all all of us a lot that have fought a lot we're all, ment- we're, all, we're all mentally strong because you do all that type of training and then sit in the bath, it's almost like a training session, isn't it? Yeah. You have to endure it, don't you? It's yeah, like, exactly. When you, all you fine. can hear is your heartbeat. All you can and you hear think, is your heartbeat. I'm going to put a film on and you put it there and you can't even concentrate on the film because yeah. all you can hear is your heart's going... Yeah. That's dying, I'm going to fight. It's disgusting. But you're trying to listen to the movie and then every now and again, like sat there talking to you on the toilet because you just need a distraction or talking to each other in the bathroom just because you need something to just take your mind off your heartbeat in your ears you know so so I got from from there I learned how to rehydrate properly one one person I really copied a lot was Guy so um, um, not in terms of what I had but just like his organisational skills yeah so after he'd make weight he'd have a load of bottles with numbers on yeah you know and that's what I'm going to have for the next two hours and that's the two hours after that and then I started doing it I'd have a timetable so I'd yeah. make weight and I'm like I've got this this has got to last me until this time when I finish that one, I'm going to do that. And then things like you said, uh, don't eat until you've got four liters in. Yeah. Or t- at least two liters, and then have a little bit, and then, yeah. you know, f- replace all the fluids first. Little yeah. things like that, and then picking up all those little bits of knowledge. Like at the moment, we've got that um, Ruslan down the gym. Yeah, yeah. So he's obviously uh, been wrestling since he was a, a very small kid in Moldova. And then he comes in, and I see him doing stuff, and I, I learn from that. You yeah. know, I see him coming in, stretching, warming up. And uh, I'm yeah. going, oh, are you training tonight? Oh, no, I'm a bit stiff tonight. I trained yesterday. 
I'm just going to do the bike and stretch. Yeah. I think, ah, oh, man, that's clever stuff. No, knowing about you your know, body and knowing, just knowing, knowing... Understanding your body. But the trouble was I'd feel guilty. So I'd yeah. feel sore. Yeah. And I think they say, you got to fucking feel. You're a fighter. So I'd come to the gym yeah. and you'd be like, ah, no sparring. You sparred yesterday. Just go to the fucking gym, hit a bag in that. And I'd be in the gym and hit a bag. And then someone come in next to me and doing three or four rounds. Because once yeah. you've done a round, you're warmed up. You feel yeah. all right again. Then you then you get in bed that night and you're like, ugh. And then that's fuck. Then you're overtrained. Overtrained, yeah. It's, it's too late then. It's, uh, so I remember once Lee Remedios came over from Chippenham and he, uh, he messaged me, he said, coming over to spar with you tonight. I was like, yeah. are you? Because he'd call you out on Facebook, wouldn't he, if he's coming over, shit talking, like, coming over to spar with you tonight. Yeah, he said, yeah, Paul said you did five rounds last night and you were throwing head kicks in the fifth round and stuff. He said, said you're super fit. I was like, come on over, mate. Yeah. And uh, no, it was that was the Tuesday, so it would have been the Thursday, so I'm coming over tomorrow, so it would have been the yeah. Thursday. So we were going to spar on the Thursday. We started sparring, and I was fucked. And you, like you and uh, Lee were talking. You were talking to Lee as he's sparring me. And then uh, we're sat around afterwards, and Lee's like, fucking up. Paul was saying how fit you are and stuff. You look fucked. Just overtrained, because yeah. the day in between, mm-hmm. I didn't take it easy and think about Thursday sparring. And I'll never forget Lee Remedius coming over and thinking like, ah, fucking. And yeah. he call me out he wasn't being serious but he called me out on it and he blasted yeah. he thought you were going to be throwing egg kicks and stuff you looked exhausted just need a day off over fucking training man yeah. just that that Wednesday in between mm. I maybe did a wrestling session or something yeah. that I could have just sat on the sidelines or just done the warm up or whatever you know think sometimes I think just before, say the last three weeks of a fight I reckon doing one, one, one session a day yeah sometimes and just like Maybe spar one day and then drill and do technique the next day. Spar the next day, you know, yeah. just do it like that. So you're yeah. doing one hard day, one easy day, one hard, and then come coming fresh, you know, yeah. coming feeling strong, rather than yeah. beating yourself up and being overtrained. And it's just, it's like you can do other sessions as well if they're technical sessions. I think a lot of people that one of the main problems is, is if you want to be a winner, you have to work harder than everyone else. Yeah, you know, work harder than everyone else, but. Then you get to the point where people are working, trying to work harder than everyone else, but then they're 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 breaking their bodies down. Yeah. Uh, Guy and LJ, they would train nonstop, and then they would be covered in tape all the time. Yeah. Almost broken down. Um, you know that like some of the best fighters I know, overtrain. Yeah, and they I can't agree. stop, and it's what what makes them really successful. But also, it's uh, it, well, I think their it, career at the highest level. It just it, it stops them reaching their full potential. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know? like the Mamor full fight was yeah. where I felt, but like five round fight, yeah. and I knew I'd do. I was thinking like, there's no one in UFC who's as fit as me. Like, mm-hmm. who's fitter than me? You know, I know I'm yeah. at that level. I know I'm at a level, and I, and I knew I could do five rounds, and I wouldn't. And I remember all the way up to that, you would don't do your cardio till I get there. Don't do your tablet to so get there. Yeah. I'm taking your care. Make sure you don't do that. Or you'd be like, I can't make it. And you'd message Chris. Chris would come in and he'd do my cardio with me. But you'd come there and you'd be like, right, the bike and the treadmill. And, yeah. and you'd be like, how are you feeling? I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I've got a bit of a backache. Right, you're not doing the weight circuit today afterwards. Mm-hmm. You're just doing the, the cardio side of it. And just, just, I felt amazing for that fight. And looking yeah. like, coming into the third round, I remember in between rounds, James Thompson being stood like four inches from my face and all I could breathe in was his hot air. Coming off of him, yeah. I was like, James, get out of the way. Push him out of the way and I looked over. What round? End of the second, like in between second and third. Yeah, you won in the third round. Yeah, yeah. so I pushed him out of the way and uh, I look and Mamre Fong's lent on the cage and I was like, Boom. oh, you're, I'm not as fucking tired yeah. as that. And I started pacing side to side. Mm. I was like, I'm f- I feel alright yeah I feel good mm. do you know what I mean and that was just from 
the training being right. Not yeah. doing it myself. Not that guilty feeling where I'm sat down thinking I could actually go and fucking bang out another hour mm. now. But it's like, don't do your cardio till I get... Just mm. handing it off and just having somebody else, you know, and not... I'm realising you're saying to me, well, you're not doing that, then you're not doing this, and or, you know, it was just better. I felt really good. Yeah. And I've worked twice as hard for other fights, you would think, you know, in my head it seemed like... Mm. But it just felt plus the weight cut once the weight losing weight once so back because I was burning so many calories yeah, training for yeah. a five round fight. You know, yeah. so that was a lot nicer. But that and that's that was one of your best performances, I think, if not your best one. Yeah, because that Mamre fall was really highly ranked, and he was coming off. He he just beat someone in Glasgow, didn't he? Or yeah. if if he didn't beat him, he got ripped off. Yeah, pretty it was, sure. Um, pretty sure. Marty, was it Martin? I was yeah, Martin Delaney. That's, not that's the, the one. That's him, yeah. Yeah, Delaney. Yeah, Delaney. Ma- yeah, Martin Delaney. Yeah, yeah. From Dinky Ninjas. Yes, the one. Yeah. Yeah. So either he beat him or he obviously beat him and got ripped off. I can't remember which one it was. I think he beat him. I think he got the title, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Won and the he title. was like a, he was like a really really good guy. But then there's been a few fights I thought you you've been very good in, like that that um that Alexi guy in Jersey. Yeah. Now I thought that was a real dangerous fight, but in your head. You were like, no, it's not. It's an easy fight. Yeah. I was saying, be careful. He's got power. But I think because you were so confident, the confidence just was oozing out of you when you fought him. You just yeah. thought you because you thought it was easy, you made it easy. Yeah. You know, and you like you just absolutely whooped him. You even decided to have a like punch a match with him, which was like you should have just taken him down and submitted. Yeah, yeah. We decided to swap shots and stuff first. Yeah. Well, like, I've, like, I had it in my head that he thought he was going to knock me out. Yeah. And then he to knock so him I spoke out. to someone who trained with him after I'm friends yeah. with someone who trained with him. And yeah. he was like, oh, he was going to sub you. He thought he was going to take you down and sub you. Really? I was like, he's going to take me down. Like, yeah. I was offended. I also want to fight him again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I had it in my head. He's going to knock me out. Oh, fucking standing trick. Mm-hmm. But I do is stupid North shit like joke? that. North South joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. with the. Um, with the what's his name the guy who I lost to on Cage Warriors good guy fuck Kurt. it yeah, yeah Kurt Warburton yeah. so that fight felt brilliant I couldn't have been in better shape. it felt amazing yeah. going out stood behind the curtain warming up with Nad and Ross felt but just had it in my head like he doesn't like being he doesn't like it being aggressive he doesn't like people yeah. being aggressive I'm just be on him get and I threw that stupid fucking jab. And instead of settling into the fight, mm. I just got obsessed with going, just go at him, be at him. But, and I honestly believe, the same with fucking Andrew um, Fisher. Fisher. Listening to fucking Ian Freeman talking, led mm. there like, oh, that guillotine. He's not going to guillotine me. He's not even in a mm. position. For Next time I'm getting north-south choked. Yeah. And I honestly believe it's not fighting enough. It's being to, out I of the to cage. Scott today. Yeah. He said he's trained with Andrew Fisher. He said he's fucking amazing on the floor. Yeah. He said he's north south. He's north south choked him as well. Yeah. He said it's his move, man. Yeah. Well, that's what he said to me. He yeah. said I looked on your record. He said you're the only person, only other person I know with north south chokes. Yeah. He said like, and I was thinking like, fucking hell, I gotta watch like I do north south chokes. And Wes, yeah. that's what he said to me after the fight. And I was like, I was laughing at, it. but I honestly think it's not being in the cage enough because like Nad said, he said you would never let people catch you with stuff like this well, in training. Like I. I Look, obviously we all chat. So I've sp- I've spoken to Nad uh, about about you and about your performances and stuff like that. And you've had some really good performances, but then I don't think uh, in a lot of fights I don't think you fought to your potential. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I I would say in terms of your skill set, your power, your how athletic you are, uh, your wrestling, uh, your boxing, everything really that you could you could you should you should have been in the UFC. 
You know, you yeah. should be you should be fighting on a world world level. You know, so there's something there that's, that's stop that's stopping you getting there or performing at your best. Look, uh, so you know, I always like, I always felt like that just because of the people I train with, like yourself. There's no two ways mm. about it. If you'd have been five to ten years younger, you'd have been in the UFC. I mean, mm. there's, that's without a doubt. And you were unlucky that you haven't been in the UFC, especially with being fucking Scottish. Just one little loss here, right at the top. So training with someone like yourself, and then training with Nad. And I mean, I'm not. I've never been shy. I've trained all over the world. Do you know what I mean? I've gone to Black House inspired guys who were in the UFC. Mm. American Top Team inspired guys in UFC. And I sort of know what level I'm at. And I'm like, you know, I'm going like three rounds with three guys who are in the UFC. Like um, James Muntasari, Alan Dubane, and Kevin... can't forget the other guy's name. They're all in the UFC. Do you know what I mean? I'm sparring with them, double-legging them. These are mm. double-legging them, striking with them. Like, and then they're saying like, Kenny Johnson's like, Wes, are you back next week? Because you're perfect for those two guys. Like, yeah. And, like, I know my level, and I always thought, like, you know, you always, I always think I know my level, and then something just, something, you know, I don't know if it's mental, I don't know if it's the distractions of being a renaissance man and wanting to do everything, just don't know. I think it's always mental. I think it's always mental. Like, you get to a certain level. So say um, you and Nad, for example... Both got excellent skill sets. It's down to um, how you're feeling mentally. And I think sometimes people say they're in the build-up for a fight. They start to think about technically what's going to happen in the fight. you know, yeah. And they start overthinking it. I think sometimes you've got to get rid of that. Because if I had to describe to you now how I'm going to beat someone, it'd probably be really like nonsensical. You know? It's not going to make any sense. It's going to be stupid. Yeah. When I sometimes I've got into into the cage and thought I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? I don't even know what what am I going to do? How do I fight? Yeah. And then, but when the buzzer goes in that, I'm doing it because I, I've trained over and over again like that. Yeah. So, for me, I think in, in, instead of thinking rationally or trying to get in the right um, sort of uh, frame of mind technically, I think how you feel emotionally is a massive thing. Yeah. And uh, I've all and that that's that's huge. So how you feel? How how are you emotionally when you get in there? Now, if you're if you're confident and you're happy and you're relaxed and patient, I think you're you're your best. Patient don't mean you have to uh, not do anything. You know, patient yeah, yeah. just means you can just just wait for your opportunity and then 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 finish the fight or you get something. You know. Yeah. And I think if you go in and you get your emotions correct on the way in, I think that's when you're going to fight at your best. Um, I think I I believe. That um, you've suffered with performance anxiety. I know you you you, you uh, say you, you don't, but in some way, maybe you don't recognise it, or maybe it manifests itself in a different That's way. That's because I, I don't get you the nerve. I don't get nervous. I don't get like I, I just don't get that. I don't get yeah. like oh fucking I'm gonna have a. F-. I don't get any of that. I don't get mm. any. An- I, like, I don't feel anxious. I don't. I don't get it. That doesn't happen to me. I just because I think I just know in my head. Like I think what happened to me is when I went and fought in the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Because I flew there. I didn't know who I was gonna fight, what yeah. they were gonna be about, none of their records. And I was like, well it don't fucking matter then. I'm gonna just go and yeah. have a fight. Mm-hmm. So then I sort of had it in my head that listen, when the cage shuts and the bell goes, mm-hmm. everything's gonna happen to me. It's happened a million times. It is mm-hmm. what it is. That's how it's mm-hmm. gonna be. But then I think I took that too far and lost the focus of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I, I don't... And I can't analyse it enough because, like, when I watch you fight, like, 
it was always sort of inspiring to me because it was always going to be a fight, no matter what. Like, I just thought, like, even if he has a shit first round, unless you get bingoed, if he has a shit first round, he's going to come out the second round. I'm going to talk to him in the second, in between the second. He's going to come out and he's going to be a ball of fucking ginger, sweaty angriness who's going to go out and he's going to fuck it. That's the fight's on. And I always think, like, I don't get to the point where that ginger angriness can come out of me in the second. I fuck yeah. up in the first. So, I mean, I always feel like, you know, because any fight where it's gone to the second, I've gone on and performed well. Yeah. So, I don't get to the point where that bit... So, I watch you fight, and with Corsani, like, you just kept getting better. You kept, like, everything... If he hit you with an arch, you kept getting a little bit better. You kept finding your way. You kept... It just became, eventually, to the point where you're hitting each Hitting him and you're sort of smiling. You're hitting him and you're smiling at him, thinking, "Yeah, now we're fighting." And like it became what you wanted it to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's never happened to me. I've always been on the, the edge of every fight. So I've, apart from the man we're full, because yeah. when I started taking him down and stuff, well, I caught him with a big overhand right, wobbled him. As soon as I got hold of him, I started putting. Got that as soon as I got hold of him, I thought, "Oh, mm. you're. I'm gonna molest you. You that's can't. It. That's it. You're as soon fucked. As you feel like that. And but that's, that's how I envisaged the fight going. I felt mm. that comfortable. With Kurt Warburton, I went for that stupid hard jab, which if I'd have landed a big hard jab and he'd have pushed him back and then would have settled in, I'd have probably been okay. Yeah. But I threw it and he was on me straight away and his whole game plan was to get me and choke me and, and he was on me. It was like, fuck. And you get someone out on your back, mm. you're in trouble. And it's, so, and it's just, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? You can, it, anyone can make a mistake and get caught. Yeah, exactly. And, and I just... I, I still... Any, it's easy. Like, I, I've, like, obviously, I've been... When I got when I got uh, TKO'd in, in Edinburgh, which is miserable, you know. But Fernandez. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, things like that are, are horrific to to deal with. But um, then you obviously you move on. But I like and, and I could have I could like I probably could fight that guy ten times and, and beat him nine. I yeah, I, re- I agree. You know? But um, but things shit happens. It's it's a it's a fight, and the the, the your your head's not really designed to get hit really hard. Yeah, you know, uh, and and that guy could bang as well. But um. I still don't think if you look at um, if you look at say someone at school and how intelligent they are, how well they do the coursework and stuff like that. But say they get to the exam and for some reason uh, they don't do well in the exam. Yeah. And then you get people that maybe uh, aren't as diligent throughout the year, but then the exam they sort of do really well in the exam yeah. because they they work they do well under pressure for some reason. Yeah. And I think um, I don't think you've lived up your to your potential or your skill set. Yeah. You know, your skill set is, like I said, like, wrestling-wise, like, hands up, you're a better wrestler than me. You know, if we were both fit, then you're going to out-wrestle me. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of submissions, I remember I remember a guy coming down from Scotland to nick, 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 nick that belt that I nicked off him, that Scottish Fight yeah. Challenge belt. And I remember you subbed me five times in a round once, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, so when you're on, you're fucking on, you know? And, like, I'd hate to fight someone like you. Yeah. You know, I'd hate to fight someone like you with good wrestling power and good jujitsu. It's a nightmare fight. Um, and you got and you got skills. There's, we got tons of guys in the gym now. If you get in fit, you come down. You're gonna you're gonna whoop everyone. And I've seen you in jujitsu competitions as well. I remember like um, obviously Guy Guy Lewis. You and him had to go in the same division at, yeah. um, at the Bristol Open once, and like really like done so well, almost like you know doing everything. You know, you, do you know what I mean? And guys, yeah. like solid, and he? he's like yeah, a great yeah, player. Yeah. He's yeah. obviously he's a, he's 
he's improved massively as well now. Yeah. But then just like really having your way and your skill set, you should, like I'm saying, you should have really, or you, you could still get to a high level. Yeah. You know, and I know you reckon you're 35 and your body's fucked. I don't think it is. No, I mean, so I, think- I do sort of like, so people say to me now, like, what's the deal with fighting? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fighting again. Like, there's no, I'm not retired. Like, yeah. I'm fighting again. And people say to me, why well, do you think? I'm like, it's four wins. It's what I think in my head. It's mm. four wins. Mm. When I get four wins under my belt, I'm realistically probably top 10 in the weight category in the UK, top 15 around that area. Mm-hmm. So when you get those four wins, Imagine. I'm in a position where I fight top five guy if I want to. Mm. Well, and then you could get four wins and be on Bellator. Yeah, exactly. So that's the yeah. way that I think. And I mean, and w- say 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 if you got four wins, and Bellator came and asked, would you fight on Bellator? Yeah, yeah. I definitely. mean, it'd be amazing. Yeah. It? Because I don't like. It was always my dream to fight in the UFC. Yeah. Because the UFC was the thing back then. It's not anymore. Well, it wasn't. Pride was always my dream. Yeah. And I would fucking fight in Pride tomorrow for free. You know, mm-hmm. like. But so Risen, I'd fight in Risen. It's got yeah. no credibility, but I would fight in Risen yeah. tomorrow because it's Japan and I loved it. Um. So yeah, a hundred percent. I I definitely want to fight. I love it. I do. I I do worry about brain trauma, um, mm. but I've never been knocked out ever in my life under anything. Do you know what I mean been hit yeah. with metal bars on the door? Like never been knocked out. So I'm, but I understand repetitively being in the head's not good. So I do worry yeah. about brain I, trauma. I think I think more than getting knocked out. I think it's uh, like if you think how many fights we've had. Yeah. it's quite a few. But if you think how many sparring sessions we've had. Yeah, exactly. How many times we've been hit. Yeah, you know that's what that's what you have to manage. So I agree. Like yeah. na- now nowadays, like uh, obviously, like really, I've retired from fighting in um, like four years ago when I, I I beat Phil Rayburn, but then since then I had that fight a few months ago, but I didn't do any hardly any striking sparring. Me and Nad, I I'll only spar with Nad. Stood yeah, up. yeah. And and me and Nad know each other well enough where we just touch. Every so often, he might land a hard one. I might land a hard one. And then we go, and then we touch gloves, and we go back to being soft again. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to get hit, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to keep, I want to keep my brain as it is now, you know. I don't want it to get any worse. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, luckily, luckily for me, I'm really intelligent to start yeah. with. So if I have got a bit dumber, at least I'm still more intelligent than most people. <laughs> yeah. You know. So that's that's a blessing. Fuck, I never had I mean? that before. Back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I definitely don't want to get any more more uh, punches. Like you know, because I don't know if it's age. Because um, I'm going to be 47 this month. But how many times like oh, where'd I put my fucking keys? Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and like oh, what's that's his what name I get. again? You know? Reading books because I read a lot, um, obviously. And then you got to read the page again or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I just think like, and occasionally my missus will say something. Oh, remember that? And I'll be like, no, I don't oh. remember that. I chat to Martin Hurdy who's saying the same thing like he yeah. has long conversations he's like I can't remember anything what you, yeah. you know I can't remember going on holiday he goes oh this is nice isn't it she went oh can't his wife will go oh can't you remember we went on holiday here and he's yeah. like no, no. <laughs> but I mean he's been like getting hit in the head over and over again for years and yeah. years and years and years so I want to if I'm like I'm, I fought I fought a guy who was like a, a complete journeyman he had like seven wins under his belt but and it was at a much higher weight than I would fight. I fought it welterweight, and he made he only made eighty kilos, so he's like three kilos overweight. But it was really a, a pretty easy fight, and uh, I, I got him with a guillotine. But I didn't take one punch. Um, and when I fought Phil Rayburn a few years before that, I beat him, and I didn't take one punch. Yeah. You know? So I'm, that's the way to do, like. And, that's the way to do it if you that's, can. That's so. So now I'm forty-seven, and probably gonna, I'm going to fight again on November the seventeenth. 
but really what I'm gonna try and do is just I'm 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 um, really heavily wrestling in jujitsu base now, and uh, I'm seeing it as I don't have to pay fifty pounds to do a jujitsu competition. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show off my jujitsu and my my wrestling in a cage. The person can try and hit me. I might hit them back. Uh, if I get them on the floor, I'll probably definitely hit them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I'll submit them. Or yeah. or they'll have to tap out for me hitting them with elbows or the referee's going to have to pull me off. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm not interested in swapping shots. So I've got no um, ambitions of trying to make it onto Bellator or the UFC or anything like that. Obviously, they're not going to have a 47-year-old 47 47 on there. But I could still like like you know if I if I maybe I get two or three wins you don't you know you don't know what's going to be offered yeah, at some yeah. point and like there's that, no two ways about it you could compete like there's not it's one of those you could compete a hundred percent you could definitely mm. you there's that thing that you know there are some young fucking killer studs yeah. out yeah, yeah and you see them and you're like Jesus Christ and you get people freak people like Bernie's really explosive do you mm. know what I mean so if you get someone who's strong and explosive. You get that, but at the same time, you could compete at the highest level. There's no two ways about it. With experience and, you know, craftiness, like, you could definitely compete at the highest level. So, And, and I think some people are just lucky genetically as well. I've, like, somehow, my, I feel good. I, yeah. I, and I've, I felt, like, if you think I only started when I was 35, yeah. that's when most people are thinking about retiring. Yeah. At 35, I felt young as anything. But then go back three years ago, you were broken. I remember your back used to hurt you all the time and stuff. Yeah. And then you must have just man- found something managed. Did you not get any of those issues anymore still that you had back then? lower back, yeah. Yeah, you still, still get a lot of issues. Because that recent one with my back was a game changer for yeah. me. I did, this is the only thing that scares me about fighting now is because I did it warming up. And at first, I just thought, oh, I've pulled a muscle in my back. Mm. Then when I had to get an ambulance, and I was like, yeah, this is really bad. Like, I cannot physically get off the floor. Yeah. And then I get to the hospital and they've given me like diazepam, codeine. Now they've given me four shots of morphine. Mm-hmm. Um, they give it to you in increments, morphine. They don't just yeah, give you a bit. Yeah. So they give me the maximum dosage and they, they, they put it on a monitor. They had to keep coming in because my heart rate was so low already. It was 38 before they because gave the me. Opiates. No, before that, before they gave me, my okay. heart rate was reaching 38. Mm. Your heart rate's low. I said, Yeah, my heart rate's always low. I was like, I'd anywhere between 38 and 45, I would say it's quite normal, really. Oh, if oh, I was that's like, good. that's what I said to them. So, like, okay, so give me the opiates as well. Now the alarms are going off constantly on yeah. these fucking machines. So I'm there. They're like, right, you've had the maximum amount of morphine, everything, an hour, and we'll come back and see you. Four hours, I still couldn't get off the bed. Mm. Like, I was like, came home, next day, 45 minutes just to get up out of bed before yeah. I was even walking. Mm. I was like, shit, that went on for three weeks. Then I went back to work and I thought, that's three weeks I've had off work. Mm. Like, it's a lot of money. How can I, is it, and it's a lot, like, we're working on, we got like three quarters of a million pounds, half a million pounds at any one time. Like, mm. In property investment yeah, from other people yeah, yeah. So like you need, you my brother my brother's got to manage that all on his own mm. well it's spread over three sites like I'm sat here and I'm literally like struggling to do paperwork because I can't stay sat in one position for a long time yeah. just and I thought to myself I can't have this like this is really doing me in so I think I just need to get to a point where you know I'm I mean I don't you you have MMA is sort of your everything outside of work, like family, that that not come into it, but like as a hobby and stuff, you know? In terms, like, of, in terms of my work and what I do with my time. What you do with your time, yeah, yeah MMA. Yeah. Like I fucking, 
paragliding, fly mm. birds of prey, and I do this and I do, and I realise that in order to do something like fight again, put I have to your, put yeah, stuff aside, you know. And then, and then with your job as well, it's so physical. So I know you did it warming up, but um, it's the same as Jess down the gym. He's like painting a wall and leaning over, and then the next yeah. day his back went. Yeah, same yeah. with you. You're plastering. And and then it's bad one day, and then you, when you warm up, really that's not it's not the warm up that did your back. It's all the other stuff you all the plaster stuff. Yeah. But one one thing I I stopped doing. I stopped doing deadlifts. Yeah. I stopped doing even even trap bar deadlifts. I stopped doing. I stopped. I, I don't squat. Yeah. Um. The I I lift weights, but um. I just I only do a, a few sets, a few work sets. My 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 strength work is over in about thirty minutes. Doesn't yeah. take me long at all, and I and I get all my leg power from doing that air assault bike. Yeah, and that makes my legs strong. And yeah. uh, I know people that can deadlift like two hundred kilos, but they still can't take me down. And I can take them down, you know. So, yeah, yeah. you know, wrestling's one thing. Uh, wrestling's not great for your back, is it? You know, no, it's, it's difficult, not. and especially yeah. when you're trying to single leg someone and stuffing your head down. You know. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you if you can wrestle well, then your back's going to be a lot better because you're going to keep your back straight, bend your knees a little bit more, and, and be a little bit more intelligent. So it's just like intelligent training. Also, I see Lana every week now as well. Yeah, that's so I, I get I get physio, physio. once a week, yeah. and then she's giving me uh, a few yoga things to do. Yeah, and I do a load of soft tissue work as well now. So I look at I try and look after my body a lot better. Yeah, I eat I eat generally like eighty percent all right and twenty percent uh, pretty crap. Yeah, I could really cut as much sugar out as as possible. Yeah. And get rid of like the inflammation that way. But, you know? Like I, I obviously like really, really, really low sugar. Like, mm. and uh, but then I, you know, if I have a night, I'll have like two, three bags of chocolate. I'll yeah. really, or I'll go to the cinema, I'll eat a large yeah. popcorn, nine quid off a pick and mix. I've seen you know? it. Yeah, I've and seen you do it, man. Yeah, so I'll, I'll massively overindulge. Then mm. I'll eat really clean, and I don't know whether. I don't know if it does make a massive difference to how I feel, but it must yeah. be on my joint. I do it for my for my brain more than anything, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like that's the thing for me. But you, I think you right now look the healthiest you've looked mm. probably for five years. Like I remember, you used to come in the gym and you'd be walking all stiff and walking all sore, but yeah. you seem to have found something that like really works for you. Well, I don't spar that hard. But that yeah, that, yeah, I mean that I might spar be it. less. Yeah, uh, I drill more. Um, I look after my body better. What about your work routine? Because you've cut back on. Do you think that's helped? Yeah, definitely. So before I would do four on, four off, four on, four off, and then it's split between days and nights. So I'm only doing uh, two. I work eighty days a year basically now. Eighty days a year. It's, it's yeah. brilliant. And for when it's, it kicked in in August, and they made me, they give me loads of shifts to do in August. So f- t- until the end of the year, I've hardly got to work at all. Yeah. So it's like a, I'm a man of leisure. You know, yeah, so awesome. I just so I feel I feel really good. I can go down the gym. So I, when I'm down the gym now, um, I do a lot more of soft tissue stuff. I do I stretch a lot more now. I'm I'm, I'm like I sort of I warm up properly and I, and I and I stretch off properly. Yeah. Uh, well, when I say properly, I, I, ten times better than I used to. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm a, a lot more aware. Um, you know it, like. At 47, when I see some people, like the other day a guy was in the gym and they went, oh, are you, are you fighting again? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, oh yeah, well, it makes you happy. But it's like, and, he, and this person does jiu-jitsu. And I thought, well, and he's he's about my age. And I thought, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, you're doing jiu-jitsu, you might do a jiu-jitsu competition. You, you haven't got the nuts yeah, exactly. to do what I want to do yeah. or what I like doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's been right from the start because when right from the start when I was thirty five, saying like like you said earlier about uh, thirty five year old turning up at gym says he's going to be a professional fighter. Yeah, you know it doesn't matter if if you listen to what everyone says, then you're never going to do anything. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I I'll just do my own thing. I don't, I don't really give a fuck um, what other people's opinion is. Um, I know I can go and do a good job. You know, so I feel I feel great at, at forty seven. Um, like Martin Erdogan, the gym, he's like fifty six now. Yeah. Looks he's great. Like, he's fucking like on the pads and stuff. He's amazing. Yeah. Black belt. Looks great. Um, same as Mower. Yeah. I think Mower's like 55. Yeah. Mower's like a physical specimen, you know? Yeah, looks and great. And I, I look up to people like that. And you think um, of your Romero. Look at your Romero. Romero, he's, he's 40. 42, I think, 42, now, this year. Is he? Uh, I, I think he's 41 currently. I don't know if yeah. he's 42 this year. Yeah. Yeah, 40. That's like incredible. And people can say, oh, yeah, but he's a freak. Well, Paul might be a freak. You might be a freak. Yeah. You might be yeah. that 47 year old. Like, it's not. I don't worry about. I, I think intelligent training and then your style of exercise. And like I said, like I'm like dropping deadlifts, dropping squats, anything that niggles my body at all, mm-hmm. that saves my back a load. Like the deadlifts made me really strong, but it niggled my back a little bit. Only you, you got to niggle your back once, haven't you? And then the next day you could fuck it up a little bit more. So I just don't do anything that hurts me now. Like when I do my bench press, I take a neutral grip so my palms are facing each other. Yeah. Save my rotator cuffs. I do my with dumbbells. Chins. You do it with dumbbells. With dumbbells yeah. now, yeah, just with dumbbells. Dumbbells and a neutral grip on my chin ups and stuff. So I'm I'm really clever how I train. I think anyway, I could probably could be more clever. But I could probably do more mobility stuff as well. But at the same time, maybe if I did, I might make my joints a little bit looser. I might be more prone to injury because yeah. I've never like touched wood. I'm, I've had so little injuries yeah, throughout yeah. my time in, in MMA. Like people do their knees, they do their backs, they do their necks. I mean, I've had a bit of a neck issue before. I've had a lower back problem. I've had elbow problems, but nothing like drastic. No, no, no surgeries dra- no required. Dramatic, no dramatic yeah. injury. No surgeries or anything like yeah. that. So, because I've like, been, I've been really lucky, you know. But yeah. I think because I started at thirty-five, I was like, ah, oh, right, I can get injured. Got to be smart about yeah, yeah. training. Got. You I understood get, your body as well. You understood yeah. because when you're twenty and you're training, and then you become thirty, but you've been fine up until your thirties. So you don't realise yeah. at thirty-five you understand your body. You understand yeah, yeah. where your limits are, and this mm. works for this. So yeah, that that probably helped. I mean, you said look, I'm going to start putting hot yoga into my routine a lot. I did a session yeah. the other week, mm. and uh, it's such a good environment to training because it's so hot, hot. so yeah. warm. And that's where you want to stretch, and, isn't it? And I did it, and I thought for my back. It's pretty, and my neck's still an issue. Like not, in, I mean, I'd go and spar or wrestle tomorrow with my neck. Yeah. That's not a problem. But like stiffness when I work out, like or if, or if I lay funny, my neck still hurts and stuff. But uh, I thought, well, improving core strength and flexibility together, I'm gonna start trying some yoga. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I'll try hot yoga, and uh, I did it. I was like, yeah, this is for me. I really so yeah. I want to try and get at least one a week. Hot I, would, yoga. I would do it, but some of the sessions look like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's the good thing about it. Yeah, because you yeah. burn a thousand calories as well, which I is brilliant. Do an hour and a half, man. I'll do forty-five yeah. minutes. Yeah, but they got an express hot yoga. I'd do they it. do. They do forty-five minute ones. Yeah, yeah, some of them do. Yeah, um, they can do like an, uh, a hot yoga just an hour. Like there's yeah. Bikram one in town, but I'm probably gonna go head to the one in Bath because it's closer. Um, it's not closer. It's easier to get to because towns are pain in the ass. But um, yeah. yeah, like hour ones and so there's one right by you. Yeah, right across the road. Yeah. Right by you. Yeah. yeah, it's meant to be good. My mate went there. But um, in my gym, yoga's on the time. But table. it's not hot yoga. That's no, the thing. That heat, no. mate, makes because yeah. you burn so many calories as well, which I really love because, mm. like, because I don't eat any carbohydrate or anything. Mm. So 
I eat really high fat, but the food that you eat, like, my appetite's always sort of there. Like, yeah. I'll eat enough that I don't, that I'm not thinking, oh, I want to eat something, I want to eat something. But your appetite's sort of there. So when you burn a thousand calories as well, mm. and then you can really eat, yeah. I'm like, yeah, now we're yeah. really talking. You know, like, have like a massive steak and a huge plate of vegetables and be guilt free. That's what I really like that you burn off loads of calories whilst doing something. It's quite good for you, you know. I tell you, from from having um, Lana see me as well, Lana gives you confidence as well because she's had like a prolapsed disc in her back and stuff oh, like yeah. that. She and she's like straight away, oh no, we can fix that. I'm gonna come you and know? see her. I think if, if you have a, if you have a prolapsed disc, you can fix yeah. it. She's had she's had lots of bad injuries because she was a professional dancer. Yeah, and then she done powerlifting, so she she had she had some like serious back issues. But she she fixed her back in like four months. She said, "Yeah, that's brilliant." You know, and to have someone like, with that experience, with that experience of going yeah. for it herself. Yeah. You know, because I went and saw a chiropractor, and he was brilliant. Like Hugh Hurst was. At, I've sent so many people to him. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of chiropractors. Yeah, don't really believe in it too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's the one who diagnosed my neck. Do yeah. you know what I mean, he found a little fracture in my neck that nobody yeah. else. And okay, it was stable, so that wasn't causing the issue. But he's like, "That's yeah. where your issue stemmed from." Yeah. Um, so I'm not really a massive believer in him, but he was brilliant and he made me feel great every adjustment. Yeah. But I think physio's the way to go. So I think, you know, like, I like, I like a like say a mixture of it. Remember Lars used to do yeah Lars was brilliant with the acupuncture and he do the trigger point therapy yeah. and the acupuncture. He was he was brilliant. Um, I did see like Matty had sound ears, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, such a nice guy, and he. Um, he put me in touch with Gus. It's like because he sponsored me for my last fight. Yeah, and he got me this guy Gus, who's a chiropractor, and like basically every night I go to sleep I'd wake up in pain yeah so when I say my back's alright I've sort of in the night I'll, I'll move around and it'd be painful but he he, he seen me one well he seen me a handful of times in the end but the first time I seen him I went home I slept like a baby all night yeah. I could have got up and I, my back was free I was like what the fuck it's amazing yeah that's what you need I mean you know? I, when my back went like they gave me painkillers and I was on codeine yeah and I was like, I can't live this life. Like, three mm. days in, I t- stopped my coat. I thought, I can't be this guy. Getting up yeah. in the morning, still feeling drowsy, yeah, yeah. having to take it because of the pain. Mm. And I stopped and I started smoking some weed because yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't. I was too painful for me to sleep. Mm. Way too painful. But I couldn't be the guy on the fucking codeine. It couldn't, killed me to be reading a book in, like, 12 hours later, reading a book, but still feeling drowsy and stuff. Yeah. I can't have yeah. that. Yeah. And I smoked a bit of weed. And then, uh, that went like I'd smoke I smoke weed about four days in a row then I'd have a day of not smoking weed and then I'd mm. smoke it next day and then two or three days now nah, I hadn't smoked a joint for maybe two weeks or something yeah. you know and uh, but I thought then like you know I can't I don't want to be in a position where I need to have something to go to sleep on a night time mm. I've got to take medication or I've got to smoke weed to go to sleep yeah. I can fuck that like it's difficult for me doing uh, doing night shifts coming home in the morning it's such an unnatural thing to do is to work all night and then try and sleep in the day yeah. the bin man's coming around and the lights the light you know someone knocks on your door or something so uh, I'd have a little like a little help to you know something to help me get to sleep yeah so like a little little bit of CBD or a little puff on uh, some weed yeah or that tobacco um, it does me the world of good um, but yeah I know it can make you wake up groggy but um I think it's got like a load of benefits. But I think oh, physio, like you were saying, physio, like that physio, guy Gus. Phys- that's what I'm thinking is like you know you get your body aligned a bit of physio. Yeah. You know, moving all that uh, those free radicals and stuff around your body and mm. really making sure your uh, blood's good because you're having lots of work done. 
I think that's just as good, you know. If I can get to the point where I'm not, I mean, I, I like I said, I don't smoke any weed for weeks now. But if I got to the point where you know you're going to bed because you've had good physio and you're making it through and having a nice night's sleep, oh, it's amazing. That's the, yeah, that that that's the key, isn't it? So nice, and you get that natural sleep, and it's so important to have like a good natural sleep, and then you feel you feel amazing in the morning. I I had um. Like because of my age, I got um, an invite to go and see the the doctor for like a well man check. Yeah, finger at the bum. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was really expecting. I was thinking, oh, I can't be a man. I don't want a man to put his finger at my bum. Oh, what you'd want a woman? Yeah, I don't know if I want a woman finger in my shitter. I don't want a, without I don't, a blowjob. I don't want a guy. I definitely, <laughs> not, de- definitely don't want a guy. I think a guy's better because you know there's nothing sexual. It's do literally. You? Do you? Yeah. How do you? Because I don't want a man to put his finger up my ass. Yeah, but if he's putting his finger up your ass, how do you know he's not fine? He, he, he can get a no, I'm not worried about I don't worry if he you, has a wank over you, me later uh, on, yeah. Well, okay, I'm not, well, listen, yeah. I, I I hope there's gay men wanking over me. Yeah. Just like, you know, every man, yeah. you want to think that a woman's touching herself over you, mm. then of course you want gay men to wank you over you, you surely. You excited by her putting her finger I don't want to get excited. Yeah. Like if you if a woman doctor is putting her finger up my ass, yeah, and I like it, yeah. What if I want other women to keep putting fingers up my ass? Then I'm that guy who has to sit on his own thumb when he wanks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to be that guy. So I got a text like the day before, and it said, "Oh, just your reminder." And it was like yeah, it was a a, a woman, a female nurse. Yeah. Like, oh, thank God for that. Like it's not going to be a guy. <laughs> And uh, but then I come? went, and it was it was nothing to do with my bum. Fuck. They just it was about my heart. Oh. So they like they done all these tests. Um, they took my cholesterol, my blood pressure, my heart yeah. rate, and stuff like that, and asked me loads of questions. Said I was in perfect health. My blood pressure spot on. My heart rate was something like forty nine or something like yeah. that. Really low, even though I just like you know walked into the into the doctors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it was really low. So that was good. Um, so my like, chance of having heart disease is very, really really small. Like touch wood, you know. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, I didn't have a finger up the bum. This was the shittest bum fingering story ever. Yeah, I'd built but, myself up for a really good. Well, at some point, I'm going to have to go back because I've never I'm, had the bum finger. No, no, no. And obviously, my mum's got my mum's been uh, diagnosed with cancer, and she? she's, yeah. she's got she's got cancer. So I should like um, go and have my my uh, prostate checked, shouldn't I? Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't want. Do. I don't want to be the guy that phones up and asks for it either. I don't want to phone up and go. <laughs> can I come in? And no, have, I think you have, have an checked. excuse. Your mum's got. You can wear yeah. that one off. Listen, you. It's obvious you want your ass fingered. I'm getting that vibe from you now. <laughs> you're not, yeah. I'm not putting a glove on for but you. Medical for medical reasons. I don't think you're trained in. in uh, no, I'm not going to do it prostate. either. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's but, quite obvious. You're making it obvious you want your bum fingered by a yeah. doctor. By by the seems it. Just, or a yeah, nurse. just let them know that. Or a nurse. Or a nurse. What doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can, like. I think especially with the the, the scare with like your your mum and stuff, mate. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I don't think you should take the chance. Just go and get. It's gonna, only going to be like it's because it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But would you rather be fucking embarrassed or no, have no, cancer? Yeah, definitely. So I got, I got to go back. And, I'll come and hold your hand. <laughs> if yeah. that, if you think that help? <laughs> yeah. But no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary, isn't it? Like even even like um, when you fight when you fight in Europe and stuff, they want. HIV and Hep B and Hep C tests yeah. and stuff like that. So even going in to the doctors and getting all those tests, I get scared. Why? Just in case I've got AIDS and in hepatitis. So like, yeah. um, you know, it just makes you a little bit worried. So it's obviously worrying. 
also you've got to get through the the bit where it's like frightening of someone putting a finger at your bum so that's embarrassing and you're in a very vulnerable yeah. state aren't you i think you have to lie, lie down on your side, on your side you? my brother's had it yeah, yeah my brother's had it as well so Look. i've got to do that and then and then cross like cross my fingers that everything's going to be so right. he's not crossing his fingers yeah you don't want a doctor who's enjoying it so that's the thing like so i even though i'm like i'm 47 this month i feel really good i feel really good and you look good you're looking good sh- like you do look yeah in good shape you know <laughs> like when you're hitting a bag and stuff the other day you yeah. put a little video up of you in between yeah. teaching classes yeah you look really good like you're ju- you look sharp but you look loose and yeah. yeah it looked really good so yeah I think uh, 47's wearing well on you see I, I love boxing I love boxing I love hitting the bag but I, I miss uh, sparring yeah I miss sparring and like f- properly throwing down is that down part down. of why you're fighting again because you miss it or do you not really miss it but you feel that like you should compete while you still can I, or no I don't miss do I miss fighting a little bit because you hated it a lot of the time yeah. I remember like, oh, I when hate- Hate the nerves because I yeah. I get so nervous when I all so, the time. Like I remember walking, he'd be like, ah, after you'd be like, oh, I was looking. Did you see that cable on the floor? I was, like, yeah, but I was thinking if I tripped over that and hit my head, I wouldn't have to fight. Yeah, man, I hate it. I hate well, I hated being in the dressing room. I hated like being in the dressing room. I hated waiting to go out. As soon as my music came on, I'd be fine. Yeah, you know, I'd be I'd be like, this is it's too late to be worried now. I'm gonna go in there and do some fucking damage. You know, yeah, I'd be right in it. But beforehand, for weeks beforehand, I'd get nervous. And then towards the end, um, what I would do is I wouldn't even think about it. Think it might not happen. Someone might pull out. Yeah. Something might happen. You know, the show might get cancelled. And I wouldn't even worry about it until the day. Or, yeah. I'd worry, and then, or just worry about the weight. And then you make weight, don't you? And then you, oh, yeah. fuck me, I've got to fight now. You know, so I, I, I would try and sort of delay the, the stress until the day of. And, yeah. then, and then deal with it then. But... I find out loads of little coping mechanisms. There's a really good uh, uh, TED Talks video of like uh, the inner chimp. I can't remember the name. Oh, the Steve. Name of the guy. Steve. Steve. Oh, his name. Steve inner chimp guy. <laughs> Steve inner chimp guy. And yeah. he's like, um, he's really good, and he just does this. It's like only 15 minutes, and I listen to that a lot. And it's I, great. The book, have you read the book? I haven't, but I listen to that before intense, I do any kind of competition. Yeah. And now, what I do before I compete, I smile. Yeah, yeah. I smile, and I make myself feel good. And I think, right, yeah. I'm just going to enjoy myself. If I lose, um, it's because the guy's better than me. But I'm going to try my hardest and do my best. Yeah. And enjoy myself. If yeah. you do that, and then I usually I win anyway at grappling competitions. I usually win. It's rare that I lose. So and if I lose, it's probably because the guy was better than me. So yeah. and it is a, am I the best grappler in the world? Definitely not. There's fucking thousands of better grapplers than me. But I know I'm a good level. If I lose, the guy's better than me. You know, yeah, so that's that's it. And being able to accept that. that and move on to the next one's yeah, making you yeah. a better competitor anyway. Yeah. So you know, and that, and that's it. And then the only time I'd be disappointed is if I don't do my best, or I, if I if I made a terrible mistake, or I fucked up, yeah. or I wasn't concentrating, or I was in a position I thought, oh, I just don't want to be here anymore. You know, which I, yeah. I which I don't do. You know, but I think um, those type of things happen in fights, and uh, people don't want to acknowledge them or, or accept them. I remember the first time I lost, I fought um, uh, Emmanuel Fernandez, and I can remember him having my back, and he was trying to choke me, and I was thinking in my head, "Oh, I'm, my fucking leg's done in. He's much better at jujitsu. <laughs> Why didn't just let him choke you? You know, just let him choke you. Yeah, it will yeah. be over." And then, and then all of a sudden, he trapped my arm, and then he did choke me. 
Yeah. It's too late then. But you you have those little conversations yeah, in your head sometimes yeah. as you're fighting. Yeah, yeah. You think, what the fuck am I doing here? This is insane. You know? Yeah. I've up. let people hit me in that position before. Like, I'd be on the ground. I'd be like, oh, fuck no, man. Be, you could just choke me now and it'd be over. And then nobody's going to know that like, you didn't really defend it. And yeah. then I'm like, in my head, man, fuck this. And I let someone hit me or let someone get. Because then I'd like. And then that gets fuck, you in the fight. Yeah, like, you know, or yeah. let me get in a bad position after scramble. Mm. Like, yeah, when you're there and you get that little voice. Everyone, every decent pro I've spoken to has had that little yeah. doubt at some point. Yeah, they've had you, that come you over. those conversations. Yeah, you know? and but that's what fighting is. It's getting over that. It's People think fighting's it. going training in the gym and then going having a fight. Mm. Fighting's being in a position where you got to get off your back and come back and win a fight. And enduring, that's enduring yeah. ex- extreme discomfort and pain and violence, yeah. and then finding a way to get out of it and winning. Yeah, you don't even you have know? to necessarily enjoy it. No, enjoying. Just, no, no, that's what I'm saying. So enduring. enjoying. You don't yeah. even have to necessarily enjoy it for, yeah. for it to be worthwhile. You can enjoy it afterwards. After, Endure yeah. it. Mm. Enjoying it is the, the, the bit. That's the thing. Yeah. You don't have to enjoy any of the process, but then after the fight, because it's the second the fight's over, it's like a relief. It's yeah. like that, fuck, I did it. It's done. Yeah. Like, well, I worked hard. I've fucking done yeah. it all. I've mm. boom, and we're at the end now. You know, best, like, best feeling in the world. Yeah, after like, the fight. Uh, yeah. yeah, when you've when you've won. When you've won. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they pulled you off the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you sub them, it's nice. But if they yeah, if the referee has to drag you off them, yeah. then it's like pure fucking glory. Like the best, the best I ever felt fighting. This is this is kind of what I was talking about emotionally, is when I fought that Akira and I had a picture of my daughter on the wall, and it was her. It was a picture I'd taken in Italy because I fought in Italy. Um, and beat this Italian guy but I took a picture of my daughter and she's got a little Jimmy wig so Jimmy yeah, wig's like the ginger hair and, and the scotch hat yeah. and she's got a pair of those like these really old fashioned rogue MMA gloves oh, yes that's right you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. ones from MMA yeah. Universe and she's doing a scary face yeah. so I had that on the wall and I was just thinking like that's someone trying to make a scary face my yeah. daughter and, like she's beautiful and she's trying to make a scary face yeah. so when I got in there and Akira's trying to make a scary face at me I was like fuck off like, yeah. man, what the fuck yeah, yeah. Like, um, so then I felt tense in the first round until he hit me, until he dropped me, or until until the upkick happened and then the referee had a go at me. And then I, I sort of lost my rag a little bit and thought, no, fuck you, I'm going to fucking do some damage now. And then I totally relaxed. No, it was, and then I started like putting it on him and then he dropped me again. And then in between rounds, I seen him how tired he was. And I felt so fit, like where I got, I got myself into in, insane shape. And you had 90 seconds break in between rounds over in Sweden at the time. Yeah. And I reckon my fucking heart rate must have gone right back down to about 110. Yeah. And I felt like, I just felt so happy to be there. And I felt really relaxed. And it's one of the only times I could just really just let my hands go and just fight to how I know I can fight. Yeah. And I just totally relaxed. I felt happy. I remember bouncing around thinking, oh, I feel fucking wicked. You know, yeah. I couldn't miss anything. Like you looked, you looked like, like you were living your your fighting dream like that's yeah. how when I yeah. think about like I always, I always want to be in a fight like Diaz and McGregor fight where they're just hitting each other and yeah. fucking yeah. somebody's face is back or like when I see um, Kobe Covington fight someone like that I mean you just look at them and you think yeah I want to be in one of them man yeah. a barn yeah. burner that's what I want yeah. and uh then when you get in there and you start to train, boom, I take a double leg and I dominate and I finish the fight. Afterwards, part of me is always a bit like, fuck, I want to stand and I want to... But yeah. you look like that's what you were doing that day. You, yeah, know, you were yeah. like, you were like, yeah, I'm in a fist fight, but I'm having the better of it. 
It's yeah. not like a. Do I mean? And you look. Like, can you remember you smiling at him when you hit him? And I'm, I never. It's my favorite fight I've ever cornered. The Corsani fight. A because I love the zone. I always want to fight Wicked on the zone. Design, and uh, but Sweden's, I can remember Sweden's not amazing. Yeah, like five times gone yeah. to Sweden and it's mm. just never enough. I would go back mm. again tomorrow. But the noise when you two were hitting each other, the noise of your hand hitting his head, yeah. was like a a thuddy clap. Yeah. That every punch. In every fight I ever watch now, the noise has to be comparable. Yeah. Like, I hear a funny clown, like, nah, the zone was better. Like that punch yeah. sounded, it was like a hollow drum beating, like, boom. That. Swapping some punches. Yeah, you? great fight. Really yeah. great fight. Like, so. he hit you with some good shots, dropped you. And mm. from a cornerman's point of view, as soon as the fighter gets dropped, I'm trying to look at him and see what's safe. Because when Fernandez hit you and you looked and you were on the floor and you made eye contact with me, I knew you were fucked. Yeah. But, and I, I could like part of me wanted to say something, but there was no advice that I could yeah, give you in yeah. the world. Do you know I mean, you're done. out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but when Corsani hits you, he hits you, drops you. I'm trying to get eye contact with you to look at you, see where you are, and then be like, ah, cover up or stand up or whatever, you know, and just then you'd come back, you'd get your back on the fence, you'd stand up, then you hit him, boom, and then when you hit him and he dropped, mm. it was over for him. You could, yeah. I, from looking at him in his eyes, you could see when you got hit. Even if it's blind panic, mm. you're wanting to get back to your feet and get in the fight. Yeah. When he got hit, you want to stay down. Yeah. You want to just, yeah. you know. At the end of the first round, he dropped me. And then he was on top of me and he, he was trying to hit me. And I, I like I was, uh, I think he, I can't remember what he was trying to mount me by scoop, put my back against the, yeah. the fence. And then he was trying to do something. I grabbed the back of his neck and I pulled him in. You can see it on the video, right? And I'm yeah. talking in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and he was breathing heavy. I went, you're fucked, mate. You're fucked. I'm going to fucking kill you in the next round. You're fucking dead. You're fucking tired. I'm going to fucking kill you. He stopped hitting me. Yeah. He stopped hitting me and just carried on listening to me. And I was just, I talked to him for about 10 seconds. Like, and he just stopped, stopped fighting. He was just listening to me. And he got up and he was looking at me. And then that's when, do you remember I was jumping around and running around? Yeah, and fucking, yeah. Like, out really psych- like psychological warfare, innit? Yeah. And I was letting him know I felt fucking brilliant. And yeah. he was sat there, I could see him, and he didn't even want to look at me. You know? Yeah, it's and, fucking and, brilliant. Um, and that's like, you can really bully people like that. And he was a bully as well. Oh, 100% you know? a bully. When he he's, came up to the, he, he came up to the, um, hotel afterwards he's talking yeah as if, he, could, as if he beat me as if he beat you he's t- coaching yeah. you like yeah. as if he's saying like oh well the thing is Paul now I think what you need to do now is you need to go away and you d- he's got poggered what are yeah. you on about yeah. like yeah. and he's like I'm going to mention this in my next blog or like video log yeah. or something yeah fuck off like yeah. he's got yeah. poggered like it wasn't an accident it wasn't a lucky <laughs> shot like he got Poggered, and, you know? and one of one of the reasons that happened, I reckon, is because a few months before Greg had fought in um, in Sweden as well, and Umi, back. Uh, yeah, Thomas back, Thomas back yeah, Thomas back, and then so Greg was two rounds down, yeah, getting his ass kicked, and then in the third round, it was weird. It was he like he managed to get back up. But he's so slim, and he his shorts had fallen down a little bit, <laughs> so he pulled his shorts up. <laughs> Like, but really angrily, like pulled him up like that, and then he just fucking just steamed into him, and then beat the fucking living daylights out of him for like a minute and a half, and they had to stop it. They didn't want to stop it. They had to stop it because he was like done, and like that gave me a a lot of inspiration because I thought, you know, that's that's my favorite type of fight when someone that's losing, especially if someone gets dropped and come back, come you know. They come back and they win. The definition of a amazing. fight. That's like a fight. Remember right? Nad when he got fucking nearly... Yeah. Like, how he, that Greek guy dropped him so yeah. hard. Yeah. And he just, like, he was 
done really yeah you know somehow he managed to fucking get back up uh wrestle the guy take him down choke him did you choke him choke really choke yeah yeah Yeah, fucking fucking beautiful i love that that's That's, like it's amazing like like, that's what like you said about with with greg that's like you inspire me and james inspires me because like i see like when you have those fights and you get caught in the next minute just like and i just see it i just think like it's just in that's you in your perfect fight right and i can never quite get there and i look at like look i smile because like people, somebody said to me before, uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, the trouble is you haven't really got the heart with you. Your heart's not really, uh, you haven't really got the heart for it." I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "Well, you haven't really got the heart for it." And I'm like, "I don't know what you fucking mean." Like, yeah. and like, people, other people, I think if you've trained with me, mm. you'll know I'm not a fucking quitter. Like, there's not. This is crazy, people. This is like this no. guy came up to me and said, "Oh." Well, yeah, if it makes you happy doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you yeah. would do it in a fucking heartbeat if you yeah. could. I tell you, these are the, my you favourite know. people. How many times you had someone said to me, like, oh, MMA, yeah, if that was about in my day, I'd have done that, I reckon. Yeah. And I say to them, like, oh, really? Like, definitely. If that was about in my day, I'm like, would well, you box? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, do you do judo or anything? Like, no, no, I've never done anything. I'm like, right, well, well, boxing's been around for years. Yeah. You made no effort to do that. Yeah. What would have made you do MMA? Yeah. Oh, there's a bit more me in it. There's no rules. No, there are rules. Yeah. And there's a lot more discipline. What would have made you do that? Like, you've got a judo background. Yeah. You know, and 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 you must have done some boxing as well. Yeah, done a little, you know? dabbled a bit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And so, like everyone, like. Nad done that fucking Aikido. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's done something. Done something. Because that's what they're interested yeah. in. Not like, like, oh, yeah, no, there weren't too many rules for me to... Yeah. But if that MMA was about... Fuck off. Yeah. What are you on about? What you'd have done is, you'd have come to three or four classes and realised how much work it actually is to be an MMA fighter. But, Even a shit MMA fighter takes work. Yeah. Like, nobody turns up... Because you're not an MMA fighter if you turn up having never done anything and just go and have a fight. Yeah, but yeah. You have to go to jujitsu classes and get humbled. Mm. You have to go to boxing classes and learn technique. And even if you can bang, you have to learn how to throw your shots. Yeah. All these things, you wouldn't have stuck at it. Like you're not. And people are, like, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I'm 45. Yeah, so come and train. If anything, nothing else, it'll help do, you understand MMA do, better. Do a grappling match. Yeah. Like, do, do something. Do something. Don't stand do there something. and tell me like as if delu- as if I should look at you. And value your experience, and this is the same as mine. Yeah. Like, but guys, that's the problem with guys, and, and that's the problem with guys that come in uh, to learn MMA. Is some some guys aren't like this, but a lot of guys they think they know how to fight already. Yeah, because they had a fight in the third year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, they and they, or they've watched Rocky three. Yeah. Add a little punch they, up in Tang, maybe. Yeah, maybe they had a fight against some drunken student. Yeah, you know, and knocked him out. When he wasn't looking, yeah. you know, and it, that's not that's not mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts is is completely different. It, but yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. And like, if you didn't have the heart, you wouldn't have fucking gone in there to fight. No, and you know, like, like I've like I said, like I've sparred all over the world, and mm. I'm like, what have you? I've sparred some of the best guys in the UK. I know where my I know where my ranking is. I'm not delusional. Yeah. I'm not getting guys to come and spar at the gym, getting my face kicked in, and right. thinking, "Oh, I can do this. I can do this." And I hear these people out of talking. I'm like, "No, <laughs> like you think you I've got, got no heart?" You, you won't believe the messages I get when after like I went over with Nad to do his corner for Hamburg. I'm over there and Nad just wins. <laughs> getting messages already. Guys from Bristol. This guy messages me. Uh, how long do you reckon it'd take for you to get me into the UFC? What? I'm like, what have you done? Well, I do some boxing with my mate, but 
I, I'm really hard and I think I'm, I've got the guts to do it and I'm really mentally strong. Two weeks then. Like, all oh, right, okay, uh, so you want to come and train? Yeah, I want to train. I'm deadly serious. I want to make up my life and everything like that. All right, I'll book you in for Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Monday night. I can't make it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, what happened is you had a couple of beers and you watched the UFC. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then, and then you've been a fucking moron because yeah. even if you trained your ass off um, and dedicated your life for 15 years, there's probably most likely you're not going to be in the UFC. Yeah, definitely. Because you, know? you have to be fucking good. Yeah, and even and if it's lucky. not good, even if it's not good, it's not lucky, it's not anything, you have to be hard working. Yeah. Nobody who's in the yeah, UFC yeah. hasn't worked hard yeah, at yeah. some point. Yeah. Even if it's for, say, you, say you've say you got a 10 year career and you only worked mm-hmm. hard for four of them, mm-hmm. you won't get into UFC, have a 10 year career, you're not going to get anywhere if you haven't worked hard mm-hmm. for four of them, definitely. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to work hard for four years. Yeah. If you're not going to do that, you're ne- you're definitely not getting to the UFC. Yeah. So yeah. before anything else comes into it, you're going to have to have worked hard. Mm. Fucking, if you're not going to do that, yeah, it's and fucking. Then, and then when you get in there, you got to be good enough to stay in there. To stay in there, you know, and, and work hard like, enough, evolve, adapt, yeah, get change. Better and better, yeah. You know. No, you've it's, got it's, no chance. It's it's wicked watching Nad at the moment train. Um, if you watch him train, he's fucking like spot on. He's in the gym like. I think he overtrains a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right, but he's, he's he's like maybe I don't give him enough credit for how smart he trains as well, because he does a lot of stuff that's really smart. He, he spars probably a little bit too much, so I reckon he could he could pull back a little bit. But he does other things as well. So he's in the gym just touching the bag. Yeah. Just touching the bag and then he's on the ground and pound bag, or he's just like doing a gentle run, or he's shadow boxing, and the way he moves, you could see like. Cause he's doing it all the time his movement is fucking spot on yeah, yeah. and he almost it reminds me like if I watch Michael Chandler training he, or, or TJ Dillashaw it reminds me of that Yeah, he's just fucking it's but per- peak perhaps any needs to to train as much as he is because that needs to be his obsession yeah I think so if you take that obsession away so. from him the training will not it won't fall off a little bit it'll drop off yeah so perhaps he needs to perhaps he needs to be training at that level he's now he's just like a, or he'll go a, for tra- uh, <laughs> obsessive training disorder yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I've had in the past and that's what <clears throat> we've all had you know yeah. and a guy in LJ and like everyone that trains too much so he's he's got that which is going to make him really successful like we were saying earlier but I still think he he trains a little bit too much but his training's really smart as well he's saying he does a load of stuff on the watt bike now to to help his lactic uh, tolerance and, yeah. and, and, and just, it's just his movement now and, and how he looks physically yeah. and like the way he wrestles and the way you see him hitting pads and stuff like hitting, hitting the bag he looks spot on man he looks yeah, like he a does. fucking he reminds yeah. me of like Michael Chandler and when you see these guys training he looks like he's just he's peaked you know yeah. he's, he's gotten to the UFC he's gone to alpha male and he's got better and he's come back and he's like fucking amazing. Yeah. Just he now. looks like he should be there. He's not just yeah, in the UFC. No, but you see other people who've got in the UFC. Yeah. And you see him, you're like, yeah, like you're you're all right, like you're you're there. Yeah. But he looks like he's every part of it. And he, he it's the real like deal. And, and, and then but it's so hard because you go there and then you're fighting the best guys in the world as well. Yeah. You know, Look so at his that, first fight. First fight was rock hard. But that's what I said to him. Yeah. I said, "You've had the best introduction you could have had. Yeah. Because you want to go into the UFC and have a four or five second win. Yeah. Because then you go through all the rigmarole again. You've had three hard rounds, grinding, grueling hard rounds. Yeah. That's the worst it can ever be. It can't be any worse than that. But it's perspective as well. And like, um, I reckon he won. That fight was a fifteen-minute fight. He won fourteen and a half minutes of that fight. Yeah. The only, only the only time. 
that he was losing the fight in terms of like the position is where we're screaming at him to go for a submission in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. But he knew, like we're all shouting at him to, to, to take the back, but he knew he shouldn't have. So he had the position he was hitting him. Because we were screaming him to try and get a submission, he went for the submission and then slid off the back, I think, yeah. or, or got or got or lost the position. Yeah, didn't run back. on the side, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then he popped back up straight away yeah. anyway. You know, he was on the floor for a, a split second. Yeah. But that's because we were shouting at him to like, you know, but it's all about expectation. Um, so, I mean, like, most people get in the UFC, they fight and they win every, every round. Fucking hell, that's the best performance going. Yeah. You know? It was an incredible performance. And, and then also, because you, you you care about him, you care about your teammate, you, it's almost like when the guy's throwing a punch, you're a bit like, oh, no, don't get knocked out. Do you know what I mean? So you're yeah. not watching it objectively. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking, oh, fuck me, the guy's dangerous. And you always got to be thinking ahead. You're yeah. always trying to think ahead. Yeah, so yeah. if someone is fr- catching Nad with a shot, you're thinking about what other two he might throw. Yeah. So yeah. instead of thinking, oh, he caught him with a shot, yeah, but if you step off of that and he'll be, you caught him with a two and you're thinking, watch out for this. Because yeah. you're thinking about what's coming next and you're yeah, always trying to be. Yeah. yeah, but I think the fight was awesome and it was exactly what he needed mm. because three hard rounds in the UFC to be that dominant, it yeah. doesn't get harder than that physically. Like, even if you're getting beat up on, it's intense, it's grueling. This is, this is the works. thing, isn't it? So if, when you fight MMA, it's like, um, it's top trumps for me, right? So it's like, you, you show your hand, you're going first, right? I'm going to fucking, I'm a wrestling nine. Yeah. And the guy's, oh, oh, fuck, I'm only a wrestling four. So you're getting fucking wrestled. Yeah. You know, so that's the, that's the way you went. The stand, the guy's stand up was pretty dangerous. It wasn't like, Nad could, Nad could have probably stood up and boxed him yeah. for the whole three ranks but it's the it's the path of least resistance yeah, it's the wrestler yeah. but wrestling if you decide to wrestle earlier on that's a grinding fight for the for the guy that's wrestling because yeah. basically you're working your ass off for 15 minutes then aren't you yeah. constantly taking the guy down constantly holding them down sometimes it's easier for the guy underneath yeah because he can time. he can rest as long as he's not being he hit yeah, you can rest, and if he's not, if it's if it yeah, if he hasn't been khabibed and his arms like uh, he's got the wrist tied yeah. and he's flat out and he's getting like fucking knocked out, you know. But if he's good enough where he's not in that position, he's sitting up against the wall maybe, or he's just maybe he's just like you've got half guard on top, so he's not taking a lot of damage. He wasn't making a massive effort to get up that guy. He was just he was he was allowing that to stay on top now. If he tried to get up, then Nad might hit him with a guillotine or he might have fucking hit him with something. Yeah. So the guy sort of, he was resting and Nad was doing all the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that type of fight's really grueling as well. But that shows you how fit he is that you can get that grueling, uh, that grueling wrestling game going. I remember when I fought John Cullen and uh, I just started wrestling him immediately and I found out I could take him down very easily. So I was like, that's it. Well, he's a good tie boxer, so I'm just going to wrestle nonstop. Yeah, yeah. But then I was fucking exhausted. You know, like yeah. in the third, third round, you're fucked. Yeah. You know, you think, oh, fuck. They're getting but slippy as well, so it's making it even harder. Getting, well, I could still take him down easy, yeah. really. Um, but it gets it gets more and more tired. That's the one that went three rounds. And they cheered and for And they called it one. a draw, and then we'd done the, the, the fourth round. That was fucking hard. That was a hard fight. Yeah, it was a tough That fight. was, I was so close. To like, um, like a few people afterwards said, I won the fight. Um, I should have been given the, yeah. the points and I stuff like you that. Won the fight. And I kind of think maybe, but also, they could have easily stopped that fight as well. Because in the third round, he hit me with a flying knee as I yeah. shot in. And I was out on my back. Yeah. He was hitting me and I'm not there. You know, I can't, yeah, yeah. still can't, I couldn't remember the end of the fight afterwards. And then somehow I managed to hold on and just like, 
hold on for 10 seconds but the referee could have easily jumped in at one point like I was all over the shot you know, yeah. up, against, up against the wall so I can't really complain about a decision because the referee could have jumped in and stopped it I could have been TKO'd in the fourth round you know what I mean that would have been yeah. fucking but that's one of those fights that, like eventually these fucking wins and losses are going to mean nothing because you're going to look back on the fight you're going to yeah. remember that fight that yeah, fight was fucking yeah. awesome like there's no yeah. you know and that's the thing it's winning and losing becomes such a small part of MMA yeah when you get towards the end mm. it's such a small part of it like for Nad now it's so massive a part to of win. his career you know yeah. needs to win needs to keep winning but then you're eventually there's going to be a point where the wins and the losses mean fuck all yeah. when you get back and you look over your fights and watch them back do you mm. know what I mean it's, it's like watching films like when you watch films how many of them can you remember the ones that won Oscars but you yeah. still might love the film you're going to remember the film you know I mean again it's the perception of reality in it when I look when I look at all my fights there's only a couple that I that I could, would take away so yeah. even the ones some a lot of the ones I lost I knew I fought pretty close to my potential yeah, yeah. and I fought well like when I lost against Brad Pickett I thought I fought well yeah um, when I fought John John Connor it was a draw I fought I, I thought I fought well when I when I lost against that Polish guy um, Artur Savinsky no not him I fought shit that one I got uh, I got up kicked to the guts then yeah. no, the one <laughs> cannibal, before, yeah, cannibal cannibal Trump, Trump one. <laughs> no the one before that I fought well you know and then <laughs> yeah. against Martin Svensson like it went down as a loss it was yeah. close like, I fought Great I fought fight. well you know I didn't think I didn't. I didn't sh- uh, like show myself up or anything. Do you know what I mean? I fought, fought the best to the best of my ability. I probably not to the best of my ability, but I fought close to it, and I and I and I and I fought to win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So so it's quite tricky, really. I don't like. There's only a couple of fights I would take back. I would take back that that Freddie Fernandez one. I bet you would. Yeah. yeah I'd take, take that, that one back. back. Sometimes now, still at night, I see your eyes looking at me oh, on the camera. It's terrible, man. That's the worst fight and ever. And every time I hear that fucking song, it came yeah. on when I was shopping the other day. Oh, no. I, like, oh, I can't listen to that anymore either. Through my spine. Like, yeah, that was the worst. And just imagine, I went up to Scotland for that in Edinburgh, invited my family from my dad's side. Yeah. You know, and they, were, they were there and they just see me like, they must have thought, well, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what are you yeah. doing this for? You're shit. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck, man, the shame. Like, yeah. man, but that's 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 part. But of the, the game, shame, that's ego. The shame thing's ego. Like you can't. Like there's I no still, shame. I still got... know people that got like I know a few people that I think of that got stopped early, and I'm like sort of shake my head at it, thinking, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, but um, it's just it's just ego. I remember remember Terrup? Fucking... There was that. I won't mention his name, but Terrup, that guy, and and fought MMA, and he came to our gym a few times. And he didn't come out again. He was really tall. Uh, Terrup. Yeah, I'm Terrup. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Got stiffened up. Got stiffened up. Like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I've been in this situation. So yeah. like, I'm not saying anything bad. About no, but him. it's different because you put your head down, you trained hard, you worked yeah. really hard for it, and you got caught with a clean shot. Yeah, it's a bit different to not really being that good and not really putting an effort in and I sort tra- of getting trained for it. Well, you know, for amateur fight, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Know. But yours, like, in, like. It's ego. You can't be fucking embarrassed by it. That's just your ego. Hey, it's listen. You're not everything you got to learn from, haven't you? Exactly. Like you it know? done, and it means fuck all. Yeah. It means fuck all because yeah. if I said to someone, I guarantee you, if the guys you went to the guys at Sweatbox now all look up to you, and you're a coach or now, yeah, Paul, yeah, he's had like over thirty pro MMA fights. Yeah, he's just now. Oh yeah, well, oh, did you see his fight against Brad Pickett? Yeah. 
what, how many of them are going to be like, yeah, I see that he's got a loss on his record, you know? Freddie Fernandez, right? 14 seconds or whatever it fucking was. Yeah. None of them are saying it. 25 seconds. seconds. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. Mm. And even if they see it on your record, I bet they've gone, oh, I lost it. Shit's in it. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah, it means nothing. Me, yeah, but only because your ego. It just feels bad that you got knocked yeah. out that quickly. Listen to me, because I've got to remember that for the rest of my life. I had to look at your dehydrated penis the day before <laughs> for hours. Yeah. For That's that. That's terrible, wasn't it? I suffered, was not you. That was all about that weight cut as well. Yeah. Been a few hard ones. But it is, it is really, it's, diff- it's really difficult, man. It's really difficult. In Sweden, both times were really difficult. Yeah. Uh, making like the Svensson one was really hard, wasn't it? And then the Kira one. Remember, was. I remember I was like collapsing in the Kira one was it? bad, yeah. The worst was Poland, man, because fucking the one where Brem was there. That, you oh, didn't yeah. have a good cut there, yeah. mate. No, you didn't have a good no, cut. No, I didn't fight, did I? No. That's when I had to pull out. Didn't have a good cut. You, you look bad there. But you were already ill, weren't you? Like, I, I was ill. My uh, my neck was done, yeah. so I couldn't, feel, I couldn't feel this arm. Yeah, yeah. I remember a cuff on going there, so I couldn't even push the door open. I would have been yeah. fighting with no arms. I, I, fought, I had a load of fights when my rotator cuffs were fucked. Yeah, I can remember that, yeah. When I fought that like Chris Edwards, he was only young, and Shaky was like, put him in to fight me. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, yeah. I want to kill him. And it was like headline on tear up, but I couldn't punch him. Yeah. So I just had to like, like mummy, you know, do the mummy and just fucking <laughs> march towards him and grab him. Do the Khabib. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And take him down and then. And then but then Shaky was like that. He's like that because I thought that Shane Paul. That's one of my favourite fights with Shane Paul oh, as well. Yeah, that was a great. I liked. Fight. I did yeah. enjoy that fight because knocked him out, didn't you? Knocked him out. Yeah, with right hand. Um, mm. I felt good in that fight because I remember Shaky, like when it came about, they like they said to him, like I said, no, surely not. I'll pay him to fight me. Like no, no, like she said, no, he's really tough. He believes in him. I was like. She fuck you, you're gonna fu-. and he came to fight and he first exchange he caught me with a shot, bunk. I was like yeah. Oh fuck you then now and he kick, leg kicked me and it yeah. comes into a welt instantly on my mm. pal skin. Yeah. And then we carried on fighting and yeah, I so I could see him sort of because everything he was doing to me had no effect. He wasn't like it wasn't um getting me down, it wasn't yeah. like uh beating me as a fighter, nothing was happening and then I I could see that was disheartening him, mm. but then I was stepping up a little bit. Did you knock him out in the second round? Second. And then, because the first, right I took him down in the first, it, towards the end of the first, took him down. And it was oh, it was too right in the first. Years, yeah, and I fainted the left hook. Yeah. So I pushed me into the cage, fainted the left hook, and boom, for a straight right, mm. knocked him out. But, and I, I could just feel that I was getting better. And yeah. a lot, I really enjoyed that fight. And it's one that gets forgotten about. Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking, yeah. and like the Alexi one, I don't ever take credit for that because I think, yeah. like you said, I thought it was easy. So that's I beat a hard him. Fight, man. You yeah. Made it look easy. And then I feel like, fight. still now, I was like, no, it's fucking easy. Like, because I always thought it was going to be, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah. that's, that's, again, that's crazy. If you have that, it's that confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that, that confidence is everything yeah. because I think now that you say about it with the mental thing I think I don't get nervous but perhaps I've lacked the confidence yeah so that's I'm not nervous but did, do I really believe that I'm going to win this fight yeah. am I going in there thinking well we'll see what happens yeah so maybe that's it you know but talking of fights we better uh, talk about the weekend predictions so, 
predictions. Let's not go for the main event first of all. Let's go back down a little card a little bit. I'm interested in watching uh, the Karate Hottie versus Felice Herring. Yeah, me too. I like Felice. I like Felice. Yeah, I, I'm not. I didn't say it in that. You you said it in <laughs> it. You want her to be the doctor who fingers your bum voice. No, she. I'm she, saying I, I like I've her. Got, I tell you what, I've got a lot. Of, I I like. Um, how athletic she is. She's absolutely like a machine. So and I like, I like, I like her it. because of the Thai boxing documentary she did like, years ago. I like powerful, strong women like that. It's yeah. pretty amazing. She she's absolutely CrossFit chicks or actually guys. You like you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. No, but she's ones that can fight, not, yeah, not okay. CrossFit ones. Just so, a nice strong jawline. Yeah, yeah, but she she's got a bit of a strong jawline. Yeah, I know. Obviously. But yeah. she's just built. I think not in, not in a sexual way, just in, in a physique way. I think she's like it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And but so did you ever watch that Thai boxing thing no, years ago? No, she was in it, and one of the coaches was Gina Carano, um, and she competed on it. Then came across really well, trained really hard, yeah. was good in her fights. Mm. Um, so I really liked her from then years ago, before she was ever near the UFC. Then she was then it was, was she, did she go to Invicta? Or was she to um, she went to Ultimate Fighter. No, she was she fought on a different show first though. She had like three fights when she went on to all my fighter. But yeah, so I knew her from way back when anyway. So I've always liked Felice. And yeah. she used to do these, like on Twitter and stuff, she used to do these like little videos all the time. It's just like a nice personable girl, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm i going to say Felice because I want her to win. Yeah. Not because I think she's going to, just I'm going to say Felice. See, I, like, I like Michelle Watson as well. This but is one She's thing. married and her yeah. bloke's like a big, chubby, like... Typical American sort of jock-looking bloke, so I've yeah. gone off her now. Uh, I think she's really cool. She's um, she done a, an impression of Conor McGregor the other day. She had yeah, I thing. saw it with the big that mask. Yeah. yeah, and also when LJ went over to Invicta, I think she was doing Daniela West's yes, uh, right, yeah. corner. She got a picture with Michelle Watson just for me. Did she? Yeah. Uh, so that was about a year ago because it came up on my Facebook yesterday. Yeah. Daniela West. Wes, thanks so much for recommending LJ yeah, coming. I, I saw it come up. Yeah, I was like, fuck, yeah. man, that's that long yeah. ago. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I, I, I like both. So there's loads of fights that I like both uh, the fighters. You know, I, I don't. I don't really watch that many fights where I'm like, I want that person to win really badly. Yeah, no. I just yeah, like I'm watching. I like to watch the action, like, the fight. Yeah, like, and then just see like I'm interested. I might like both of them. It's like, yeah. what the fuck's gonna happen here? They're both amazing. Yeah. So I'm out with Derek so, Lewis and um, Volkov. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Good fight. So I'm, I don't yeah. care. I don't really like Volkov that much. Trained with him. Yeah. Trained with him. I sparred him. He, um, uh, Black House. You take um, him down. No, he's fucking massive. massive he's yeah. so massive. Just yeah. at Black House, there was thirty-five of us on the mats, and mm. he just circled around a bit here and there. And mm. so I sparred him a bit. It he's fucking massive. Yeah, I can't man. Like, I but spar with that. no, he no, he was like sound like he, yeah, 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 just like yeah. warming up. Yeah, um, like not. I'm not gonna say spar. Trained with him. That Derek Lewis is funny though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. just Mister No Personality, and then just. just fucking Mr. Personality comes alive just like yeah. <laughs> so good fight I think Derek Lewis hits him with an overhand right and puts him away or gets tired gets kicked in the guts and collapses like he, he's got a funny stomach thing hasn't he where sometimes he gets it and he does weird things but yeah but your stomach's bad after a weight cut no he doesn't wake up no he doesn't yeah, he so might maybe. wake up he might wake up yeah. he might have to make 265 I think he does yeah, yeah. Um, but his body goes weird and um, 
seen him. I've seen him hurt to the body a lot. And Volkov, it's hard, gonna, and he's going to throw that probably straight kick right through the middle as well. Yeah, you know. So, but if he if he is going to like against a taller opponent, and that overhand right could work yeah. if he closes the distance. Volkov you know? don't go back very well either, doesn't he? Chin uh, comes up. So that that's the overhand right all over there. Yeah, maybe. Um, who else is on the card? Um, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis. Man, do you know what? I've that Anthony Pettis is so good. Um, his movement, his 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 kicks, just how he fights. Um, but he's lost a few, and it just he has lost a few. But I mean, I loved Anthony Pettis, he but he looked like he quit against Rafael dos Anjos. Yeah, he looked like he'd just give up. He looked like he'd had enough. Gilbert Melendez as well. He didn't look good against Melendez. He, I think it really hurt him when he. I think they were talking about it. I heard them saying something about it on on Joe Rogan as well. But they were talking about who was when, this on um, Joe Rogan? I can't remember. It was on. I think it might have been Teddy Atlas. They were talking about Roy Jones Jr. when he beefed up and went up to heavyweight. Yeah. And then he dropped back down to light heavyweight. He was never the same again. Mm-hmm. From going all the way up and then to dropping down. Yeah. And I can remember Sugar Ray Leonard as well. Sugar Ray Leonard was a super middleweight champion. Then he dropped down to light middleweight to to fight for another world title. So two weight yeah. divisions he dropped down to fight Terry Terry Norris. Terry Norris schooled him. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, going down in weight and, uh, and then maybe moving around in weight, like going down can really hurt you. So I think that might mess his career up for a little bit. Maybe maybe strong again at lightweight. Yeah, like Michael you know? Johnson just went down to featherweight. Did you see him last time? Out good though, didn't he? I don't know. I think I prefer no. him at lightweight. Yeah, how did he get on again? He lost the decision, I think. No, he won. He won the decision. It looked like he lost. Yeah, um, he but lost he didn't look really. like he had any power. Who was he fighting? Because I thought he lost, but they give it to him. I can't remember his fight. I can't remember, but it looked like he had no power. It just didn't. Yeah. He didn't go down well. Anyway, yeah. I don't think he went down the weight well. Um, but yeah, Pettis. I'm glad he's back at lightweight. Yeah, he's not a featherweight guy. I'm glad he's back at lightweight. I think he's more. He looks really good in the training pro. In the yeah, embedded in stuff, he looks. He's yeah. just his movements really like erratic, but erratic. But that's wrong because it's controlled and it's focused. So, and Ferguson can get hit. Ferguson can get hit, but Pettis haven't really got massive knockout power. Unless he kicks um, you in the face. But even then, he's not really... Knock- look at Ben Henderson. Or he kicks stuff. Really got- yeah, if he kicks Ben Henderson, when was the last time anyone stopped Ben Henderson? Yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah, Ben Henderson's but- nails, isn't he? So, I mean, I think I'd probably have to go... I would 100% go Ferguson if it weren't for that knee. Yeah. Pettis has got these unorthodox kicks. I reckon they're rushing him in as well. I think they're rushing him in. I reckon they're probably rushing him in. Just Should in have got a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon they're rushing him in. He shouldn't be fighting. His knee's probably not going to be healed up yet. Yeah. So I reckon it just shows you how much they care about the fighters, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so they didn't give a fuck. No. Um, so who else is on the card? Is that the co-main? That's the co-main. So Sergio Pettis is on it, but I don't really know enough about yeah, who he's fighting. So really interesting. That's it, I reckon. So then it's the main event, Khabib mm. Connor. I want Connor to win. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I like I like Connor McGregor. I like how I like how he fights. Yeah, I love how he I fights. Like, you know, um, Khabib. I mean, his wrestling's outstanding, but who is he actually beat? But then you can say who's like Conor McGregor's beat one lightweight. Okay, but who? Okay, but who is Conor McGregor beat? He's beat Max Holloway. 
He's yeah. beat Dustin Poirier. At lightweight, yeah, at lightweight. Uh, well, uh, flyweight, Aldo, yeah. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, but yeah. Poirier's a lightweight now, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not much. There's not much in it. It like it featherweight. He was. So weight drained, wasn't he? Remember when yeah, but he's, he's making massive, one? wasn't he? So he's eating people who are fucking a lot smaller but than him. How muscular are. he looks, just yeah, like him. yeah, he looks big. He, he looks, looks good. strong yeah. as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I do. I think. Uh, what do you reckon? So the chances, did you see though? What, what do you think the chances of the fight being like John Jones versus DC Cormier? What a five rounder? No, in terms of like the style matchup, how it's going to go. Uh. I know John Jones is really tall, I but uh, but McGregor's got. I don't think Mag- I don't think McGregor's got the. Uh, I don't wrestling. think McGregor's got the the toughness and the toughness to face adversity that John Jones has got. He looked like he wanted to quit in the second Nate Diaz fight twice or so. He's already tapped a few times. I don't think he likes being put under pressure. And if Khabib does put him under pressure, it'd be pressure like he's never felt before. See, because I think because when he, he looked when he... shit against Chad Mendes, fucking when Chad was grinding him, he was alright when he was elbowing him in the back of the head. Yeah. But other than that, you could see in his face, he's just like, fucking, like, there was no, like, in his eyes, you couldn't see, like, fucking get up. Same with Nate Diaz in the second fight. At no point did it look like, fuck this. He was trying to run away and get away from what was horrible and get, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he was fighting a guy, it, it welterweight, it was probably, come on, how much how much the welterweights weigh when he go back in? Yeah, but he's not a welterweight. Nate Diaz is a, he's had 22 fights, he's a lightweight, he's a lightweight. But he's had a few fights at well. But he's a lightweight. He's had more fights at lightweight than he has well, eh? Yeah, yeah, but how much did he go but that's like, in? But that's like saying Conor McGregor fighting at featherweight. He's really a lightweight. So it's the same, conversely. Yeah, yeah. yeah but how, how much do you reckon? Und- he, has- he must have gone back in at 190 pounds, I would say. Yeah, and yeah. I reckon he can be a, he can be a lightweight, Diaz. Uh, if you look at like say if they fought at lightweight I reckon Conor McGregor would smash uh, Diaz oh I don't I think I yeah, don't I, I think um, I thought Nate won the second fight as well did you yeah just on aggression like yeah, yeah. how does Conor win a round that he ran away from him like you can't I don't think you can turn your back and run well, away from someone he dropped him in the first and the second yeah but as I say one of them and then he, he was won, on the back he, foot and then he won the fifth round I think or he won, maybe the I fourth f- round I thought he won the f- fifth the fifth round, yeah, because the fourth Diaz won. I thought, and Diaz mm. looked. I thought Diaz is going to come out now. He's going to swim, and it's like he took his foot off the pedal. That's he, how it looked we, for me. Because he he went all out to finish yeah. in the third, didn't he? Was it yeah. third or second? Third, maybe the second been, and third. Like Diaz, yeah, something emptied his tank, thinking he would get the same result as the first fight. Yeah, I I, I just think I don't think. I don't think Connor's like Connor likes it when he's getting ground on, and I think no. if Khabib does get hold of him, mm. he'll fucking grind him. I just but so like he, every he's good so, at being a hammer, but not very good at being a nail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's then, exactly it. But then Khabib has never been in a fight where he's had to take any damage or take any pressure. So. He gets it a lot, mind you. You go back and watch his fights. Michael yeah. Johnson was hitting him with clean yeah. shots. And they say about Michael Johnson wobbling him. He did, he'd fucking like... Stiffen him up a bit. Stiffen him up a little bit. But yeah. Michael Johnson's probably top three heaviest hitters in the division. In the lightweight I division. Gregory, it's harder. Oh, no. That, I, I, yeah. Even if he'd done it harder, it's more precisely. Because... Yeah. Michael Johnson can't throw a straight punch to save his yeah, fucking life. Yeah. But he's got to be one of the top three heaviest hitters, yeah, I reckon. Yeah. And he couldn't put fucking Khabib away. Mm-hmm. But if McGregor stiffens you up, he's going to land a few more yeah. shit after. And the thing is, as well, I know everyone's talking about um, 
who's the guy who won the title off Al so Quinta. Yeah, everyone was saying like Al oh, 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 Quinta doing well in the fourth and fifth rounds against Khabib. Khabib getting tired in that, but I think uh, almost like when Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather. It's only because Khabib was allowing him to. I think Khabib wanted to strike. He yeah, wanted yeah. a striking experience. Yeah, so, so, so like they said this. in the press conference, they were like, oh, he had, it was a tough fight. He's like, what was a tough fight? He won every round. He's like, I won every round. Like, what yeah. is tough about this? And I think he just knew after a few rounds, he thought, this guy can't beat me. I'm just yeah. going to practice my boxing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. I think so. So, so against Conor McGregor, he's not going to give him the space. He's literally going to just walk straight at him. Run at him. But I think Conor's going to run at him. So yeah. I think Connor knows uh, could be fights on the front foot, walking yeah. forward. You're not doing that to me. Fuck you! I'm coming at you. Yeah, try and back and him up. I think he'd jump. He'd either go running at him with like a jumping knee or something, yeah. or he'll do that thing where he goes at, goes straight at people really fast, and then takes a side angle and just like yeah. maybe he'll just be right on him. Because I think yeah. if he can back Khabib up, mm-hmm. Khabib's got one or two choices: fights on the back foot, which he's not going to do, mm-hmm. or Instead of getting backed up, what do you have to do? You have to come forward. As soon as he tries to come forward, boom, you get countered. Yeah. So push him back, push him back. The moment he tries to come forward, boom, tag him with something. Yeah. And if he tags him, yeah, I think I don't I I rate Khabib's chin. I really rate Khabib's chin. Mm. And he's twenty six and zero. He's the most dominant UFC fighter. So bit of a weight cut. Yeah, but he made it. Made it early. They were weighed in by like. Have they made weight already? Oh, yeah, they made weight. Yeah, they weighed yeah. in at like, uh, I think it was about three o'clock this afternoon. They were all weighed in. Yeah. Done. Maybe even how, earlier. How than did that. he look? Well, he looked like he'd cut weight quite badly. Yeah. McGregor looked really drawn, but looked did a bit he? more, uh, he looked more like up for it. That he I looked, reckon McGregor's coming in big. Yeah, he did look big. Yeah, I reckon Which is not going to help him later on in the fight. I reckon he's going to, I reckon he's going to. gas problems. I reckon his wrestling might be, be might be good. His wrestling's fucking. Have you seen him on the training? His little sit throughs that he does, and his little yeah. his wrestling does look good. But then again, mate, listen, what he did to Gleason Tebow, and what he did to what um, he did to Michael Johnson, and what he yeah. did to all these guys with great wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Just you can be as good, and people like Daniel Cormier saying he's never lost a round in the gym. Yeah, wrestling training. Mm. Like Daniel Cormier doesn't need to say that about him, even if it is yeah. his teammate. He could mm. just say like he's fucking brilliant, but. Yeah. The way he just picks people up, throws them around, like, mm-hmm. and then just—it's not even that side of his wrestling. It's the grinding it's, it's dominance, top, top position, isn't it? talking to you while he's hitting. Because you when he—he he gets the takedown, but then he keeps it and then he dominates the position, and yeah. he get—he gets the. I mean, Conor McGregor's a really clever guy. They, I mean, say you were going to fight Khabib, what would you be looking at? You'd be looking at a system that when someone gets that wrist control, how do I get back up to my feet? Yeah. So he. He might have just been training non-stop. That he might he might find like a, a couple of little manoeuvres he can use. But so like get back to his he, feet. He may have like Dylan Dennis the other day was like, ah, I'm a better wrestler yeah, than he's doing thingy. Better, he? I'm he's I'm a better grappler than so. No, you might be a better jujitsu player. I'll yeah. give you that. You're not yeah. a better grappler. Yeah, and yeah. you, I guarantee you, you've got too much ego to fight like Khabib. Yeah. You would have been trying to. Do, you'd have been doing your thing. You know. Yeah. Like, I think he fought Khabib, MMA and he. Yeah, he looked MMA. awful. Yeah. Like Khabib's a different sort of because you can't. You can't train to be like Khabib mm. because he's so dominant. Just what he wants. Like with yeah. the Michael Johnson fight to get crucifix, he's had Michael Johnson's hand. He's just like fishing it between his own legs to get the crucifix. Yeah. It's just fucking crazy how dominant he is. And I yeah. think he must be so strong. 
Must be so strong. So strong. Like when yeah. you feel Josh on you, you know, like yeah. Josh ain't that much bigger than me. Yeah. You must be a whole world of strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting because I don't know. I like Connor. I like I like him for his fighting style. Mm. Definitely like him for his fighting style. Um, I don't like his personality over the last six months or so, but I like him for his fighting style. Part of me wants Khabib to win because of the whole bus incident and mm. how Khabib handled it. And he's been like, listen, I'll come meet you. I'll do what... This is fucking bullshit. You know I can't do anything. Mm. I'll come meet you. Stayed humble for all the interviews. I like him. Um, I don't ever want to see like a British, like Irish, British Isles sort of person lose anyway. against yeah. him. But... I think the best fighter should win, and so if Khabib beats him, one of one of my things is I've always picked against uh, Conor McGregor, so I thought he was going to lose against Aldo. Yeah, I thought he'd probably lose against Eddie Alvarez, and I thought he was going to lose against Chad Mendes. Yeah, and he s- smashed them all. Yeah, so I think um, I've always underestimated him massively, and uh, it's a weird one. Like you could just say, well, we can't. How, how well can he wrestle remember when he fought Chad Mendes he only had that opponent like with a few days notice didn't he yeah. he was training for a striking match so yeah, he, he did was. get taken down a couple of times but then he, he's defended a lot of takedowns as well but, uh, yeah but at the same time Chad Mendes has had two weeks notice but he's a great wrestler Chad Mendes but he had he's two weeks notice mate. he's renowned for being out of shape yeah yeah. renowned for getting out of yeah. shape in between camps so I don't think a lot can be said out of that. I just think uh, it's the worst style that you can have to match up against McGregor yeah. the last time we saw him. But yeah, he's not that yeah. fighter anymore. McGregor's not the McGregor he was two I mean, years if ago. If the USC, were, if they were more clever, they would have put Ferguson with Khabib. And then hopefully Ferguson would have won and they would have put McGregor against Ferguson because I reckon he would have had a better chance against Ferguson. I think he kills Ferguson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be exactly like the Nate Diaz fight, but... Ferguson's not as good as Nate Diaz. I think yeah. that's what would have happened. Yeah. But um, yeah. So prediction on it. What are you saying? Um, I reckon either McGregor tags him in like the second round. I was going to say McGregor stoppage in the second round, or or Khabib. TKO in the fourth, fourth. fifth. Yeah, <laughs> TKO yeah. fourth. You're grinding out in the fourth. Like exactly the same. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to put some money on Connor. Yeah. To stop him in the second. Yeah. Because the odds are quite good. Yeah. So I might put some money on Connor to stop him in the second. With a with an accumulator, you can get decent money. Yeah. But my brain would anyone who's a fight fan, their brain should tell them that Khabib's going to win because he's so dominant. But I think yeah. Connor, if he catches him early on, could stop him into. If I it like say someone give me a million pound, if I pick the right winner, say like you pick the winner, we'll give you a million pound. I'd have to pick Khabib. Yeah, that's that's yeah. when it comes down to it. Because yeah, yeah. Because that's you, the fight analyst. That's yeah. the logical fight analyst. You know, everything mm. else is a puncher's chance. That's what we're yeah. betting on. Yeah. We're betting on a puncher's chance otherwise. Khabib has everything. He can stand and trade with McGregor because he's done it with everybody else in the division. So you can't say, oh, you can't stand and trade with McGregor. So Does he? He doesn't stand and trade, though. He he, he marches forward throwing shots and then he level changes. Yeah, but he does. Yeah. He exchanges if he yeah. needs to to set up his shot. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to dive across the, the cage trying to grab a leg. Mm-hmm. So he will stand and trade until that opportunity is there. He's going to yeah. walk you down until he'll walk you down. Yeah, so yeah. he can do it if he wants to. 
he can definitely team McGregor down 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he can definitely dominate him on the floor. So the clever man has to say Khabib. But yeah. Conor McGregor's Conor McGregor. Imagine, imagine it is like John Jones, DC. I know. Conor McGregor is hard to take down. Yeah. Or maybe Conor, imagine Conor McGregor took in though. I think he'd be stupid. That why do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine show. he did just to show him, yeah. Yeah. But um, imagine yeah, I think very difficult to t- imagine. I think he might be because he's so going to be very strong, man. Got that, a bit, and, gotta and be if strong. He's training, like say when he was training for Aldo, and then it's Chad Mendes. He wasn't training for wrestling. He had, had a bad knee. Imagine now, all he's doing is focusing on uh, takedown defense. Mendes and is tiny, though. You got to think, Chad Mendes is tiny. Yeah, yeah. Like, but could still, be bigger than Connor. But, but could be uh, could be bigger, but that might be um, a weakness because he might be cutting too much weight. No, but I mean, Conor he's McGregor. long. He's taller than Connor. Yeah. He's long. Connor's so connor has got a reach on him. Got good reach. Yeah. yeah. Connor's got the same reach as me. Had seventy four inches. Yeah. So I don't know what Khabib's is, but um, it's, it's three inches shorter. Three inches shorter. So. But when you're coming to wrestling and grabbing hold of those legs when people are trying yeah. to spread their hips out, someone yeah. like Chad, who's losing maybe six or seven inches to a big, yeah. long leg. So, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough. And also, you can't give Khabib any part of your body. You can't give yeah. him a single mm-hmm. and think, I'm okay as long as you don't get a double. Mm-hmm. As for Chad Mendes, you could probably get away if he had the single and you think mm-hmm. as long as you don't get the double. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with Khabib. So, But I just think, imagine, imagine... Hopefully it'll be like this. It'll be more like a um, DC versus John Jones type fight, where it is difficult for Khabib to take him down. And then yeah, because then it's a better some fight. Success. Then it turns into a better fight. Yeah, exactly. The it last, could do with being like Nate, Nate is, Diaz in. It could be, do with being a Nate Diaz versus uh, uh, Connor fight. That's what yeah. we could do with. You know, yeah, we yeah. can't. Nobody wants to see Connor go and spark somebody out. Okay, yeah. done. It done because then you only got the, the next fight. They're going to want to do it again. Do you know what mm. I mean? That's all that can happen. Nobody yeah. really wants to see that. We'd like to see two or three rounds, even if it's not five rounds, two or three rounds of proper back and forth going with, on. And also with a clear cut finish as well. Yeah. I don't want to see someone get. I don't want to see someone get injured. I don't want to see DQ. I yeah. don't want to see like. Uh, Imagine like Conor McGregor can't handle losing, so he, he bites a chunk out of his ear. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, uh, he could do because he's properly emotionally invested, isn't he? You know, but like yeah, it's it's a way out, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, without it's like a way of getting out. Yeah, without losing, Ed butts him or something. Yeah, that's imagine if he'd done something stupid, like yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's exciting. I can't wait to see. It. The only problem is, I've got a private lesson on Sunday at nine a.m. Oh, and then I've got fuck to teach MMA at ten a.m. So everyone's going to tell me who won. I don't want to watch it live. I can't watch so, stuff live now. But I might get up at 7.30 in the morning, download it, watch it, and then go and take, teach my You're time. downloading it, are you? Yeah. I Where'd you download it, it from? Don't uh, say on air. We'll talk about it off air in yes. a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am either going to go to bed and get up at 3 o'clock, watch the whole card, because I haven't done it for cards. years. Yeah, I might do Not that. done it for years. I might do that. So if you... But you'd rather be at home and do that, wouldn't you? But you could have come yeah. here otherwise. But um, you got BT Sport. I'll just get it for the night or whatever. Yeah. Like I got it on my phone, so because yeah. I got EE, so you can stream yeah. it. They got they do a thing, so so I might you do can that. Take it from your phone because I've got I've got BT Sport. Yeah, so I could do it from my phone to my TV. Can you? Yeah, because I got Samsung TV, so I can just stream it across. Motherfucker. But um, so I will either do that because I haven't done it for years. So I might yeah. go to bed and get up at three. Yeah. But we are in Weston with a fight tomorrow. Yeah. So if we're not getting in from there till eleven o'clock, yeah. eleven thirty, then that might be out of the window. I might get up at like four thirty. 
I was oh, just having the whole card done like yeah. the old days for me. Yeah. So I don't know yet. We'll see. That's when I got really into MMA. Is it used to be on Bravo on uh, Sunday. Yeah, nights. yeah. So the UFC used to be on Saturday, and then you watch it on Bravo, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it'd be yeah. like, and it'd just be the main card. It was amazing. Yeah, I yeah. like for me before that with Pride and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, got hooked on fucking Pride. Me and James yeah. used to watch DVDs of Pride. Yeah. And I think that's why I always want to fight in Pride. Yeah. Yeah, like UFC was just like a freak show, but Pride looked. Uh, like these I, guys have got a bit when of When I fought KSW, it was like Pride. Yeah. It was in a ring. In, in a, a ring. White ring. Amazing. Fucking amazing. I want to fight on that Italian it, show where you could kick you in the head. That. Yeah, I fought on that with, yeah. with, the, with, the, with the head kicks and stuff. Yeah. Didn't kick, any, kick anyone on the head though. But my conditioning was 10, was 10 minute bastard ranks. Yeah. Do ten minutes of bastards and then and then have a minute off and then five minutes. Fuck Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Right mate, so we'll wrap this up. Three and a half hours. again, mate, thanks very much for coming on. It's been brilliant. It was overdue. Pleasure. And uh we'll get another one in. Like we could obviously carry on talking for hours, so we'll get yeah. another one in. So yeah. Thanks right, again, mate. Thank you very much.